Welcome to Soaring with Eagles with your host, Crystal Richardson, a.k.a. Sergeant K. Each week, we hear from Crystal and her successful guests as they share their triumphs, tragedies, tools, and secrets for living a full life complete with financial freedom laced with fun and fulfillment. Crystal takes a controversial and edgy approach to unveil interesting facts about millionaires, billionaires, and game changers, and how they have accomplished life success while giving back. Now, here is Crystal Richardson. Well, welcome everyone to Soaring with Eagles today. We are so, so happy, just so excited to be hosting this event today and this is the first one habitthon let's let's give it up for the first one habitthon Woo-hoo. <laughs> uh, today we have an international show we actually do have people calling in from the United States and other countries and listening in so very extremely happy and grateful to Steve Samless who is the visionary for this book and this movement what it is is one habit the One Habit Movement. And this particular book is One Habit for Women Action Takers. And so he has teamed up to co-author this particular book with Linda Sunshine West. And she has brought together a group of phenomenal women to be in this book. And so I am happy and honored that I am one of the women. And our first guest is Susan. And she will be sharing some about her life and her story and about her habits and unhabits. And before we get to that, though, Linda, I just want to have you just go ahead and just give a little introduction about where, where we started on this journey between you and Steve. Just a whole, a whole 30 seconds. Oh, 30 seconds. Okay. So the short of it is that Steve wrote the first book called One Habit. And I happened to be the last author that was invited to be into that book. And when I was talking to Steve, and so Crystal's in the One Habit book, when I was talking to Steve, I said, it would be awesome if we did one for women action takers, because my brand is women action takers. And I just thought that would be kind of fun. And he said, okay, let's do it. And I was like, oh my God, okay, let's do it. Steve, um, the way he works, his team is so fast at what they do, that it was very sudden and everything moved along once you like once you ladies say that it was really really fast I mean it was like fast and furious literally within about two weeks we had our authors within about three weeks from the beginning the book was read published so here we are today one habit thon for you know one habit women action takers our book and I'm so excited to be part of this I think that was three seconds well, I did my best. A little longer, but, but it's okay. It's okay. So Susan was on our show uh, a little bit ago talking about her habits and her unhabits, but we wanted to make sure that she was actually a part of the One Habit-thon today. We're going to be on all day today with a number of women that have incredible stories. And so we just, uh, Susan, wanted to bring you back on <laughs> to be able to, to share as part of this day. So thank you for being on with us today. Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for uh, being able to uh, do six hours. That's quite a, that's quite a commitment. (laughs) Hey, we're going to make it happen. We are going to make it happen. And I'm real excited about it. So I'm just going to be like geeked the whole day. Awesome. Uh, Tell me, how did you get involved with this book? Well, um, Steve and I are both a part of the National Speakers Association. So um, he invited me to be a part of the first book. 
and was happy to do that and was so excited to see a book like it because I don't think we've seen anything like it since Stephen Covey's um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And uh, what I like about it is he's got so many different voices and coming from all different walks of life, but there's one thing that we all share in common, which is that we're highly successful, we get things done, um, and we're, we're not the kind of people to, to be wishy-washy about things. So I think that's a perfect fit with, with Steve's whole vision for the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so too. And then teaming up with Lennon and the women action takers, uh, with Linda and the women action takers, I think is phenomenal because to get the book done that fast was just phenomenal. No other word explains it other than phenomenal. So it's almost nothing you've heard of in publishing before. So right. Right. And and it's actually a really well put together book. It's not that it was fast and it was just, you know, this crappy publication. How it's outlined with the person's name (laughs) and then it has uh, information about their habit and then it goes into their unhabit. And it has their beautiful picture. This is Miss Susan in her beautiful picture. And, and it gives information just about the, the background of each of those aspects. And so reading about habits and things that we don't want to do is, is something that I think really will go a long way to help a lot of people. So just give us maybe just a little taste about maybe either your habit or your unhabit. Just a little taste. We want them to read yours, though. Sure. So my habit is to leave perfection to Martha Stewart. And the subtitle is, by the way, she's not perfect either. And I think especially as women, we tend to to strive for perfection. And sometimes it's really to our detriment. We, We especially think about the holidays and how many women want to make Christmas perfect for their families. Well, Christmas won't be perfect because people aren't perfect. And so I think we ought to stop striving for for such a level of perfection. Yeah, and I think perfectionism is something that, that plagues a lot of us. I know I had to, to give up that particular addiction a while ago <laughs> because uh, you'll just go on and on and on on and then you'll miss your opportunity because time waits for no man, right? And so you can still be perfect for the situation, but not necessarily perfect maybe in the eyes of everyone. And so if, if you take a little bit different definition of the word perfection, I think that that helps us to go a long way. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I say the first line of my chapter is that we have 168 hours in the week. 168, if you keep that, that number at the forefront of your mind, boy, that, that just eliminates some of the things that, that aren't necessary, that, that just don't belong there. And do we take enough time to rest? I would say as women, we don't. We're always caring for the needs of others. We're nurturing others, uh, husbands, kids, girlfriends, colleagues, you name it. We, we tend to be the nurturing type. So we think about everybody first but us. And 168, keep that number in mind. Boy, that goes quick. And you take away work, sleep. Uh, you, you, have, you have just so many hours left. What are you going to do with them? Well, how, how are you going to impact the world? Are you going to, are you going to, is anybody going to remember your strive for perfection? I don't really think so. Well, it is good to, for us to do things with excellence, but I think excellence and perfection are two different things. And so, Linda, can you touch on that for us? Yeah, I actually love this topic because you know, a reformed um, 
perfectionist, you know. You know, I, I grew up in an abusive alcoholic household and I think that a lot of us who grew up in that kind of environment tend to head toward perfection because we want to keep the peace, right? And that's where I was. So it was at the age 51, I actually hired a life coach to help me to change my life because I was like, why am I here? There's no purpose for me. And so I went on that journey to discover my purpose. And what I discovered along that purpose was that I was a perfectionist and I needed to stop that. So something I did to help me to get through that was I actually did, like I would type up a Facebook post and I would intentionally make a mistake and post it. So I could say, okay, Nobody's um, coming after me. Nobody's you know, judging me based on the fact that I made a typo you know, in a Facebook post. And that was like one small little thing that I did that could help me to get over that perfection. Done is better than perfect. It's always better than perfect because you got to get out there and then you can fix it later if you want. But I think this is a great topic, a great habit. And something you mentioned, uh, Susan, because that actually kind of leads to an unhabit regarding perfectionism, right? Because you mentioned that uh, as women, we tend to uh, want to be perfect with you know, things that we do. Um, but immediately came to my mind is a woman with her wedding, like her wedding day. I want to be perfect. You know what? Just the fact that you're getting married is perfect in itself, you know? So yeah. it's it's really awesome. I love this. This is a great topic. So thanks for bringing this up and this this habit is a habit that, you know, people can break. And it's it really is a habit because it's breakable. I'm pure, you know, a great example of that. The book I wrote, I have a typo on the very first page, and I could have gone back and changed it, but I didn't. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that plagues a lot of us, not just as women, a, a lot of us in general. So thank you for, for having that. And, and I can't wait to, you know, read more on it and have other people read it and we're happy that this is the action takers day because part of it is making sure that we get our books out giving them to people who would benefit the most and then having where they also uh, get the book and uh, purchase it and give it to other people so that it's basically a cycle of people getting uh, this information and this information is very impactful because we're talking about things that, that have impacted our lives as, as action takers and as successful people. So it's successful in our own right. So is there anything that you would like to leave with our audience on today? Uh, people that will be listening to this all over the world, Miss Susan. Well, I think that we have to embrace our uniqueness. And one of the challenges that we have is to find who, who we're to serve. And to whom much is given, much is required. And I think we are required to, to, to find our own voice and then to find the audience that needs to hear us. And it's a, it's a great thing when, you, when, you, when the two meet. Uh, there's, a, there's a nice symbiotic moment when you figure out what you're supposed to be talking about and who you're supposed to be talking to. It is, isn't it? Really is that true? <laughs> <laughs> because someone it really does make a difference. Searching and searching, and then you just feel alone. You 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 feel like you know you have no voice, but you have a voice. You just don't have the right ears to hear it because you haven't found found your tribe. So that was a really great point. Really great point. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah. And Linda, you and you know before we got started here, I you know, I actually mentioned that um, you know sometimes you need 
other person and you feel like this spirit, you feel like you've known that person forever. And so that's kind of like how if you think about the, how the universe works is that it sends to us who we need in our lives at the time that we need them and then also sends people that we want to have in our lives. And so if you look at it that way, you know, that's kind of like how you can tell who your tribe is, is my thought is the people that I connect with immediately, those are my tribe. So it's awesome. Yeah, um, I agree. I agree. Linda, you said something about the word done. What was that? I wanted to write it down. Oh, done is better than perfect. It's better than perfect. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, oftentimes people will just procrastinate on things because they want to be perfect. Right? So it's like, just get it done. Get it out there. That's what Women Action Takers is all about. Right. It's about taking action, taking inspired action and making it happen. Your life is not going to change if you don't take action. Right. So all throughout the show, I'll be just taking down different nuggets that, that have been said. Some will be actually in the book or already are in the book and then others may or may not, but we'll be publishing some of the, the great nuggets that we have from the show today. So uh, Susan, any last words in your last 30 seconds, last 30 seconds? Here we go. Well, I hope as we all uh, are heading into Christmas that we can take stock of all of our blessings and to have meaningful conversations. What a great timing for this book to come out right before Christmas, where we're going to be meeting people and talking to people maybe that we haven't seen all year. And so um, take time to have great conversations this holiday season. Take time to have great conversations this holiday season. And Susan, this has been a great conversation. I hope you have more and more uh, for the whole rest of this year leading into next year. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for being yeah, on. So everybody, go get the book. We got chapter six, Susan Sharp. Go find this book. For some family. There are a lot of great habits in here, but find Susan's chapter, and that's where you're going to find all of her contact information. So if you want to reach out to her, the, that information is going to be in the book, and please go check it out. Actually, I, Linda, I don't think our contact info is in the book, truthfully. But if uh -oh. you want to know more about me, you can go to asharpdifference.com. Okay. There we go. <laughs> Thank you. You bet. You're right. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye, Susan. Bye -bye. Bye -bye, Susan. All right, well, that was Susan Sharp. We really appreciate her being on. And our next guest, we're trying to get everything set up here with her. Uh, while we're doing that, uh, we just want to give some more information just about this movement. So there are a number of other books that, that are coming out. So we have two. We have the two that we mentioned uh, earlier. This is the one for women action takers. And I had the other one right here, the 100 Habits of the happiest achievers on the planet. So these are the two that we have right now. There's a number of other titles related to uh, cancer, related to um, creative people, and what is it, power couples? Uh, power couples. Doing there's like uh, movie producers and um, people are like along movie producers and things like that. And then another women's book, like a fempreneur type of book. So there's a lot of opportunities to be in the book. So that's what I think we're trying to share here is that, you know, there are opportunities for you to share your habits with the world. Be part of this movement because you, if you change one habit in your life, your entire life will change. Yes. So welcome Cosette. Good to see you. Cosette, how are you, Miss Lady? 
Oh, did, let me unmute. Oh, can't hear you. Hold on. Hold your book up, girl. If you did, you get your book in the mail. I got. I borrowed a friend's book because mine haven't arrived yet. Yay! I love it. Unmuted, but I still can't hear you. Is yours? Uh -oh. <laughs> Come on, Cosette. She, we and she's super excited. Yes, she is. <laughs> find it, girl. Find it. You can tell how excited she is. Take your take your headphones out. Okay. Okay. Can you hear me? I there can hear you now, girlfriend. Okay, what's up? Yes. <laughs> Good, here's my that was so hilarious. We could see your mouth and like you were like, wow, and you were just all going for it and we couldn't hear you. <laughs> okay, so right. over again. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Linda. Good morning, both of you. Good to see you. Ladies. So you are truly a woman action taker and you are just so, so active. I just love you, love your spirit and your smile and uh, just can't wait to hear what you're going to say on this show today. So thank you for being on. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for having me. And I just feel so blessed to be amongst such wonderful women. Oh my goodness. Like they say, everybody has a story. And in this case, we all have had it to share and right. just such fantastic women. I, I'm honored. I'm honored. I'm honored. <laughs> well, I'm honored too. So we're just like all sitting here honored. Now you talk a little bit about uh, <laughs> your, in your chapter about sabotage. And that's a word that I talk about all the time because we all do it, right? We all have different things that we sabotage and uh, you talk about emotions. So, so just give us a couple nuggets on that. Don't give away all the goods, but just give us a couple nuggets. Okay, wonderful. I do talk about not allowing our negative emotions to sabotage our success. And I'm talking about that from my own personal experience. Linda can attest to that. She's been part of my journey, a part of my growth of learning how to really accept who we are. A lot of our negative emotions that we shift off to society and other people are really a lot of the insecurities that we have within ourselves. And instead of taking responsibility for that, we often will get into an element of sabotage of our successes by those emotions. We'll end up looking at it like, well, if it wasn't for this, and if it wasn't for that, or if he or she didn't do this or say this. And I do wanna emphasize that there are situations in people's lives that it may take them a little bit more time for their seed to grow. I do want to emphasize that because I am one of those people. But at the same time, allowing that seed to grow and to pay more attention, place more emphasis on what is positive in our life and having that focus on those positive things and taking action, pun intended, taking action, okay, on the positive things in our lives can continue our momentum and allow us to make much greater strides than listening to our negative self-talk and perhaps losing out on some opportunities that could have really done some good for ourselves and some other people in this world. So that's, that's really where I'm coming from. And I'm coming from that from the heart, <laughs> life experience, life experience. Right, right. Because how many of you know what? Kidding myself, you know, we have talked ourselves out of our greatness. 
We've talked ourselves out of our greatness because we had an opportunity. There was something that was right there in front of us and we found 50 reasons why not to do it as opposed to stepping into our greatness. I think it's phenomenal. Thank you. And I agree with you. I agree with you. I said something to my fiance the other day on the lines of this because we were talking because we have a lot of talks together about this kind of stuff because we both come from the same cloth. And I mentioned, I said, you know, I think that even when we may feel perhaps we can't do this specific task right now, but can we look at what we can do right now that will get us closer to that task? Mm -hmm. And I have learned for myself that if something isn't exactly within my reach right now, but what is, and to go ahead and hang that up on a lantern so that it can be a beacon and I can still see it and it can still shine its light on me, but I will do what's in my power right now. And that, is, that has been the most important thing for me, especially in 2019, doing what is within my power and not looking at all of what seems to be not in my power. Because you know what? Um, looking at that takes your eyes off of what is in your power. And working with what's in your power builds up your confidence, your trust in yourself, and your trust in others. Let me do say that, and your trust in others. So this has been, this chapter was really written from my heart, you know, knowing that, like you said, so many of us have moments of sabotage. And what they say, hindsight is twenty twenty. Every time we look back at my yeah, you know, I should have just, or could have just, or what a, what a, what a, what a, like people say, you could have, should have, could have all over the place. So I just really wrote that from my heart, just talking about not allowing your negative emotions to sabotage your success. That's and you awesome. know, this, for me, this brings to, to thought, because you mentioned um, letting the seed to grow, right? Like the seed needs to grow. And all our seeds are going to grow at different uh, intervals. And there's the story of, like, for those who have the story of the Chinese bamboo tree. So the Chinese bamboo tree, it's a, it's a seed, and it's underground. And you actually have to water it and cultivate it constantly for five years before it even sprouts through the ground. So what happens is that there's this, it's a, like, um, what do you call it, germinating underneath the ground, just like us as humans. For me, I happened to germinate for 51 years, you know, before I started to make changes and sprout through the ground. So once I started sprouting through the ground is when it, things were really noticeable for others to see the changes that were happening in us. So I, I and because I've known you for about four years, I've seen tremendous changes in you as well. And it's because you're taking those steps. Sometimes it takes just one little tiny step to change your entire life because there's opportunities abound. But if you don't take that opportunity, then it's just going to pass you by and you're going to be like, I wish I did. I wish I had, you know, so I love, I love your habit. And it's like instilling these habits into our lives on a daily basis is what's going to make our changes, make us change our lives. Because when we change us, our life changes, everything around us changes. That's awesome. Yes. Yes. And as women action takers, I just want to 
want to hold this up. We are on our International One Habit Women Action Takers Day, and I am just so thrilled to be able to meet people, you know, like Cosette. I, I, I've known Linda for like, you know, all of, I don't know if it's been a year or, or more now, and it's, and it's just been an awesome journey with her. She's such a phenomenal person and bringing together all of these people. And Cosette, you said something on your sheet about the sense of community, the sense of community. Uh, could you touch on that? Because that, that is what is truly here with this movement that Steve Samus has put together. Talk about sense of community. Yes, sense of unity. That is something that I am completely seeing in this book. I have not read the whole book yet, but knowing that all of us awesome women have came together as a collective, that speaks volumes, especially to women because sisterhood is so important, having those support systems with each other and building those relationships. And this is unity. This is everyone sharing a habit and allowing, <laughs> and allowing us to gleam from one another. I know my habit already. I wrote the doggone thing, okay? <laughs> but to be able to read someone else's habit and hear their perspective and see their vantage point and take that in, drink that in, soak it in, and knowing that they wrote that habit to share with me and everybody else, so many other women, so that we can gain a unity. And the interesting thing about this unique opportunity with this book, let me hold it up, because with this book, I am holding in my hand, if you will, <laughs> opportunity to get to know women that I didn't know at all. All of our names are in here. We can find out about one another. We can connect with one another. We can say hello, and it's not to say that we need to connect with each other because we're so, so much alike. No, maybe because we have so many differences. And that is what breeds unity. And this is what this book is doing. It is bringing different habits from different women together, letting us all know that we are amazing, okay? Amazing in our own right and super duper amazing unified together. So that's what I'm talking about, about that unity. That's what I'm talking about, okay? So super duper unified. Yes, yes, yes. So in one of the books that I wrote, uh, it's, it's a book, it's over there somewhere, um, called Celebrate the Things That Make Us One. So, you know, there's all kinds of things that we know that are different, but look at those differences and then find what the unity uh, element is in that. There's, there's one poem that says, get there how you get there. So we all have the need to get from point A to point B, right? So whether we ride our bike, whether we take a, a plane, a train, a, a, a little scooter or a cart that we made ourselves or a donkey or uh, anything that it is that we take, we all have the need to get there how we get there. So let's celebrate all of the different ways that, that we travel. And so there's a whole whole host of them. I'll have to send you the book. I'll have to send you the book based on your statement. But um, it, it, it's just phenomenal, the unity that has already been caused in such a short period of time because we didn't have a lot of time to put this book together, right? No, no. <laughs> and that speaks as a solid example in itself in such a short period of time this unity has taken place. That lets me know that if we continue to do things such as what Linda and Steve and yourself are doing, 
we can produce one heck of a ripple effect. Mm -hmm. And I think that this book is allowing a beginning stage for that. And we can take the opportunity, responsibility, however we want to say it, to get to know each other and support and cheer each other on because we all have a message and the world is so big, right? The world is so big that there's room for all of our messages. And I think this book is really showing that already. So, hey, I'm a fan. <laughs> well, it's, we have to be fans of our own work. You know, even if no one else uh, likes it, we have to like it. But there's already just so many people that have, um, have said that they're getting something out of the books already. And so I really appreciate uh, the fact that uh, you were able to be on the show today and finally to see your live face. I've seen you know your picture on and you've just been so, so sweet, so awesome. And I can't wait to get to know you more. Absolutely, likewise. I am super stoked about getting to know you as well. Yes, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And everybody, check out Cosette. She is chapter 14 in the book, One Habit for Women Action Takers. And you can buy the book at One Habit. That's the number one habit.com. That's where all the books are going to be. So if, there's, if you're like, wow, this is really cool. I want to be part of the One Habit movement. Go to the onehabit.com website and check out to see what future books are coming up to see which books you can be part of because there is a book in there for you. There will be a book in there for you. And if you're interested in co-authoring one of the books, you need to be in one of the books first and then you can co-author your own book. This is really a great platform. It's a great way to connect with other women, you know, or other people, just like Kosa said, you know, we're creating a community, a one habit community. This one habit, again, one habit that you change can change your life. It will change your life. So these habits are great ways for you to just kind of tap into other people's ideas, what they're doing to make their life better. You know, a lot of us, you know, here on this platform grew up in, in not so great of environments and we're changing our lives because we're changing our habits. And that's yes. really where it's at for sure. One habit, the number one habit.com. Go check it out. Excellent. Excellent. So, uh, thank you for that, Linda. Thank you for keeping us on track on, on those uh, commercials from time to time. That's uh, very much needed because people need to know where to get all of the information. Do you have any final comments for us, Cassette? Yes, I do. As we are closing out this decade and moving into a new one, I would like to just encourage everyone to really trust themselves enough to risk, take risk, take risk in letting the world know who you are. And don't spend so much time trying to get it perfect right out the gate. Just get it out the gate. So let 2020 be a year of you opening your gates and letting the floodgates just open up and you take the risk of letting other people know what you have, your gifts and talents, and being willing to let other people share with you their gifts and talents. Mm -hmm. And then we can create that beautiful, illustrious rainbow of gifting of service to this world. Because to sound like a cliche, if there ever was a time, the time is now. <laughs> 
That is for sure, because tomorrow is not promised, right? You can't get yesterday back, and tomorrow is not promised. So the time is now to take that action. And that's what the Women Action Takers, again, it's that it's all about taking action in our lives so that we can change our lives. So um, excited, so glad to have you here, Cosette. I'm glad that you know, I met you several years ago and that you jumped on board with this opportunity. And it's just so happy to have you as part of the movement. Well, we're going to move on to our next uh, panelist. So thank you so much, Cosette. Have a great day. In Chapter 14, go check out Cosette Leary in the One Habit for Women Action Takers book by going to onehabit.com. Calm. Bye, girlfriend. Woo, woo. Bye. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, Linda. So we appreciate you uh, giving those commercials, and we just want to go ahead and make sure that everyone knows where to get the information, and it's the number one, the number one, as it is on here, one habit. Dot com And the main author, the main creator of this movement is Steve Sambliss. And we will be hearing from him later on this afternoon. Actually, he's going to be on the show. This is related to women action takers and just the whole one habit movement uh, overall. And so we wanted to make sure that we had a spot for him to be on to be able to give information about what is going on in that magnificent head of his and all of the thoughts related <laughs> to this movement. And, and um, uh, uh, Crystal, I did ask him to wear a wig today. Just kidding. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Be part of the women movement. Oh, there's our crow, Sam. Hi, Sam. I, <laughs> I have a crow I in the background there. <laughs> Sam now. <laughs> um, maybe he has a brother. It's Sam and Max that are up there. So we Sam and Max. <laughs> we do have another guest. I'm trying to see. It's unmute right here. Hello. Is anybody on? If you're calling from your phone, we all we see on our screen is Galaxy S9 Plus. So if you are calling on your phone, if you could say something just so we know who you are, that would be really awesome. Okay, I'll, I'll just put the mute back on that and then we can go ahead and, and have our conversation about just some of the habits in general. Now, when, yeah. we, when we talk about habits, there's a number of things that, that come to mind related to just the definition of habits and how long does it take to form a habit? Now, we know uh, from the perspective of something that may be um, maybe not so healthy, some habits you know, can be picked up in one day. Instantly. <laughs> like, ooh, that's a good habit. But we won't talk about those. <laughs> no, no. So here we just have some statistics. There's a lot of different types of statistics related to habits. And this particular one is saying that it takes about um, 66 days. And some, some surveys actually say that it only takes about 30 days. But it depends on what survey you look at. But the main thing is that it's saying that it takes the repetition. It takes the repetition in order to build up a habit. So when we talk about um, the different things that, that we've outlined in this book, most of them are not ones where we all were able to pick these things up right away. We had to work at it. And it's something that you need to do every day. I talk a lot, and a number of the women talk about uh, gratitude. So this is my little gratitude journal. And where I do try to make sure as often as I can and that I put information in it, in it whether it's first thing in the morning or in the evening, and, and even review some of what I put in there related to gratitude. And so uh, while we're waiting for our next guest, Linda, is there anything that you want to give as far as a nugget related to gratitude and the habit of gratitude? 
Well, uh, first I wanted to touch on the the habits because you said 66 days on average, and that's a freaking long time, right? To make a commitment to something, it but but it's really worth it. And like you said, Crystal, some um, bad habits are easily formed where boom they start immediately. But also there are some good habits that happen that way too. Like I um, in 2015 I decided January 1st, like I don't do New Year's resolutions because like a lot of people. I break them, so I don't create New Year's resolutions. But what I decided that year is I was going to make a commitment to myself, and my commitment was to face a fear every single day. And I did that because I had so many fears, fears that were preventing me from living my life. And so I decided I'm going to face a fear every day. So I created a habit. I didn't know at the time I was creating a habit, but the habit I created was that every morning I'm going to wake up, I'm going to ask myself out loud, what scares me? Then I'm going to wait till the answer comes. And whatever the first thing that comes to my mind is, that's the fear I had to face that day. I did that for 365 days. And the reason I'm sharing this is because by making that commitment It's not like I'm going to form a new habit. No, I'm going to make a new commitment to myself. Maybe just changing the word will help to make it something that sounds like it's more solid, more solidified. But by doing that every single day for a year, now when I encounter something that scares me, I can quickly recognize, oh, that's just fear. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to do it anyway. So I do it because I'm scared. So that's a great example of a habit that I created on accident, just by making a commitment to myself. Mm-hmm. That is so phenomenal because, you know, here I'm, I'm holding up, uh, for those who are listening to the show, uh, what I did is I held up uh, just a graphic related to the number of days that it takes. And so Miss Linda told us that she did a 365-day review of, and, and it wasn't trying to, to form a habit in that time frame, but it, it was facing something different every single day. And then those ended up becoming things that she could form actual habits around that, that were good habits. And so I think that is phenomenal, and, and people should, should get that book as well uh, to help them with that. And uh, it, it, it really kind of depends on each person and what their personality is and, and how driven they are related to certain things. Because I know you and I both know where there's people that we call, um, there's all different names for, for people, but uh, whether they're conference junkies or whatever it may be that they want to go to this, this one and that one and that one and that one. But sometimes you do have to do that to figure out what's best for you and what little nuggets you want to pick up. But just doing that, and not having where you're really trying to apply principles to your life uh, is, 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 you know, what the rub may be there. And so uh, it is suggested that you do whatever it is that you need to do, however you need to do it to pick up good habits in your life. But having a habit is something that is where you're going to have, um, it's, it's, my tongue is a little tight right here. I'm just trying to figure out how the best way to say it because it's, it's where you put things in place, I guess, and then some things that you take out. It relates to habits and unhabits is what I was trying to say. And so what I want to do now is just talk about the definition of the unhabit because when um, I was trying to formulate that thought a little bit ago, I wanted to say something about both of them at the same time, and then it, it, didn't, it didn't come out well. And so uh, when we talk about unhabits, uh, what is your definition of an unhabit, Linda? What was kind of funny is I kind of came up with that when I was talking to Steve, and we were talking about um, 
collaborating on this book, you know, One Habit for Women Action Takers. And I said, you know, it would be really cool is if we had an unhabit in the book. And he was like, I like that idea. Where are you going with that kind of, you know, because my thought was that um, we're here we are, we're going to share habits that are great habits for people to instill in their life to change their life. But what are some habits that we have that we shouldn't have? Maybe like what are some habits that we should stay away from? And so that's what the kind of the concept of the unhabit is is like to break a habit that we currently have or to not start a habit that's going to be a bad habit and you mentioned conference junkies like that's the, the word I've the term I've heard too so these are people who go to like all these conferences and I'm one of those like I've done that for I did that for about four years and then this last year in 2019 I made a decision and have an unhabit my unhabit was that this year I will not go to any conferences unless I'm invited as a guest because I had invested you know, over $100,000 in going to these conferences, which was awesome. I learned so much. But there comes a point where we got to stop learning and we got to start applying. Right. So, so now I'm, I've created, I formed a new habit. And that new habit is that when I learn, I apply. Instead of learn, 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 now I learn, apply, learn, apply, learn, apply. And so it's, it's cool how, like, I, like you said, Crystal, I think I needed to go through that, those years of just going, going, going so that I can be in that positive environment. I needed to be surrounded by people who were not judging me. I needed to be surrounded by a lot of positive, uplifting people so that I could change my mindset so that I would become a positive, uplifting person because I wasn't always that way. This was a new habit that I formed as to like, how can I become a positive person? And that was by hanging around positive and uplifting people. Yeah. And part of that is, you know, you go to these events and then you meet people that have bits and pieces of yourself, bits and pieces of yourself of things that you want to maybe stay as or elevate to or even pieces of yourself of portions that maybe you want to decrease. You see all of these different pieces of yourself is what, what, what the analogy is. And so you're able to gravitate, you know, towards those people that you aspire to, whether you end up becoming friends with them or using them as a mentor or a coach or even people that um, is someone maybe that even rubs you the wrong way. That's still good because that gives you an indication of what you want to do more or what you want to do less. So conferences are great. Um, all of these different things that people do going webinar to webinars or even online courses, all of it is good, but you have to get to the point where you're doing the application. And so I like the fact that you brought that up because we talk a lot on, on my shows about the doing portion and we don't want to have where you're listening to all of this and just like, oh, that was a great show. What are you doing about it? What is the impact that you're going to have on your own life as well as the lives of other people uh, because of this show. So with the people that we've had on already, there was a few great nuggets that I wrote down and the first one on the top of the list was from Miss Linda Sunshine West is that done is better than perfect. And then Susan said, you know, find who you're supposed to be serving. And I think that that's very, very key uh, for us to do so that we we are not wasting our voice on people that, that could care less what it is that, that we're you know, what it is that we're saying. It's people who we are supposed to be serving and they will hear our voice. And, and whether it's monetized or not is not necessarily uh, important. Yes, we do need to live, but it's a matter of having our voice be heard and having an impact in, in someone's life. So I really appreciated that. And then Cosette said, uh, 
do what is in our power at the time. So many people don't have the $100,000 potentially that, that you had or found or in the park, wherever you got the $100,000 from, you know, to go to these conferences. Everybody doesn't necessarily have that. So do what is in your power. Do what is in your power. Go to YouTube. Go to different things that may be free initially. And then have where you can invest in yourself in other ways monetarily. But that's still investing in yourself. And you have your finger up. Go ahead. Yeah, because I want to share a great tip. <laughs> this, is, this is like a million-dollar tip, okay? okay? And that is that, let's say, for example, there's a conference in town. And you're like, oh, I can't afford that right now right so what you can do is you can go down there and hang out where the conference is being held because people will break out of the conference for a lunch break they'll break out of the conference to step outside to make phone calls but you can be in that area and be around those people they're frequently at these conferences it's not like you go to a conference and okay the, the thing's starting now everybody run inside no like 70% of the people run inside and 30% hang out outside. So this is a tip I probably shouldn't give. It's a tip that probably conference organizers would not, you know, really like that I'm giving, but it works. And I've done this um, maybe two or three times just because I was like, let me go test. It was one of my fears was to go to a conference that I didn't pay for. That was actually one of my fears. So I was like, I'm going to go and I'm just going to go like where I think they're going to hang out for lunch and I'm going to go, go mingle. And I did. And it was so awesome because I got to see that that would work. You know, a lot of the things that I do nowadays are more like to test it out for my clients because I want to see what are some of the ways that they can uh, partake in the things that I have but not have to pay for it. <laughs> so I, I love doing that for people. It's fine and for me. <laughs> too is that a number of the conferences nowadays are free because they want to have where you then go there and purchase items during the conference or after the conference. And so those are also things that are uh, our tips for you, million dollar tip, you know, you can find the, the, those ones that are free. Um, but then there's other ones specifically, one, once you've honed in on what it is that you're supposed to be doing, then it, it is where you really should uh, invest in yourself. And uh, that's been my life for the past several years is, is trying to do that. And on one of the other shows I had mentioned, I think that you said that you started something maybe five years ago. So you, I said, you're five years old and, and I'm, I'm younger than you. I'm only like almost two years old. I'm not even a two year old, the terrible twos yet, because I've only started really, you know, looking at uh, what I can do to, to better me for me over the past several years, you know, international consultant, been to all these different countries, you know, 25 some countries uh, where I've, taught and trained and all of that. And my show is in 30, almost 40 some countries. And I've done all of these different things. But when it came to, you know, talking about myself and, and, and facing my fears, and that's why I'm doing the book related to bullying, because I really have only found out these last several years, uh, how much it really has affected who I am. Uh, even with all of the accomplishments I've had, I didn't have a lot of accomplishments of understanding more about myself. So the, the One Habit uh, book that I'll be doing uh, will be related related to that. And I'm real excited about that because there's so many people that are affected by that. And I'll be sharing more on that later. But uh, what we were talking about were habits and unhabits. So uh, you coining that phrase, and I think that's something that's going to go a long way, even in some of uh, the upcoming books, that you uh, hit on a million dollar um, topic that's really going to help people. I should really trademark it, unhabit. <laughs> Really I guess Steve, Steve can have that one. He can have that one. <laughs> well, somebody should. Okay. 
Well, you know, it's it's interesting because as we as we talk, Crystal, there's like so many different topics that come up here, and and I'm I'm definitely going to go back and re-listen to this because there are so many things that you know we can do. Like you said, you know, you're not even in the terrible twos yet. You know, I'm a five year old, so I'm you know, older than you. And what's interesting about this, like, I was 51 when I started my journey of self. Um, self-rediscovery is what uh, a friend of mine helped me to to realize because when I was born, I was born kicking and screaming, right? We're all like, ah! that's how we're all born. So we're born with this loud voice of, I want, I want, I want. And that's all we, that's all we know because we're babies. We don't know any different. And then we're taught we are taught to be suppressed. We are taught to not talk out loud. We are taught to give to others before we give to ourselves. We are taught to fill their cup before we fill ourselves. We're taught that. So we can unlearn that. And so when I was five years old, when I was really five years old, I ran away and I was gone for an entire week. Now, if you think about it, at five years old, I was gone for a week. That's how strong and brave I was at five. Well, what happened to me that I gained all these fears? is that after a week, my mom knew where I was. I didn't know she knew where I was. She had me come back home. And from that point forward, my tail was between my legs. My mouth was shut. I was making sure that I didn't do or say anything that would get anybody hurt because I was growing up in an abusive environment. And so I shut down from five years old until 51. So for 46 years, I was shut down because I didn't want to cause anybody any pain. So at 51, I hired a life coach. She helped me to discover, rediscover that five-year-old brave little girl. And so I'm in the process of rediscovering who I used to be and living as that person. So we all have an opportunity to do this. You're never too old to start, never. So if you're out there and you're saying, well, I'm 60, you know, I, don't, I, can't, I can't change. Yes, you can. And it's just an excuse because yes, you can change. It's up to you. You have to decide. Yeah, you have to decide. You really do. And yeah, nobody can decide for you. I'm the big 55 this year. So uh, being two and a half or not even two, I'm not even two yet, you know, related to this whole self rediscovery thing. Um, and I help other people do it. That's what's so crazy. And, and a lot of the people on, our, on my show, we talk about that too. help other people do the same exact thing, but not using the tools on myself for me to understand about myself. It's like, okay, here I am now. Here I am. I'm ready. <laughs> What do they say? We teach what we need or something like there's some kind of like phrase like that. We teach what we need, you know, <laughs> so it's really awesome. Hey, um, so I'm, we're not sure who that person is on Galaxy S9. Let's do this, Crystal. We're going to because I'm on the schedule for next. So let's move into my chapter. If you don't mind, we'll just do really quickly touch yeah. on on my chapter, which, you know, my habit. I have a lot of habits that I've incorporated into my life in this last five years that have been habits that have helped me to become who I am, that have helped me to um, like, I, you know, I, you do this too. Like we interview stars on the red carpet. I mean, to be able to interview Wesley Snipes on the red carpet, trust me, is not something was even in my purview five years ago. I never, because that was for those people, you know, <laughs> there are so many things I didn't do because I had so many fears around them. So facing a fear every day was really important for me. But my habit in this book, to, you know, this book here is to pat yourself on the back often because how many of you feel like, you know, you're, you're constantly beating yourself up. Maybe you don't even recognize that you're doing that. But we, as human beings, we, we happen to mostly concentrate on the negative things that are going on in our lives, the negative things that we did. I could have done this instead. I should have done this. You know, like Cosette alluded to, you know, shooting. I could have, could have, should have, would have, you know. 
So what I love to do, and I love to help, you know, help my clients to do this too, is like, I'm really great at patting you on the back. Crystal, like, oh my God, Crystal, you're so amazing. I love how you do this. I love your smile. You're just such a, a warm, wonderful soul. When I first met you, you know, I just felt really at home with you, like, right? So I'm really great at edifying other people. What would happen if you started edifying yourself, not looking to outside sources for the pat on the back? So what happens is when you start patting yourself on the back, it, it's like a reward. Look at what I did. This is so awesome. I'm going to reward myself and I'm going to pat myself on the back and say, Linda, you know what? Linda, you're amazing. I can't believe some of the things you're doing. It's really cool. So I've done, oh, I'll just give it like a really quick thing is, I've done over 3,000 Facebook Live videos. Now, oftentimes when people go to watch their videos, they're looking for the things they could have done better. Like, I, oh, I screwed that up. I messed up that word. That's what I really meant to say. Oh, I can't believe the way I looked. I had these weird looks on my face, on my face right? So what I do instead, when you do 3,000 videos, you can't look at all that negativity. What I do instead is I look for the positive things. I say, wow. Look how you kept that conversation going. Or, wow, look how you were able to pull them out of that. Because, you know, sometimes it's hard when you're interviewing people to bring them back to earth, right? So, right, Crystal, you're like, yeah, this, I'm having that back-to-earth moment right now. No, but, you know, there's, there's all these different things. <laughs> and so, so what, um, what I do instead, and I want to share this with you, because if you do live videos, if you do blog posts, if you have a business and you're doing stuff, I want you to concentrate on the things you did well. Because what happens is when we look at the things we do well, and the, like sometimes I'll say, oh my God, I'm so funny. Like I'll actually say that when I'm watching one of my videos. And what does that do? That reinforces to me to say, keep being you, Linda. Just keep being you. Keep putting yourself out there as you. Because I'm now focusing on the good things. Guess what happens? More good things happen. Because that's where my focus is going. So pat yourself on the back on a regular basis. Because, you know, yeah, I, like, I do it uh, once a month now. I used to do it daily because I needed it. So also we talk about gratitude. Like you talked about gratitude journal. I think it's really important for us to remember to be grateful to ourselves. For example, I'm grateful to myself for allowing myself to be in this book. I'm grateful to myself for getting up on time, like when the alarm went off this morning at 5.15. I'm grateful to myself for allowing myself to get out of bed or just you know, like be grateful for yourself because we're often looking at gratitude from the outside. But we also have ourselves that we need to check in with. We have ourselves that we need to, you know, be on. We're the only ones we can control. We can't control anybody else. So be your own best cheerleader instead of your own worst enemy. That's what Pat, Pat Yourself on the Back is all about. But buy the book anyway. <laughs> Chapter one. <laughs> Linda Sunshine West, Pat Yourself on the Back often. And I think you're just such an awesome example of that, Linda, because uh, all of what you do to edify other people, it, it is not where it's just 
where you're saying words just for the sake of saying words. It's all about being authentic. And, and you, you don't come off as, as being a person that's just this superficial, you know, all these different superficial comments. You really sincerely care about people. And that, that's what I really, really like about you, you know, since day one. And we did that one show when we were in San Diego, had such a great time, you know, with you and, and, and Jason uh, on that show. Uh, and that's where I got a chance to just really, you know, get to know you, you know, one-on-one face-to-face and then some other events after that. But I think the pat yourself on the back is so, so, so important. I just did a post, I think it was either yesterday or day before, and I had my finger up like this and it was pointing at my words saying um, that self-confidence in yourself is the best Christmas present that you could ever give because of the fact that so many people don't have confidence in themselves. And it's not that you have to be perfect. It's not that you have to be the best, but you are the only one that can be the best you. And so my show going into 2020 is above your best and it's never settle for less, be above your best, never settle for less, be above your best. And what does that even mean? It means that once we get to one goal in our life and our next goal and related to my habits and unhabits have to do with complacency is that we always have more that we can do. It's not that we're going to ever be perfect, but we all have more that we can do to have a greater impact. And so you, you touched on that and it was a direct correlation. So patting yourself on the back, self-confidence, I think is, 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 it goes hand in hand. Well, you know, Crystal, have you ever seen, um, you know, kids opening up their Christmas presents? Like, there's this Christmas tree, right? It's got, um, and you know, that's if you celebrate Christmas, of course, but it's got all these gifts underneath the tree. And then it's like, oh, here, Johnny, here's your, your uh, present, open your present, or everybody's opening their presents. And a kid will typically, like, here's the present, they unwrap it, and they look at it, and then they throw it aside, and they go run to the next gift, right? And, like, it's just, like, constant. Like, I just want to keep opening gifts unless there's control in the family. So this is what it was like in my family. And so what happens is we, we learn, it's a habit. What we learn is we learn this habit of when we get what we want, we just put it aside and we run to the next thing. So that's, again, patting yourself on the back. This was so important for me during this last five years is because I I found myself not being appreciative of my own things that I was doing. So what I learned to do is that when I accomplish a goal, because you talked about goals just a second ago, when I accomplish a goal, I stop, I look at it, and just did I absorb it it might only be a minute but at least I appreciate it and then I move on otherwise a lot of times what we do as adults is we finish a goal and move on like there's no celebrating you know it's time to celebrate yourself time to celebrate your accomplishments and then then move forward to that next being the best you right it's like because you're not going to be able to if you can't appreciate what you've done you know what is what is your life all about you know right Right. Uh, we got our Miss Sylvia in yes. the house. And we have her. Are you, are, is your microphone on there, Sylvia? Yes. Can you hear me? Excellent. I can. And wow, you. <laughs> you look beautiful. That's an awesome background you have. How you doing, beautiful ladies? We're doing awesome. Thank you for being a woman action taker on today and sharing uh, some about your habits. Really, of course. My pleasure. Happy to be here. And I'm so happy to be here and seeing you is even happier. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, we appreciate you being on today, and uh, I love what you have uh, here as your habit. And I want you to just go ahead and just, first of all, though, just introduce yourself to everyone. Just give some information about yourself before we jump into these habits. Absolutely. Hi, everyone. My name is Silvia Chavez. My brand is America's Love Queen. I'm a speaker, a writer, part of this book. Yes. Um, very close friends of Linda's. I know Crystal, and I'm so excited to be here. And, you know, I'm here to serve and super, super happy, really. This is a beautiful day to share these habits from wonderful ladies. I was reading some of them, and oh my God, this is such a great gift for anybody. Absolutely. Love it. And even if you're a, a guy, it's like it's not a book just for women. You know, we talk about women action takers, and a lot of times when there's women's books, people think that it's just all related to the women, and it's not. Anybody can get tips related to these habits and these unhabits. And, yeah. and you talk some about, you know, sharing hope with the world. So, so talk to us about, about your habit. My habit is about seeing through the eyes of love. Mm -hmm. We always have the choice, you know, it's like a way. It's, it's something that we can't avoid. Every, everything we see something, the first thing, the first thought is, I like it or I don't like it, right? We judge from the very beginning. That's, that's what we do. How about if we do that conscious and we start seeing through the eyes of love? So if I see even somebody that, like I share in my book, in, in my chapter, that is in bad mood and, you know, it's like uh, it's rude to you. And instead of saying, yeah, you know, she's rude, I'm going to be rude back, maybe take a second to think, maybe she's or he's going through something. Who am I to judge? How about if I see her through the eyes of love and I just give her some love? So you never know how much can you change that person's day just by showing some love. You know, it's always a choice. Of course, the first unconscious reaction could be there, but we can go and make conscious the unconscious and say, I'm going to choose this. Because, you know, at the end, it makes me happy. It's, of course, about the other person, but it's about me and about what I want to see in the world, what I want to share, what I want to have in my, in my heart, if I want to fill it with love, or if, if I want to fill it with anger and hate. And No, it's your choice. Being happy is your choice, you know? You know what I love about what you just said, uh, Sylvia, is that um, you just incorporated in your habit also your unhabit, which is seeing through uh, the eyes of judgment. And it, it's so true, right? Because um, we do all judge. And what I've recognized for myself during my this discovery, this self-journey that I've been going through is that I recognize that wow, most of my fears were based on judgment. Like, what are they going to think about me? What are they going to say about me? And I, re I realized that I was judging people so much that I was so fearful about the judgment against me. And so I had a situation just last week. I mean, because you know, even though I'm, I'm aware and I'm consciously aware and I'm making these strides and changes in my life, I'm still a human being and I'm still going to have judgments. So the other day I recognized that I was judging somebody. And what I, so what I said, oh, I'm judging them. Maybe I need to look at them differently and I need to see them through love and compassion yes. and understanding and say, wow, maybe they're going some, through something right now. Or maybe I'm going through something right now, so I'm seeing them differently. Maybe that's all it is. Yes, absolutely. Because even the smallest things, 
like uh, we had this ritual with my husband. We love just to sit down and have a coffee together. It has to be espresso with um, whipped cream, you know, that's, that's the rule. So I remember, in a, I'm from Argentina, so when, when we were over there, we used to go and ask for this short coffee with uh, whipped cream. And for us, it was like the most beautiful time of the day, just sitting down, looking at each other and enjoying that coffee. And I remember going to this, uh, uh, this is, was a regular bar, but we sat down and we say, we're in Europe right now. And we're taking a coffee. It was so much fun. And it's about taking these moments and, and realizing that also those moments can be sacred because they are unique. They're not going to go back again. The, your time right now, this is what we're doing right now is unique. This moment is sacred. Just being the three of us in this beautiful environment, showing everybody about love, about good things, about great habits, because this book is all about shifting your energy, being more successful. So this is always a choice. So even the smallest thing, you can be grateful or you can be, you know, stay in a scarcity saying, oh, but I don't have this, especially we're in Christmas, right? I, I, this is a time of, of giving. I was wrapping all the presents yesterday and my husband came home and I was so happy he put music in it. and I said, I'm giving gifts for me. I want to see their faces when they open. It's not for them. It's about me. I love it. I love the love that I'm going to feel. It's about, it's always about you. It's you are the mirror of everything that happens around. So if you feel bad today, just look inside and see what's happening inside of me that I'm seeing this bad in the world, you know, because there's, there's always a mirror around. Yeah, and this book is a book of love, right? It's a book of us pouring out from our hearts. And, and even, you know, Cosette just talked about the fact that, you know, she wrote her chapter from her heart. And I think every single woman did, you know, wrote it from their hearts. And, and love is such a huge, huge word. And, and seeing anything and everything we do through the eyes of love, I think it's just phenomenal because everything is not always going to be a, a bed of roses, okay? And even if, if we just even think about the weather, um, our, my husband and I, uh, for Thanksgiving, we didn't do a traditional Thanksgiving. Our, our children are 24, 26. They're all grown in, in California and, and um, Japan. And so we decided we weren't going to do traditional Christmas. We went to play golf. Well, during that day, it, 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 uh, we, there was a rainstorm. And then there was fog and then it started sleeting and then it was like all this stuff was going on. But we had a blast because we were together, like you said, you and your husband with your coffee, your special coffee. We were together. We were wet and droopy. Uh, our clubs were, you know, ruined and all of that kind of stuff. But it was fun. We had a great time. And then the sun came back out and and it was awesome because we saw it through the eyes of love. I love the fact that you said that and shared that. That is so awesome. Yes, and even challenges, because I know we all, we all go through challenges. You know, I learned because, you know, through the hard way, <laughs> unfortunately, we human beings still are learning from the hard way. It's like when I have a challenge, it's about learning. You know, life is school. So if you can take that challenge and see, okay, wh what is God or the universe or my inner self trying to tell me with this? What, what do I need to learn? even from that person that is in a bad mood or somebody that, or some, I don't know, business that doesn't go through. What's in there for me? What do I need to learn? And being gentle and loving to yourself. Because, you know, like you were saying, Linda, about your habits. 
being loving to yourself and realizing that even being alive is a gift. Even give, being today here, breathing by, by our own, you know, that's a gift. Mm-hmm. So every single thing that we have is a gift. And we're so, you know, being grateful and choosing. Like I, like I said in my chapters, happiness is a choice. You can see people have nothing. They live on the streets, but have their little time to share the little thing they have with somebody else. Right. And, and we see that every single day. Linda, you, you were with uh, veterans on the street with homeless. And you see them, you say, but he has nothing. But he shared this little something he has with the lady or the, the guy next that has nothing to eat. Those are the miracles. So we are so abandoned right and so you know it's a it's a choice so if if i want somebody anybody that's watching the show today is realizing that every single thing we we do and we are is a choice and reading these habits are going to help you really make that choice every single day in a better way you know for yourself and the others well, you know, um, I want to touch on something there, Sylvia, because there might be somebody listening right now, or there might be several people listening right now that say, oh, that's easy for you to say because, you know, you're with your husband, you're with the love of your life. But the reality is that you weren't always with him. The reality is that you didn't always have the love that you have, you know, and same with like you and Crystal and me with my husband, because, I mean, I've been with him for 31 years. It wasn't always great until that time you know like he changed my life and Mm -hmm. so I I, I'd love for you to just touch like really quickly on maybe you know like how how can somebody to how can somebody incorporate love into their life if they're feeling like they're a bunch of bs those ladies they don't know what they're talking about you know I have a you know I'm not happy I have a miserable life I'm I'm just I'm lonely like what would you say to someone like that okay that's a great question because you know even like you said before I wasn't always that happy. I wasn't always that loving or lovely. <laughs> I, there was a time in my life that I was like, I'm really an ogre. <laughs> and I was so unhappy. And there was this moment in my darkest moment that I, I, I also thought about not being alive. It's, I wasn't suicide, but I felt that my misery and my pain and my loneliness was so, so strong that I, the only light at the end of the tunnel that I saw is just dying. And I was abused at the age of seven. You know, there were many situations that, and, and I know I could have chosen to be unhappy and to stay in there. And I stayed in that place for many, many years. But there was something out there or inside of me, like a flame. And I know that everybody, each one of you, even though if you're going through your darkest time, there's you're still alive. There's a reason for that. So go and reach inside in your heart for that feeling that will help you reach out. You know, reach out. I reached out. I went for, for friends, for coaches. That was my journey. And, you know, right now, I would not change anything of my past because I love the person I am right now. So that's what I want for you. I want you to start reaching out. There's so many places, so many people that you can ask for help. It, would, it could start by a book and then people and ask for help because, you know, asking for help means that you're courageous, that you're strong. You're not weak because you ask for help. You're strong because you ask for help. And there's so many people over there that wants to help you. I'm here for you. I know that all these amazing ladies are here for you. So reach out 
because there's something inside of you. There's this flame that needs just to be ignited again because you're a miracle. You're alive. And that, all, that thing only is a miracle that you're alive. So no matter what happened to you, I know it's hard. I know your, your heart is broken. My heart was broken in a thousand pieces. But you know that it's still alive and it's asking for you to see your heart and heal it and go back to it and fill it with love. And if you don't have that love to you for yourself right now, it's okay. Somebody else will have that for you. Yeah, and I think um, it's so many awesome nuggets. Like Linda said, we're going to have to go back and listen to this show again because, you know, rising above your brokenness, you know, when you're in the midst of it, you're like, there's no way I'm going to even maybe even make it through this. But once you do and you rise above it, you you have the choice to be a vessel of love to help someone else. That that's part of your choice too. Am I going to rise above it and just go on with my life and and be happy myself or am I going to use my knowledge to be a vessel to help someone else? And so uh, Sylvia, I appreciate the fact that that you have this chapter um, because this is something that is going to help other people uh, collectively in the book, but you're specifically related to love because love is just something that is, is so needed yes. and, and, and maybe so abused and so taken for granted. So any nuggets that you have in there, uh, I think is going to be phenomenal for anyone to read. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes, love is so needed and it's so abandoned. The thing is some people don't even know what love is because of, right. we get all so, you know, it has a very bad press, the word love, right? But love is amazing. Love is transforming. It's the only thing that's going to save us. Right, exactly. And so, ladies and gentlemen, find Chapter 39 with Sylvia Chavez in One Habit for Women Action Takers. Go to onehabit.com. That's the number one habit.com and also there are a lot of other books that are coming out they're going to start January is going to have a new release of a different book and then February and March all these different uh, books are coming out and you can be part of those books go to onehabit.com to find out how you can participate in the one habit movement and it's really exciting to be part of it and Sylvia you know I love you dearly I do really love you dearly and the first time I said I love you to an adult was about three years ago it took me that many years to love myself because before I could say I love you to someone else and really truly mean it from my heart. So thank you so much for what you've done for me. I really appreciate everything you do and see through the eyes of love by Sylvia Chavez. I love you ladies. Thank you so much. Have a great day. You too. Woo, Crystal, this awesome. is awesome. Segment, awesome segment. And we have our next get, next guest that's going to be coming on is Miss Jessica. And we'll wait for her to, to get on the screen here. Looks like she's on and just needs to come on to the screen. But while we're doing that, I just want to give a shout out again to Steve Samblis for this awesome movement. And there is an initial book, The 100 Habits for the Happiest Achievers on the Planet. And Linda and I are both in this. That is a part of the requirement to be an, a co-author with Steve is that you're in a previous book and you understand the process and the magnitude of this movement and then you can also co-author. And so if you have something that's just a burning desire in your heart for a message that you would like to get out, uh, you can contact him by going to onehabit.com and letting him know what your, what your heart is and then you would be able to potentially co-author a book with him. 
Awesome. It looks like Jessica is unmuted. Yay, there she is. Jessica, hello, hello. Yeah, I can't get the video to come up. That's okay. That's okay. We can hear you, and that's, that's really important. We're doing great. Thank you, Jessica, for calling in. Really appreciate you being on the show today. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. I'm really still kind of pinching myself. I can't believe I'm in a book with all these wonderful women and on a, on a radio show. It's crazy. <laughs> well, you better believe it because it's happening and uh, you are amongst a number of phenomenal people that uh, have given a portion of their life to us uh, internationally. Today. So thank you, thank you, thank you for being with us and uh, we really appreciate it. Oh you're, oh, you're welcome. My the pleasure. Same. Yeah, so go ahead and give uh, a brief introduction of yourself so our audience can get to know you, and then we'll get into some about your participation in the book. So if anything that you would like to share about your life or your business. Well, I'm actually one of the rare uh, – Native Californians, <laughs> born and raised on my dad was in the Marine Corps, so I was born in San Diego. Okay. And uh, I just grew up out here. I, I did some traveling in the military, but um, you know, you just, California is such a beautiful state, you always come back. Okay, so California, and is there anything else you want to tell us related to what you do? Oh, well, um, <clears throat> so I'm with a company. I was a caregiver for many years, and um, what I noticed, a big dilemma that I noticed with the elder, elder, older generation is that uh, they have a lack of money. Uh, you know, they work their whole lives, they're blue-collar, and then they retire thinking, oh, yeah, I get a rest, but what they didn't know was they don't have enough money, they didn't plan, and now they're elderly, they're sick, they can no longer go back to work, and they wind up relying on the government, or they, you know, are at kind of at the, at the mercy of family, friends, maybe the church, and they wind up, you know, they have to choose between, can they pay their electricity bill, or should they get med medications, and they always choose their electricity bill, um, <clears throat> instead of in the medications, what they need to do to make sure that they're healthy and happy and have a good life is always put last. So um, what I do is, see this dilemma, what I do is I work for a company called Gold Financial Group, and I help people strategize and plan for their future so they can know that they're going to live comfortably, that, they're, that their money, that they're not going to outlive their money, but they're going to be safe and secure. That's awesome, and I think that's so needed because there's so many people that some people have plans, but some people don't. Other people don't have plans at that age. So having people uh, out there like yourself that are able to help, I think that's 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 great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is it is very important. Unfortunately, you know that the younger, you, the sooner you start saving, the better off you're going to be. And uh, it's hard. It's really hard to talk to a twenty, even a thirty-year-old about the future and retirement and. Because, you know, when you're 20 and 30, you feel indestructible. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's kind of, I find it to be a tough job. <laughs> well, what I'm going to do, Jessica, is I'm holding up your chapter with your beautiful picture here uh, for everybody to see you in the book. And 
There it is, and there she mm -hmm. is. So go ahead and give us some information about your habit. Okay, so the habit that I put into the book is um, personally to keep myself on, on track and to be productive is I have a, a calendar. I'm not really a computer person, as you can tell. <laughs> um, I prefer to um, stick with paper. And it, I noticed that writing, writing thoughts down um, keeps creative, creativity flowing much more than kind of typing on a computer. It's not, you know, it's not, uh, it's not my thing. So um, I rely on my calendar. I, I plan out my week. I plan out my month. I plan out months ahead in advance. And um, it's, it's what keeps me on track. Um, and I'm always looking at it. Uh, I, I'll just write down, I'll just jot down little notes and it's amazing. It's like you just drop, jot down a couple of notes and sometimes I can just start a wildfire of ideas. Sometimes if I'm stuck, uh, I'll just start writing down just that, just that action of thoughts to your hand and you doodle or you write things down. It, it's just, uh, it's, it's good for me to keep on track, keeps my thoughts moving. And as long as then I, I wake up first thing in the morning and look at my calendar and, you know, and, and I plan out my day. It gets me started better. And, uh, you know, it's, it's all about reliability. If people know that you're reliable, you know, then they can trust you and have confidence in you. If you forget to make a phone call, if you forget to show up, or if you double book and you have to call somebody and say, oh, you know what, I have somebody more important to talk to, it's, it's just not treating people right. And it doesn't say good things about you. So I really rely on that calendar to... Um, protect it with my life <laughs> and um, I just uh, you know I just keep track of that and, and uh, things keep moving so I think that 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 is a, a really great example of how a number of ways that you can use your calendar book because you, you said a number of things there that I want to recap. So you mentioned about the calendar and keeping track of dates and appointments and who you're supposed to meet with. But you also talked about the creativity portion of it, where you're able to write, write down notes of things that come across your mind and then it sparks other ideas. So even using it as a journal of sorts is, is something that helps. And, and I agree with you. I'm kind of old school on that. I have like papers uh, and, and a lot of papers, various places, along with my calendar book and my vision board and notes because um, writing it with your own hand is just something about it. Some people are okay with the typing, and I do type things too. But when you write it out with your own hand, your own penmanship and and write whatever little doodles and pictures that you want next to that, it, it brings on a different connotation. So I appreciate that uh, this conversation too is brought out. There's another person out there like me <laughs> that uh, likes to do mm -hmm. the as well. So, so thank you for sharing that. Well, you, I wanted to You're touch welcome. on that too, because I think that's really important. Um, in my mastermind, one of the things we were doing, this was a couple of years ago, we were trying to figure out like what kind of, what kind of planner, what kind of calendar is going to work for us, right? And so what we discovered is like, so everybody would say, okay, let's all get the passion planner. So we all bought the passion planner. We bring it to the masterminds. We show up. And then one of the ladies is like, this is the bomb. And I'm like, I can't use this. It doesn't work for me. So then the next week, so we leave her. She's like, okay, I'm using passion planner forever now. And then we go to the next, okay, let's all try the, uh, like, I think there's one called the 90 day year or something like that. Okay, everybody go buy the night. <laughs> and then we tried that one. And so some that worked for some and it didn't work for others and the point I'm making here is we got to find what works for us 
So whether you're a hard copy calendar type person or you're uh, using apps or you're using, like I use Trello for my stuff and I also use my calendar. So find what works for you is the habit for you to create. So sometimes it might take you quite a long time to discover that thing, but don't give up. Don't give up because there's something out there that you're going to be able to, that's going to resonate with you, that's going to work for you. I eventually found my thing and the other ladies in my mastermind, they found their thing too because I kept pushing them, keep going. You got to find the thing that works for you. So thanks for bringing that up, Jessica. I love it. You're welcome. A friend of mine I I work with, um, he's about 15 years younger than me, so he's really techie. He grew up with the video games and I didn't. And, um, and he, he pulls it. So I, I open my book and it's just handwritten notes. And some people, they're like, they, I kind of get, some people look at me like, you still use paper? Yeah. And I think it's funny. Well, my friend, he opens his laptop and he pulls up the month and it's, it's everything is, uh, he has his hours and people and meetings and all these phone calls and lunches all under different colors. And I'm looking at it going, ah, it looks like a fruit salad. It makes no sense to me. But he looks at it and with his, you know, his technical brain, it makes complete sense. And I would get so lost if I had all those colors in front of me, you know, just, it just, to me, it looked very disorganized. But to him, it made complete sense. And here I've got my paper and there's, I have stuff written out, you know, nicely and then there's scribbled notes on the corner and he thinks I look disorganized but no I, I my my uh, schedule is very organized so it's just it's it's just all individual like you said yeah and Linda I appreciate what you said too is that you were trying to get your whole mastermind to all go one way but everything doesn't work for everyone so having where maybe now they all have options because they they went through the process of trying to figure out what was best for them and so um I think it's it's great because having a calendar and having something that keeps you on schedule and, and uh, what you said, Jessica, you actually look at it uh, every morning and what is what is your night routine? Is there anything specific that you do at night that could help people? Well, you know, I, I check my calendar again real quickly um, and sort of, um, I, I like the term fresh eyes. Uh, if I write a letter, and you read it over, and it looks perfect, and then you take 10, 15, 20-minute break, and you go back and read it again, and then you see all these mistakes that you didn't see before because you took that break. Well, what I like to do is I look at that calendar again before I go to sleep, and um, maybe I'll see something I missed, or maybe I won't. Um, I just uh, check it throughout the day, but mostly first thing in the morning and then in the evening originally, just, just like checking your email. To, to see what you've got coming in because you might need to change plans or, you know, just, just uh, reorganize things real quickly. Now I had a question for you. Uh, now some people have where they have the daily calendar monthly, uh, they have the annual and some people have where there's in a particular kind they have, it's a two to three year plan. Do you find that that's mm-hmm. better? to have all of that in one as a complete planner over a number of years or is it where you just kind of stick to one day at a time? Um, I have a a calendar that um, each month is on one page and then you have behind that one month page you have a weekly so you can write down so you have like a whole half page to write down for that day. So each month is really thick. So my binder is like a two-inch binder. 
And um, I only purchase it one year at a time. And I've already, what I've done is in the end of November, early December, I go ahead and I purchase the next insert for the following year. And I just go ahead and I start putting it um, in January in my new notebook already. And I also start trans, uh, transferring, like in the very back of my book, I have all my passwords. I have my cheat sheet. I have all my passwords, all my websites, all these, you know, all this information. And then in front of the book is the address, you know, all the people I've met, all the fun. So I need to get all that information trans, transposed over to the, uh, the new notebook before the beginning of the year. Now I got to admit, this is where technology would come in handy because it takes me, you know, a couple hours to do that. That's what I was going to say. Because for me, I'm a technology yeah. person. I feel like I'm a, I'm a millennial in a baby boomer's body, you know, because I'm very tech savvy. And it's interesting because, like, let's say, for example, today I didn't do something that was on my calendar. I do most of the things that are on my calendar, but sometimes things come up right, unexpected. So all I do is I click on it and I move it to the next day, you know. So it's kind of interesting. But, but again, there are so many different ways to do this. And it's, it's developing that habit, finding that habit that works for you. So Jessica has found a habit that works for her. It's related to, you know, reviewing your calendar on a regular basis. I review mine every night before I go to bed. That's the last thing I look at before I go to bed. So I know what tomorrow holds. And then when I wake up in the morning, the first thing I do, again, it's a refresher. These are the things I need to do today so that I can get my mind into the game and make sure that I'm ready to do what it is that I need to do. And um, so let's, we're, we're actually at time on this one, Crystal. Oh my gosh, this has been awesome. Uh, Jessica, I want to thank you so much for being here, for jumping into the book. Uh, it's One Habit for Women Action Takers. You can find the book at onehabit.com. That's the number one habit.com. And Jessica's chapter is chapter 22. So go check her out, Jessica DeMumbrum, and find her chapter, unhabit.com. You're going to find your books there. So, Jessica, thanks so much for being part of the show, part of the book. And I'm looking forward to seeing what we we'll do next. Yeah, thank you very oh, much. Next up you're we welcome. Have... And have a Merry Christmas. You, you too. Great... Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, so we're moving on. We got six hours of this, ladies and gents. Um, if you're enjoying any of this, like even an inkling of it, please share it out because you never know if somebody else is going to be able to catch something that you didn't, right? Because what we're saying today, we're speaking to whoever is listening, whoever is hearing us, whoever needs to hear us. That's who we're speaking to today. And so if that's, we don't, we don't know who that is. You don't know who that is because we don't know where people are in their lives. We don't know where everybody is. So please just share this out and give them an opportunity to be able to, you know, hear these habits because there might be something that we say today that's going to change their life for the rest of their life you never know right crystal oh we're trying to bring diana yeah that's diana right on right. uh so we're bringing on our next guest diana while we get that going i want to find out those who are watching listening whether you're watching the live replay um go ahead and put hashtag live if you're watching us live but hashtag replay if you're watching the replay but what i would like to know from you is like what is a golden nugget that you've gotten so far out of this this live that we're doing here and then also share with us a habit that you have 
what's a habit that you have that is like on a regular basis and have a lot that I do and I'm going to be participating in you know a lot of the books so the onehabit.com book series again it's the number one habit.com the onehabit.com book series have several opportunities for you to participate one is like if you are a cancer survivor you might be one habit uh, for cancer survivors I'm not sure if that's the title of the book myself but I know and that's related to cancer so if you want to be in that book just go to the onehabit.com website and diana welcome good to see you today hi linda hi crystal can you hear me hi how are you hello I'm doing great how are you i'm doing great doing great maybe just turn your volume up a little bit if it's not all the way up that okay. my husband always says if i were any better i'd be twins <laughs> like that's a really funny thing is that i don't better? know where you got that? that from yeah that's a little better okay so real excited to have you on today <gasps> For joining us and all of the women action takers, uh, we are just in, in overload. Linda and I are in overload with all of the great nuggets that have come out and can't wait to, to talk to you. This will be my first time meeting you, so thank you for being on. Oh, thank you for having me. This is very exciting. <laughs> I, I got, got goosebumps for your chapter. I really did. It was just like, that's why I got excited. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm super excited. All the chapters are amazing, of course. But this one, I think, Diana, I think you hit the nail on the head for something that all of us, every single human being needs to do on a regular basis. So, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yes. Introduction. Yes. So, why don't you tell us about your habit? Oh my gosh. Sure. Um, so my habit um, is active listening. Practice active listening. Um, and I love this one. And I, I completely agree with you that it's something that um, it's, it's just a global thing. It's something that every human being needs to practice. It's a, a habit that we should all embrace. Um, so we all think we listen to one another, but we actually don't. Um, and I kind of say this because I have a, a background in psychology, um, and so I'm a trained th uh, listener, basically. And so active listening is trying to, it's really being in the moment of the conversation with the other person or the other people and truly listening, not just hearing words and what they're saying, but really listening to what they're trying, you know, their point of view, what they're trying to say. And um, taking that in with a sense of also like understanding and compassion and not trying to get in, so involved in how you're going to respond, which is something I think we all, we're all guilty of, right? We're in a conversation with someone and right away, we're, we, at some point we stop listening and we're trying to figure out how we're going to respond. And that's when the communication just breaks down. Right. And I think that that's it's something that, that's so key. I actually train on this, if not um, every few weeks, it's at least every month with corporate corporate training right. and with all of the different people that, that I teach, whether they're youth uh, or adults, is listening skills. So exactly. active listening, listening skills, and, and not be where you're just always trying to figure out what you're going to say to respond. And mm -hmm. so I with Linda that this is something that is key that everyone needs to get this women action takers book is not related to just women looking at this and reading this right. everyone needs to be an active listener yes. so that you're trained in this and can give us some real even like clinical uh, information on this I think mm -hmm. is something that that's very very key uh, and maybe just on the flip side can you give us some information about you know what you've what some of the issues are with people who don't 
practice active listening? Um, sure. Well, it's basically, you know, it leads to misunderstanding, right? We don't really hear what the other person is trying to say. Um, and this applies, you know, like in parenting and listening to your kids. A lot of times, you know, I have three teenagers and you have to be very vigilant about how you listen to them and how you are present with them. Otherwise, you're, you're going to hear certain things and you might get stuck in, um, well, you know, my son said this and, and that's kind of like it all like breaks down. And then what do they say? You're not listening to me. You're never listening to me. You don't pay attention to me. Um, and it's, it's just across the board. It's, you know, it's in parenting. It's in the, in the workplace. It's in all kinds of relationships. And that's why, you know, I felt that, in, you know, added, you know that, that chapter was so important because it's, 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 it can really change all of your relationships, all of them. It really can. And, and we do, my husband and I do couples counseling and, and uh, with youth, like you said, with youth and their parents. It, it, listening just goes across so many different areas. Yeah. So I'm sure that, that I take a look at what you have there and maybe utilize some of what you've stated in, in this uh, training that I do as well. Sure, sure. And um, yeah, I just, I just think it's important. And, and again, I think we, we think we're listening, but we're really not. You know, it, it takes, and it is a skill, and we need to practice it over and over again. And the more we practice it, the better we get at it. And that's why I try to make the chapter um, as kind of, you know, uh, simple as possible because it's something that, you know, it, it takes so much time and so much practice, but I, I wanted to give like the three, what I believe are the three key components to active listening so that you can kind of just say, okay, this is one, this is two, and this is three. I'm going just kind of go down, you know, the list as you're in the conversation. Okay. That's one, that's two, you know, yeah. yeah. So that, that's good too, to have a systematic approach to it, a systematic view. Right. So um, that's, that's part of what I appreciate as well. Uh, and you have uh, an unhabit. Is there something you want to touch on that without like giving all of the goods away? Anything? You want to <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, so one of the things that I, that I, um, I work with my clients on is communication. And so my unhabit is, um, and I'm probably not going to be very popular for this, is spending too much time on social media. And I think that has become a habit. And I think social media is a wonderful thing. And I think if, we, if, we, if we're intentional about how we use it, it can be a wonderful thing. The problem is that most of us kind of just get lost in it. Um, and, and maybe we're using it as an escape or, or I don't know what it is, but it's, I believe it's leading to a breakdown in communication, you know, which is the opposite of what social media is supposed to be. It's supposed to, you know, connect people and in a way it does, but the way that it's being utilized sometimes it's leading, it's le um, yeah, it's, it's, it's making communications, uh, communication breakdown because, um, people are spending too much time on it. They're just kind of mindlessly scrolling through, you know, their, their newsfeed instead of spending that time with, you know, loved ones or trying or going for a walk or doing something for themselves, you know, maybe self-care or working on a project. And it's kind of just, I think it's rampant and it's, it's people are just lost in the social media, you know, world. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And a lot of times it, it makes people more isolated because they are only being involved in, in what their thoughts are related to what they see on social right. media. 
and not having that engagement where you know, uh, it, it, it's the interaction between people. And I think in reading this book, uh, there's so many different habits that, that we can pick up and put together, like how it actually affects us uh, throughout our whole lives and basically using all of our senses. So yours is related to active listening. There's other habits that have to do with how we speak to one another, how we love. And if you just look at all of the habits all put together, it just paints a really great picture. So the fact that you picked listening, I think, is, is something that we all need to to um take heed of, like Linda mentioned. Linda, do you have any other comments on that? Okay. <clears throat> oh, so I, I keep getting kicked out, just so you know, so when I disappear, it's because my uh, internet is unstable. But I think these are, these are great topics. Um, uh, touching on the social media thing, I completely agree with you. But I, and I, I also believe, you know, social media was created, like you said, to build community. And I know that when I first uh, got on social media, it was when Farmville was out and I got on there just for Farmville because I, you know, I had, um, and for me, I, I had, you know, talked about this a little bit earlier is that I grew up in an abusive environment and I had a lot of fear of judgment. So I didn't want to post on social media because I had these fear of judgment. What are people going to think of me? But what I found end up happening is that I started to come out of my shell because of social media. But then what happened is I got hooked on social media and I mm -hmm. found myself constantly on my phone, you know, just like I said, I, I'm a millennial in a boomer body, you know? And so I found myself like constantly on my phone. And so I've actually instituted new habits and the habit is to, um, is to not, like I don't have my ringer on, I don't have my volume on, I don't have anything with my phone on. So I have to intentionally look at my phone to see anything going on. And so that's kind of like a habit that I've incorporated for myself so that I'm not slave to the ding, you know, I'm not a slave to that, to the ringer going off. So that's what I've kind of done. And, but I, I love this topic because social media, it is not going away. So right. it's up right. to us to, to discover what we can do. The unhabit, as you, it's a, you know, unhabit for a, in this book, for you and is to discover ways that we can get ourselves out of those bad habits that we've created and create new good habits around social media. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I so, love it. These are great topics though. Yeah, so don't don't say anything negative about your your unhabit. We need to go for it and we do need to, we need to have where we incorporate that in our lives. I mean, we're on social yeah. media right now. Yeah. Time and a place for it. There's a time and a place for it. And there is also a time and a place for active listening, which is all the time, okay? And the fact that, like I said, we've incorporated that into all of the different trainings and, and, and talks that we do, uh, I think that it's, it's great that you have that. I really want to do that body analysis that I mentioned, uh, Linda, to see you know, all the different things that we've touched on in this book. Um, I think we're making like a whole person, that, you know, a person that they do all of these things. <laughs> Exactly. People's awesome person. <laughs> one habit. So go to onehabit.com and get more information about that. And Diana, do you want to say anything else uh, in closing related to your business or anything you have coming up? Or um, so just briefly, um, I'm the CEO and founder of um, Acros Leadership International and Diana Power International. I'm a leadership and high-performance coach for uh, women entrepreneurs and female executives and professional women. And um, 
And yeah, that's about it. Um, 2020, I have a lot of good stuff coming. I just recently moved um, from Virginia to Arizona. So I'm kind of, you know, I've been in that transition uh, phase. And so um, 2020 is just going to be a great year. I'm going to, you know, um, launch some new programs and I'm going to start heading more into the, um, a lot of my work has been more in the professional arena. Um, I'm moving a little more towards uh, or incorporating um, self-development as well, because I think basically self-leadership. Um, I think leadership begins with, you know, yourself. And, um, you know, it's, sometimes we get caught up in, you know, I'm going to train this person on leadership skills, but if you don't know how to lead yourself effectively, you really are going to have, it's going to be challenging for you to lead others effectively as well. Right. Right. That's yeah. so, so since you're here in Arizona, we're going to have to get together because I'm, I'm in Arizona too. So. Oh, okay, great. Yes, absolutely. I look forward to it. Our center, the Uplift Center, where I am right now, maybe we can do some events. Okay, great. Sounds good. <laughs> awesome. I love it. And, and incorporating those listening skills to your everyday life. You know, they say, be the most interested person in the room, mm -hmm. not the most interesting person in the room. Because what happens, how often have you gone to an event or met somebody mm -hmm. and you're like, whoa, I just really, really love that person. A lot of times when, we, when we're feeling that way about somebody is because they listen to us. Right, they actually right. heard what we are saying right. and we all want to be heard. Right. So, so turn that around. The yeah. people you're with also want to be heard. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually do say that in the book. Um, we all want to see, we all want to be seen, heard and understood. Yeah. And if we feel heard, we feel understood. And that's a wonderful feeling. I mean, I've had many conversations where we don't, I don't necessarily agree with the other person, but we both walk away like feeling understood. You know. Exactly. So, yeah. Well, I want to thank you, Diana, for being part of the book, One Habit oh, for Women, Action Takers. You. You, everybody go to onehabit.com. That's the number one, habit.com. Diana's chapter is chapter 11, and this is your listening skills. It's so important for all of us. Every single human being should learn to practice those, I mean, should learn to incorporate listening skills to their daily life because you will help the other people in your life feel seen heard and understood. So thank you so much, Diana, for being here. And next up, we thank got you. Robin Jordan. Welcome thank to you, the show. Thank, thank you, you so much. Robin. Hello, Robin. Hello. How are you? Doing awesome and amazing. How are you? I'm great. Thank you, Crystal. Lovely to meet you. It is so awesome to meet you as well. And you have that beautiful, beautiful tree, tree that's just twinkling in the back. <laughs> It is. It's Christmas in in Australia as well as America. How about that? Yes, <laughs> it's just a little warmer. <laughs> you're like, oh my gosh, how did this happen? This is great. So I'm happy that you're able to be on with us today. Thank what you. time is it here? Um, it's about five forty-five in the morning. <laughs> whoop whoop. Well, and you know what? You look that you know, beautiful every day at 5.45 in the morning. <laughs> I actually am an early riser these days. It wasn't always the case, but yep. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's interesting, Robin, because your chapter is about showing up, right? And so 5.45 in the morning, some people might be like, oh, that's too early. I don't want to show up at that time. But you did. And so you're like, you're living your chapter all about, you know, saying yes and work out how and to yeah. show up. So you want to share with us like what, you know, how you came about with this habit and then a little bit about you. Wow. Yeah. Uh, do you want a little bit about me first or the habit? About you. Let's hear it. Let's yeah, hear it. Okay. Let's hear okay. Well, 
I've got a lot of um, a big story, really. I'm uh, 50, 58 now, and I am a mum to seven gorgeous kids. I was a homeschooling mum for many years and gave my life to raising my children and taking care of everybody else, and as we often do as a nurturer and a mum. Um, I faced a number of hurdles. One of them was eight years ago, I um, had the diagnosis of breast cancer, which I think anyone that's gone through that, it does, it changes something within you. And I think I realized at that point that my life did matter and that if something was going to happen right now, that I was going to have regrets. And sadly, at that time, my marriage was not in a healthy place. And I think nearly four years ago, my marriage did fall apart. And that was the beginning of me saying yes and working out how really. Um, much uncertainty. I had nothing that I knew, you know, my future was going to look like. I decided just to make that break. It was a, it was a huge decision. I'm a woman of faith and navigating that road was um, something I didn't take lightly. But there was something within me that I was dying inside and you have to acknowledge that some things aren't healthy for you. So that began my quest, I think, to find that I had that whisper within me that there was more for me, that there was more in life that I wanted to experience and so started that journey of my own personal development journey and I've been studying human behavior now for the last two and a half years and my life has transformed and one of the reasons being is saying yes and working out how getting that um, getting used to and building muscle with uncertainty facing my fears and I think we all have that fear of we're, we're not enough or we're not worthy or we may, that we're not lovable just for who we are, not what we do, but just for who we are. And that has been just such a, a big step, a big journey. And even just writing my newsletter this year, I thought, wow, how much I have changed and how much I've accomplished this year. And so often it's been because of that habit I've said yes, I've worked out how, and I've showed up and grown in the process. So it's, phenom it's been a phenomenal journey, and I'm very excited to be helping other women on that journey to, to reclaim, rebuild, and radiate their truth, their essence, and who they really are from within. That is just a really, really... Um First of all, it's very touching, and I appreciate you just you know sharing some of of your your personal story with us. And I think you know um, what we've talked about earlier. A number of us, all of us, have talked about fears, and so just yeah. being able to face our fears, and, and it's something that doesn't doesn't happen easily. Um, we are sitting here; we're all smiling, and we're 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 um, giving and pouring out, you know, just little tidbits related to our story, but it, it wasn't that it came without tears. It didn't, our, our, our faces were not uh, like this, you know, when we were, were going through that. And so that's something I just wanted to share with people is, you know, when we're being authentic and we're 
sitting here saying that this happened or that happened. And, you know, as, as Robin stated, related to her marriage and just uh, facing fears, it did not come with us looking like how we're looking right now. So um, if you have to go through whatever you, you're going through, you know, just for anyone that's listening or watching, go through it. Go through yeah. it because you can make it through it. We're living examples that you can make it through it. And I'm, I'm sorry to hear about your marriage, but I am happy to hear that you, you know, you're on this path of, uh, in this journey uh, of, yeah. of self-discovery uh, at, you said, 58? I'm 58 and a half now. I'm 55. Yeah. And, and then the youngster over here, Miss Linda, is... Uh, 56. I'm older than you, Crystal. <laughs> oh, you are. You are 56. Okay. Sorry. Okay, so we're all in this. As you see, my one gray hair right here. <laughs> I'm still waiting for mine to come in. Oh, there's one. <laughs> so, you know, at, at our age, you know, we've been through a couple of things. We've been through a couple of things. So uh, thank you very much for, for, for sharing that. And uh, Linda, do you have any comments on, on her opening? Yeah, I think, um, you know, showing up is important. And there might be, again, you know, people listening right now that are thinking, well, you know, I don't know how to do this, or I don't know how to do that, or I don't think I'm good enough, like you, you mentioned, worth and, and what have you. And, and Sam and Max are right there. They're playing right now. So that's the, the crows, crows that you hear in the background. The yeah. <laughs> so they're really liking what I'm talking about. But, you know, it's, it's, here's the thing is when we show up, um, one of the other persons earlier, you know, talked about how we, you know, when, we, when we ask for help, it's a sign of strength, right? So when we show up and we're like, I'm here, I don't know what I'm doing, what often happens is those who love to serve, those who love to help are going to come to help you because you're asking for help. And so it really is all about just showing up in, in those situations. Sometimes it's scary. It can be scary all the time. I don't know, but okay. you're showing up. And as long as you're showing up, you're doing something different. And I wrote this down. Because, you know, thank you, thank you for sharing about your breast cancer and, you know, and congratulations for, you know, surviving the breast cancer. Thank you. And no regrets. The week before my mom died, she told me, Linda, live your life with no regrets because she had so many regrets of things she didn't do. So what happened is when she told me that, I took that to heart and I started showing up. My whole life is completely different today, 100% different besides my family. Every single thing in my life is different from what it was six years ago when I started my journey. Now, can that be scary for somebody hearing that? Yeah, it can be. But you know what? My life is so much better. Absolutely. This is, this is the life I've chosen, consciously chosen. Mm -hmm. We choose our life as we go on a daily basis anyway. But what if you made a conscious decision about what your life is going to be? Oh, that's a, such a big thing, living consciously, not on automatic. And yeah. I, I think there's a great um, phrase that says, squeeze life rather than let life squeeze you. And that no, living with no regrets, that's one of my mantras, really, because there are so many women out there, and men too, but I, I, I meet a lot of women, especially as we're getting older, that are going to die with a song unsung within them. And part of my saying yes and working out how is asking myself, would I regret this in the future? And what would my future self, you know, thank me for? And I don't have to have it all worked out. I have some criteria about saying yes and working out how, and that's, does it align with my values? 
and some of my core drivers are adventure and connection. So if it's got adventure, if it's got some variety in it and it's to do with people and it's going to help me grow, I have learnt and it has been actually a choice to face my fears and not have to feel like, yes, I'm equipped, I've got it all together, that, yeah, I'm just going to take that one step. And I love the way you you shared about, you know, asking for help because what I've learned in my journey is that we have a lot of crud and a lot of crust over our inner core. And part of that, um, the crust that we have are the roles that we play. And one of my roles was a hero oh, I'm brave, I can do it all, I can have the perfect family, I'm, you know, I don't need help. And that has been one thing. And at times it is still a challenge to actually say, hang on a minute, I actually can ask for help. And that is really serving me so much more resourcefully as I'm taking this journey of developing my coaching business and, you know, learning new skills, social media marketing and internet marketing and putting my business hat on. And it's really, yeah, it is awesome what we can do when we, we make a choice, sorry, when we make a choice and we focus on where we want to go and we keep showing up, we say yes, we work out how along the way and we just take that one next step Mm. wow yeah and 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 i think there's so much that could be said about what you just said because there's there's so many great nuggets there um it's it's really about the choice and we've talked a lot about choices earlier today so the fact that you piggybacked on that and 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 mentioned that as well i think that's a, a recurring theme that we have uh, today, uh, and there's some other words that you have in your book here for your section is about uh, being able to live life with joy and purpose. Being able to live life with joy and purpose is part of how she ended her section. And so, um, any nuggets you can give us about joy and purpose? Because of, I mean, you've you've been through you've been through a lot. You've been through, okay. a lot. and still being able to come out to live life with joy and yeah. purpose. Well, the joy that I have is actually not dependent on my circumstances. And that is something that I've learned over many years is that I can still feel, it might, I might not be happy about something, but I can still feel the joy for even just the gift of life mm-hmm. and the fact that, you know, I have choices. I live in a country and I think that comes down to, you know, your gratitude too. But the joy of actually being where you are and the more I work on myself and learn how, learning to really love myself and having that relationship where I truly know now that I matter, that no matter where I am, no matter what the circumstances, that yeah, my joy, even despite some of the challenges I've had, I, I often have sort of thought to myself, is this weird that I feel joyful even though I'm going through something? And, yeah, it's backing yourself, isn't it? You know, and having that form of self-belief and giving yourself permission to live your dreams and live a life that you, what you're pursuing gives you joy and is ignites that passion within you and you know my purpose I don't think we have to have any you know academic purpose or some great you know 
thing that we're wanting to achieve, but to live our life coming from our core where we can shine our light and really make a difference to those that we meet along the way. That is simply my purpose, that to live congruently with who I am within, to shine my light, to help lift up other people. And yeah, and, and at the end of my life, like Linda said, have no regrets. Living your life with no regrets. I want yeah. to thank you so much for being here. You know, we're, our time is up with your segment, but and it's, it is really important. And I believe you know, like authenticity was something that I heard that word thrown around. I didn't really fully understand what it meant until I discovered who I was. And I realized that I had been living my life as somebody else because that was all I knew. So I had to discover who I am so that I could live authentically. And Crystal actually talked about you know, me being authentic. And the reason I'm authentic is because I know who I am now. It took me until I was 52 to know who I was. But from that moment forward, like I'm living my life as who I am um, unapologetically. I am who I am. Either you like me, you love me, or you hate me. It doesn't matter either way because I'm going to live as me either way. So it's, it's really awesome. Awesome, but congratulations on your journey at age 58 to be going through this self-discovery journey. Again, I mentioned earlier that you're never too young to, never too old to start. So, you know, if you're, if you're sitting there thinking, well, I'm too old, you know, you know, you can't teach an old dog new trick. That's a bunch of BS and stop yeah. listening to that because somebody else told you that and they were wrong. So I'm going to tell you that right now. So Robin, thank you so much for being here. Robin is in the book, One Habit for Women, Action Takers. You can find it at onehabit.com. That's the number one, habit.com. And she is chapter seven. So you guys go check out Robin, go get the book today. And you'll buy a couple books for your friends for Christmas gifts, for New Year's gifts, for the, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Valentine's gifts for Easter gifts. I don't know. Just buy the book. Bar mitzvah okay. gifts. Dog exactly. Gifts, gifts, whatever. Thank you, you, name it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Robin. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you, Robin. Good morning. Hello. How are you? Doing great. Doing great. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you. So thank you so much for having us on the program. I mean, Robin is an amazing act and great story. I mean, I'm learning so much just listening to the the sessions today. So thank you for sharing. Well, thank you for being on too. It's just so awesome to have you guys on, including, you know, what you put in the book, but to, to be up close and personal and to be able to get the behind the scenes of what you have in the book is, is just great. So uh, it's great to meet you and go ahead and just uh, give our audience just a little bit of background about yourself. Absolutely. So I like to tell people that I'm Brindian. So I'm obviously from Indian descent, but I grew up in London. So had a great upbringing because I got to travel around when I was young and it's been fantastic. I've been stateside about 30 years and love California. I heard another one of the listeners saying she was a native Californian. So yay, we're (laughs) transplants, but love it. Um, I've been fortunate to be the president and co-founder of a company called Sea Glass RQA. We basically help companies bring new medical devices to the global marketplace. So it's an amazing career that I've had with Johnson and Johnson and you know some other companies as well. Um, and uh, you know the opportunity of being part of this fabulous book has been great for me. So thank you for, again. <laughs> Well, I'm going to have to talk about the whole medical device portion a little bit later because I was in medical device. Uh, Currently, I'm doing some of that as well related to consulting all over the world with that and missions trips that we do when we take devices. So we're going to have to talk. You and I are going to have to talk. Go ahead, Linda. You had something you wanted to get up in there. 
Yeah, you know, I, I love your habit because, um, you know, I, I started my personal development journey five years ago. And during that journey, I incorporated your habit into my daily life because I realized that I wasn't happy being who I was. And so I had to find, like, figure out who do I want to be as me, of course, but who do I want to emulate? So I love your habits. Do you want to share with us you know, a little bit about your habit and how you uh, came up with it and started to incorporate it into your own life? Absolutely. So my habit is modeling the behavior we admire in others and then also modeling the behavior that you want to see in others. Uh, I've been fortunate. <laughs> I love it, Crystal. <laughs> <clears throat> so um, basically, I've had the fortune of having amazing leaders, including some phenomenal female leaders. And there are certain things you admire about different people. So it, it was never a case of I want to be you, but it was like it's amazing the way she communicates or it's amazing the way, you know, the, the presentation skills of another. And then just kind of saying, OK, by taking those on myself and practicing those doesn't mean that I'm actually diminishing who I am. It actually means that I'm, I'm improving myself. So that's one half of the equation. And then the other half is, again, modeling that behavior consistently. Uh, anytime I've kind of gone, I've, I've been with like seven different Johnson & Johnson companies, and every time you walk in as a new leader, you're walking into a group of people going, oh my gosh, I have no idea what my boss is going to be like. I don't know, you know what to expect. So if you show a consistency of behavior that you're not going to fly off the handle one day and the next day you're going to be happier than, you know, whatever. So I think just kind of having that helps build people, you know, helps people build trust in you. And I think it also helps you open your heart to learning the people that you're interacting with. So hopefully that kind of answers your question there. Yeah, this is great because I, I wrote down a note here. Um, uh, in the old days, you know, before I started my personal development journey, and I refer to this often, and the reason is because literally this was a, a springboard for me to change who I am, you know, starting a, a personal development journey and, and self-discovery. And so what I wrote down here is, um, is uh, talking about, uh, you know, modeling others. When you walk into a room or, or you see somebody give a presentation, like you said, you know, they gave, oh, they gave a really great presentation or I like the way this person does that, whatever that is. In the old days for me, I used to look at those things and be jealous of those people. Instead of saying, wow, look at them. I, you know, I want to, again, you know, edify. I love to edify people and, and congratulate them on such a great job that they're doing and, and what they're doing to change the world. But I wasn't always that way. I used to always be a jealous person. And so and when I think about your topic here, I, I think about how far I've come that I've turned that jealousy into a, how can I learn to be like that or to do something like they're doing as well? So uh, what's your take on that? Like, you know, me mentioning the je that jealousy word. Uh, you know, honestly, let's face it. If you're in Starbucks or if you're walking along and you see some fabulously well put together woman, you go like, there's got to be something wrong with her. There's no way, right? So I think it's, it's <laughs> I don't know if this is something we do as when we're young. And, and again, you know, I've joined the 50s club. So, you know, we're a lot more together. We have a lot more self-confidence. We're all that. One of my girlfriends used to say, you know what? You've got to rock what you've got. And I'm like, you know, once we recognize that and embrace that about ourselves, I think it's easier not to be jealous or envious and instead take on a mindset of being, you know, asking like learner questions. It's like, hey, can I spend two minutes with you? I just would love to understand how you do X. 
or even you know, again, the, the example that I used in my book was, you know, just giving compliments to people. And I do it genuinely. I don't just run around, you know, like confetti saying, Oh my God, you're amazing. But anytime somebody, something or someone strikes me, I'm like, I'm going to tell them be it male, female, child, whatever, you know? Um, so I think the jealousy thing is something that, again, if we're mindful of, we can change that. Um, I do have one other comment though, around that, the, you know, embodying different qualities from different people. It doesn't mean that you're no longer true to yourself. This is what I tell, you know, my, my teams. Basically, it's like each one of us is like a, a jewel. Pick your favorite, you know, a diamond or a topaz or whatever it is. And just because you're shining a light on a certain facet, so when you're in a leadership position, you're showing a certain part of you. You're not slothing out or whatever it is, but that doesn't make you any less yourself because that is one part of you. So as you embody some of these habits, it's adding to who you are and adding to the multifaceted you and the brilliant you, I like to say. <laughs> right, right. And, and I talked about um, a portion of this earlier in the show. I talked about, you know, bits and pieces of ourselves, because when you when you see people, sometimes it's because you want to emulate something. But sometimes you see it and you say, OK, that's something that I may not want to add to my personality. So all of that is the learning process that you go through in making up what it is that you're um, trying to discover about yourself. You take the, the good parts, the not so good parts, or, you know, the things that are positive or maybe not so positive, and, and you emulate or you decide, I saw that trait in myself, and I don't want to do that any longer. So there's ways that you can, can have that part of the discovery as well. I, I really like that. Oh, you are absolutely right, because think about like, you know, we talk about the spectacular people, the people that, you know, energize us and give us power. Think about also the people who just drain the heck out of your lives. Like I've had bosses that I was like, if I ever become a leader of any human beings or any teams anywhere, I will never do this. So I think it's also be, being able to recognize what you want to be and who you want to be as a you know, human being, as a leader, as a parent, whatever, but also what you don't want. And then making an active effort to not do that. Mm -hmm. I and think I like that's so good. And are, are, are meshing together. Um, as the show progresses, you know, Lynn and I, we have, we're, we're giving different comments of, related to things maybe that we've mentioned earlier, because all of the women are so synergized in this book. It's ridiculous. You know, how the, the universe, how God, you know, it just brought us all together with the same message, but in slightly different ways. So uh, I really, really appreciate your, your habit. I really do. Great. Thank you. Yeah, I wanted to share uh, just quickly, you know, for the, for those who are listening or watching, you know, um, as I've been discovering who I am and stuff, I, I realized that I spent so many years of my life, decades of my life, beating myself up, you know, saying, I'm not good at this, I'm not good at that, um, I suck at this, look at that person so much, you know, comparing myself to other people, right? And um, there was an exercise that we did where uh, people in the room tell you what they see in you. And when, they, when we did this exercise, I was crying because people saw good in me, but I didn't see any good in me. All I, all I recognized was bad in me, really, honestly. That's all I recognized. And so I came up with a saying to see yourself through the eyes of others, for others see the real you. Because when people look at us, when I walk into a room, I show up as something, right? What am I showing up as? I'm showing up as whatever they're seeing. So if I can then incorporate what they're saying about me and believe that in myself, then I can actually live as that person consciously aware, you know, aware of who I am, who I'm being. And I can say, today I'm going to walk in as who I really am. 
not who I'm beating myself up over. Yeah. Wow, that's really powerful, Linda. Really I, want, I want to share it because that's what I got out of your chapter. You know, that's what's so important to me is because that jealousy piece, that um, comparison piece, that beating ourselves up piece, that, that's what I really get from your chapter. That's what I heard, right? So we all, we're all going to hear something different about in the chapter because we're going to hear whatever we need to hear at that moment in our life. And that's what I needed to hear at this moment in my life. So I just wanted to share that really quickly. But thank you so much. It's a powerful chapter. Thank you. Thank you very so, much. Is there something that you can help us with related to a person who may be struggling in this area? Just something for that person, the one person, maybe more, but I feel like there's just one person that you need to say something to that, that's struggling in this area. What, what can you give them? I think Linda touched on it, and that is ask people that you trust. Now, that there's a really important distinction there, right? Because everybody has an opinion about us, be it positive, negative, or otherwise, and that's based on their own agendas. So I tell people, identify maybe two at the most three people who genuinely care about you and have your best interest at heart without wanting something in return and ask their opinion. Um, so when I was putting together my bio, right, it's easy to write about our professional stuff, but who am I? Like, do I, you know, make a positive impact in any way? So I actually asked two people and I said, hey, what do you see in me? And they were like, oh my God, you're so confident. You're this, you're that. And I was like, I am exactly to your point, right? And so that one piece would be anytime you're having any self-doubt or anything that you're just like, I'm not good enough, smart enough, pretty enough, pick one, right? Just talk to one or two of those people and kind of go, hey, where do you think I am right now? I'm just not feeling 100%. So tell me a little bit about how you see me. And that is going to unfurl so much confidence in yourself. Not everybody has to be an extrovert to feel confident. That's the other thing, right? Because a lot of times I have people saying, oh, you have such high energy. I would like to be like you. And I said, well, that's difficult because you're a shy, retiring person. But let's help you become the best you. And that doesn't mean you have to be like me, right? So does, does that kind of get to it a little bit, Crystal? It does. It does. And um, I just really uh, felt that we needed to have where we just heard from you a little bit more specifically on that, because this is an area where, um, you know, as we talked earlier, there's so many people that compare themselves. And so if we get out of that and just only use it to be the best person that we can be, I think, you know, we'll all be in a better place. We all will. Absolutely. And, and earlier, I didn't want to pronounce your name wrong, so can you just pronounce it for us and, and, and any last comment uh, as we end this segment? Oh, sure. So my name is Neelu. Uh, I married a Gibson because, you know, I couldn't find a Smith. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, last comments, uh, I am blessed to be part of this group and, you know, absolutely available to have conversations with people if they want to just touch on anything that's, you know, within my section of the book, obviously, and recognize that we have phenomenal people in the book. So go ahead and buy these and give them out. <laughs> that's right. And thank you so much, Neelu, for being here. And I think that, again, this is just a very important topic for all of us. You know, this, again, it's not just about women. It just happens to be this book happens to have women in it, right? But all of these habits that we're mentioning throughout this whole session here are habits that we can all incorporate into our daily lives. And it is really important for us to like know who we are so that we can be that person when we show up. Now, if somebody says to you, oh, I love your smile, don't say, well, but it's kind of crooked 
or but, but, but. Don't do that because what, you, what you're doing when you say a but when somebody gives you a compliment is you're telling them that their compliment doesn't matter. Their opinion of you doesn't matter. Their, what they see in you doesn't matter. So they, you're, you're like taking away from them. So allow them to compliment you and then incorporate it into your being and, and realize that it's true. It is really true. You are amazing. Everybody's amazing. Absolutely. And it's the power of just saying thank you, right? Like, yeah. Like, oh, that's a great shirt. I found it on sale, right? Or just something. We always kind of uh, right. diminish your point. So I love that comment, Glinda. That was just perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much for being part of the One Habit for Women Action Takers book. And Nilu is chapter 18. So get the book, go check out her chapter, connect with her. And you can go to onehabit.com. That's the number one habit.com. If you're interested in being an author in one of the other books, check out the list of different books that are coming up. This is a one habit movement where one habit will change your life. So we're looking forward to seeing what you guys come up with, you know, the listeners to see what habits you start to incorporate into your life. Don't try to incorporate them all at one time because that'll just stress you out. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, Nilu. Bye-bye. Awesome. Boy, this has been amazing, Crystal. Oh, my goodness. Next one, as we're waiting for her to come on, I just want to talk about frequency and intention. So we have another chart here. Okay. Habits. And uh, the more your intention goes up and the more your, your frequency goes up, then you can build better habits. So the word intention is huge. Intention is huge. So we need to make sure that we um, are doing whatever we need to do with the frequency in which we need to do it in order to build these habits. And like Linda said, we don't want to have where we're trying to um, implement all of them at once because that just won't work. So you do want to have where you methodically go through it to read the book for the purpose of reading, but then also look at what is it that you might want to implement. So. And, you know, even on that, let's, like, I'm going to use the example of uh, earlier we had Jessica on, Jessica Denumbrum, and hers was to uh, look at her schedule regularly, right? So even that one habit there, um, maybe you're like, well, I don't have the calendar yet, so I can't start the habit yet, which is true in a way, but you can still start taking notes. So maybe, maybe you start. Just incorporate one small thing, you know, like I mentioned earlier, you know, just small habits. So maybe your habit is like, I'm going to start doing my entire calendar, but you're going to do something. For one week, I'm going to track my calendar. You know, so there's, there are habits that you can incorporate in all of these habits that are baby steps, like we talked about earlier, baby steps, right, crystals to get us going. So, um, but it's just really a matter of making a decision. Because when we make decision is when we can change our lives. But then we have to act on that decision. So you make a decision and then you act on that decision. And then you have to be consistent. And that was what your chart was showing there, right? Is that consistency. Like constantly doing the things that you say you're going to do. You know, maybe, maybe your habit is that I'm going to show up on time from now on. Maybe you're a person who's late all the time. And then like people are, are say, oh yeah, she'll be late because she's always late. Right. So like maybe you don't like when people are saying that about you, but it's true. You can change that habit by going, leaving earlier so that you show up on time, you know, or maybe you want to show up early. So these are just habits that you can create, incorporate into your life. So, so we've got Jennifer. Jennifer, are you there? Yes, I am. Hello. Hi, Jennifer. Hi. How are you? 
We're doing great, doing great. We're having a really great show. It's so great that you're able to be on with us as well. There's your face. There she is. There I am. You know what? I'm I'm fortunately I'm an extrovert, so this stuff just fuels me and it and it pumps me up. It makes me feel better. And I, I was thinking like, shoot, if I were an introvert, I don't know if I'd be able to hang on here for six hours, but <laughs> I'm in. I'm in for the long haul. You gotta do it with me. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, I'm a bit of both, so there you go. I'm okay, a, cool. I used to think I was an extrovert introvert, but now I don't know. I mean, I, I might actually be an introvert extrovert, so <laughs> it depends. Well, well, we're just glad you're here. You showed up, so <laughs> thank you so much. Battle, so. Um, <laughs> all right, so Jennifer, Jennifer, empowerment. Yes. Uh, well, thanks for having me here today. So. Uh, I, I really appreciate it. As you, you probably know, but your audience may not know, is I'm uh, the founder and CMO of uh, Brand Builder Rethink, um, as well as Branding Agency, which basically helps entrepreneurs build and break through with their businesses uh, from both a consultancy, marketing, and consulting advertising, as well as training uh, perspective to help them understand the business of marketing mastery. So I, I deal with entrepreneurs and coaches. So, those are um, to deal with. So, <laughs> yeah, we all need help. <laughs> it's like what, everybody what needs help. Exactly. <laughs> it doesn't matter who you are. Speaking of, help, speaking of help, let's speak about your your habit. And now, before we actually talk about your habit, uh, can you tell Max to be quiet, Linda? Oh, there we go. <laughs> So Linda has Max and Sam. They're two crows that are by where she is. And so every now and then they have comments about the habit, uh, one habit um, journey as well. So they're on mute right now. But before we talk about your specific one, what, what is your thought about being in this book? Like, is this something that you had thought about or you know, Steve, or how did you become a part of this book? Well, I, I heard about it from Steve and Linda, and I, I just felt very passionate about hopping on board. And, you know, it's so important um, in the space, in particular, dealing in the world of entrepreneurship. You have to have the right habits, and you have to have know what the unhabits are so you can stop doing things, right? So you need both. I mean, it's really the, the key to success. And, and to be part of a group that's women action takers, I, I was like, I have to absolutely be part of this book because I am passionate about the having those right habits. I call it to build your branding for breakthrough. Um, I think their positive habits are needed in your personal growth as well as to have a healthy business. So I, I just felt very passionate about quickly getting on board in any way I could. And I'm so happy to be a part of this journey with everybody. And it's such an honor and it's such an amazing book. And uh, wow, you know, I wish this was, you know, four years ago when I started uh, my journey of uh, the heavy personal growth of entrepreneurship, I, I wish it was around, you know, that many years ago. And uh, so I, I just want to share it with anyone who, you know, wants to really look at bettering their lives and unlocking that joy for themselves. Well, we appreciate you being a part of this uh, day in history. Uh, yes. National One Habit Day for Women Action Takers. And it's our inaugural show today. So we're really happy to be on and speaking with everyone. And what you have to say related to your habit, I think 
uh, as we've been saying all day, all of these habits are phenomenal. We don't want people to be on habit overload, trying to just do <laughs> everything at once and like get the habit shakes. But uh, go ahead and tell us about your, your, your habit. Well, the, the habit I chose to speak about in this book is, is really particular to, you know, be in alignment, do an alignment check-in. Um, I say, you know, do it weekly, if not, if you can do it daily. And, and why I felt that was so uh, important is I really feel as an entrepreneur, um, being aligned uh, within what I call what your ask is, um, is so critically important to unlocking success. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think... Um, a lot of times you, when you're listening in of, you know, what's that growth journey, people just say, well, meditate a lot and, and pray on it and it'll happen. And the thing is, um, you have to understand and get clarity on what you're asking. So you need to have clarity on what your ask is in order to receive your ask. And that becomes a little bit, uh, there's a lot of components I feel uh, that are part and parcel of that, right? So you have to have clarity on your why you know, why are you asking for this? Um, When you're trying to align with yourself, what is it that your ask is? And, you know, I think a part of that really comes in looking what I call, uh, we call soul fit leadership, which is one of the keystones of soul fit leadership that we talk about in one of our programs um, is really about having the alignment with self. Like, are you aligned and congruent with those actions? Because here's the thing, a lot of times people want to have that success and, you know, really unlock their businesses, but they're, they're not aligned, their actions, thoughts and beliefs and, and all these things are not aligned with what their ask is. So you have to get fully aligned with yourself and then see whether or not you're being congruent or incongruent with those actions, with your thoughts, your beliefs, your feelings, everything has to be aligned. So I personally feel uh, this is one of the big unlocks that you know I realized that is so important in uh, finding your success and you know, really understanding your why, which is why we covered off, uh, you know, understanding and covering your, your purpose and your why and your business. We covered off in our Entrepreneur's Mastery Bootcamp in our Pro Series Sales Igniter program. It's so important to really first understand what that ask is, understand your why, your purpose, and then really make sure you're aligned with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I wanted to... Oh, that um, when we talk about alignment, because all of these habits that we have, okay, there's no way, we continue to say, there's no way you're going to be able to implement all of them at once. So picking the two or three that you can align based on what your ask is, yeah. based on what your why is in life, exactly. two or three at a time and then yeah. have them aligned and try to implement those and yeah. see what's going on. Are they aligned or not? Or do we need to pick some other ones and then go on from there? So yeah. this, is, this is huge. This is yeah. huge. And the thing is, my why is different from your why, because we have we are different parts of our journey of life, right? And what we want to unlock for ourselves and our purposes and purposes in life is totally different. So, you know, you're exactly correct that you need to look at what those core asks are, what is that core why and purpose so that you can understand what habits make sense for that to really make that come to fruition for yourself as well. I love that. And I, I believe that so wholeheartedly, you know, it took me about three years to discover my why. And that was actually really sitting down and looking at it and, and whittling away at the things that weren't because um, I, I thought I knew what it was. And then I learned something new. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, mm-hmm. oh, 
And then I learned something new. And so as I kept on growing and evolving and, and learning more about myself is like how I came to the place where I was able to discover my why. And it did take a lot of, a lot of work. You know, it's not mm-hmm. something that just comes to most people, I don't think. I think it's something that we do need to actually spend time to look at it and, and really whittle down on it. And um, it, it took a while. I mean, three years maybe isn't a long time for some people, but for some people it's a long time. For me, it mm-hmm. seemed like an eternity while I was living it, you know. Well, and, and when, you're in the, when you're an entrepreneur, it's very hard to live that for several years, right? Because that's costing you a lot of money in the meantime. So the, the, the quicker you can dial into something, the more you're actually going to save in the long run because it's, you know, otherwise you waste a lot of time. You end up going on a lot of different paths that really aren't serving your purpose and purposes in life. And it's not unlocking your joy in your life either, which is what you don't want. If you're going to become an entrepreneur and, and follow that, that journey, you really want it to be because it, you know, unlocks your joy and serves your purposes in life. So you know, and whether wanted- or not it be a traditional business or, you know, whether or not it be a retail business, you know, you're selling your clothing line or whether it be, co- you know, your coaching, it, it doesn't matter. It, it, it all comes down to the same thing as and it's really unlocking your joy and your purposes in life and your journey. And I wanted to touch on something really quick that you said, because you mentioned about clarity, because that's one thing it, um, it took me a while to come to clarity and what I do and who I serve and how I best serve them and what my why is like, you know, just like honing in on that clarity. And so one, one of the reasons, one of the ways I like to explain why it's important for you to be clear, especially clear on who your audience is, like who do you want to attract to you, is as an example, um, let's say I said to my husband, hey, hey, husband, oh, Scott, his, hey, Scott, will you go to the grocery store and get me, you know, some ice cream? Mm-hmm. That's very vague. So he's like, well, what kind of ice cream? Oh, well, I like mint chocolate chip. And he goes in there and he's at this, he's like, oh my gosh, there's a Ben and Jerry's brand. There's a Dryer's brand. Like there's all these different brands. Which one is her favorite one? So if I haven't gotten clear to what I'm going to send him to the store to get, he's going to, oh, she probably will like this one. So Mm -hmm. he comes home and I'm like, that's not the one I wanted. Right. Right. So this happens with our clients. If we're not clear on our message that we're delivering out there, if we're not clear on the message to people, then how can we are expecting them to bring us what we want? I think exactly. it happens all the time in, in marriages. <laughs> you know, like we were talking about communication earlier in marriages. Like if we're not clear to what we're saying to our spouse, how can we expect them to, to get to us what we're expecting, you know? So yeah. I think that's what your like, the clarity piece is so extremely vitally important when we're in communication with people. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, that is one of the reasons why I created uh, Founded Brand Inc. years ago was because, you know, um, just like every person has a story, every brand has a story. It's about your essence and your why and bringing that to life and, and just how, you know, people become so passionate about their story and so passionate about the brands that they advocate for that they might even ink their body with, you know, even the brand that a brand advocacy. So as much as you, you know, it's really, you can, if you unlock that purpose and purpose on your why and really get passionate about what it is that you're building for yourself and for your own personal journey that I call branding. So it's really having that successful branding story. So. Well, we appreciate all of the insight that you've given us today. And uh, I really like your, your chapter. I am going to go and read it in detail because I think it's something that, that's so, so needed. So we appreciate it. And I hope you have an awesome, awesome holiday. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, I am uh, 
very happy to be part of this and everyone should run out and grab their book if they don't have it yet. <laughs> yeah, so we want to thank you, know, Jennifer, for being um, in the One Habit for Women Action Takers book. You can go buy the book at onehabit.com. That's the number one habit.com. And she is chapter 12. So go read her chapter and, of course, read all the other chapters too. And while you're reading the book, you know, look at the chapters to see what's one habit, just one habit that I should incorporate into my life now so I can change my life. Then once you get that one into the habit, as Crystal shared with us earlier, it takes about, on average, 66 days to incorporate a habit in your life. Break the book back out and find another habit and then create another habit. So yeah, 66 days on average to create a habit. Jennifer, thank you so much for being part of the One Habit for Women Action Takers book and for being part of this movement of helping people create, you know, adapting, adopting one new habit into their lives. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. 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 All right. Good morning. Hi. How are you? Doing awesome. Doing awesome. How do you pronounce your name? It's Chelly, like a cello. Chelly. Oh, how cute. That's yeah. so pretty. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh, I, I wouldn't have missed it. I'm excited. You know, I love your habit, and um, you know, I love all the habits, but you know, there are some habits that really, really resonate with me more than others, right? And, and your habit, I think, is really good because you know, in 2015, I faced a fear every single day. So talk about being coming uncomfortable every day for a year, right? So I'm, I'm excited to hear your, your take on you know, becoming uncomfortable because when we become uncomfortable often enough, it becomes our comfort zone. And it's no longer uncomfortable. So I'm excited to hear what you're going to share with us today. Welcome to the show, Chelly. I wasn't sure if it was Shelly or Chelly. So yeah, I just wanted to make sure that I got it right. So yeah. go ahead and just introduce yourself to our audience. Just give some information about yourself before we get into your habit. Uh, well, I work in PR and marketing in my day job I'm, I'm for a utility. And I'm also an author and a speaker and a personal branding coach on the side. So I try and stay pretty busy. Um, I've worked with sorority women for over 14 years, um, helping develop their leadership skills and that kind of thing. And that's one of the reasons that this book just really appealed to me. And I was tickled um, to be invited to be a part of it because I think it's so important that we share what we learn along our journey and, and kind of put it out there so that others have that as a reference and they don't have to necessarily start from scratch. So this has been really exciting for me. Thanks for jumping on board because this was a very fast moving project. You know, I spoke with Steve one day and then like, I think four days later, we held a webinar and we had, you know, women jumped in and then it's like two or three weeks later, we had a book. And so, you know, thank you for being part of that. And that's what, you know, taking action is all about. You know, the women action takers, it is about making a decision, taking an action and making it happen. So, you know, thank you again for being part of this book. And you want to share with us, you know, your habit and a little bit about it, like how you came to how you how this habit came to you so the habit really started um it you know to give you a little bit of background I, i'm 48 and i changed careers about three years ago and so you know um when you're starting to make those kind of changes later in life you know you have all these doubts and fears that come through um, you know, I'm crazy to be thinking about this. You know, you thought, you know, I've got a mortgage, I've got this, I've got that. And, you know, if you really stop, that fear can really keep you from moving forward and growing and doing some of the things that, you know, 
once you make that move, it opens up so many more doors of opportunity and that kind of thing. So the habit of being uncomfortable is I tell people that I think it's a really good thing when your dream scares you just a little bit, you know, but a lot of times we'll set goals or, or we'll have these ideas and these visions and we keep them just close enough that we're like, Oh, I'm going to achieve that no matter what, you know, I'm like, I can do that. It might take a little bit of effort, but, but I know I'll get there. So in my mind, um, I, I encourage people to go just a little bit farther, put that dream, put that goal out there that makes you just a little bit uncomfortable where you may or may not actually get it. But once you start taking those steps on that journey, the more you move closer to it, you're growing as a person and you're growing on that path to success and everything else. So whether or not you actually make that ultimate goal that year, you're still so much farther along than where you were when you started that journey. And so to me, it's all about having that big belief. You know, um, I like to tell people there's a time in my life where, um, well, if you know me, athletic is not the word that you would use to describe me. Um, but I had a group of friends that we, we worked out together. We walked together. We did some 5Ks together. And someone in our group had this big, bright idea that, oh, we should do a half marathon. And, oh, I'd never done more than, than the 5K. And I never ran one start to finish, you know. So it was like there was a lot of walking involved and in getting, you know, whatever. Well, I let them talk me into it. And um, the stress over whether I would finish that and finish it in time, because if I was going to finish it and I was going to do it, my goodness, I was going to come home with that medal so I could hang it up on my thing and prove to everybody that I had actually done it. Um, but I tell everybody that journey, that um, – that, that put me in that spot to be very uncomfortable doing something that I wasn't totally comfortable with. Um, I won't, I'll never forget the day that we were doing the training for that. And it was the seven mile mark. Um, and there was something about that day. I'm like, that's half of it. That's half of the half marathon. And somehow or another, I had worked myself into, you know, this, this thing is like, Oh, I can't do that. I'll never make it. Um, you know, I had my group of friends that kept running back to check on me, which made it almost that much worse because it's like, okay, I know they're, they're, they could have been finished by now, but they're coming back to check on me and that kind of thing. Well, somehow making it to the end of that half, and I was still talking and I was still breathing and I was still, you know, a functioning human being at that point in time, something clicked in my head that, hey, you are strong enough and you are fast enough to get this done. And so that kind of became my mantra for the, for the rest of that whole thing. I wrote it on my mirror. I had it posted on my refrigerator. I had it on a sticky note on my com- computer so that everywhere I saw it was strong enough and fast enough. And so, you know, sooner or later, if you see it and you say it enough, you develop that big belief in yourself. And that'll push you towards getting to that, that, that finish line. And so having that big dream and that big belief that's a little bit uncomfortable when you, when you actually do achieve it and you realize that, hey, that impossible that I saw is not really impossible, and you grasp the fact that it is possible, it just opens up the world of opportunity to you. It really does. And uh, yours goes along with mine, which, um, which is my unhabit related to uh, complacency. And um, being uncomfortable and being where we just stay complacent it goes hand in hand, right? Because people want to be comfortable. You want to be warm and fuzzy. You know, Linda has on her gloves so that her hands won't be uncomfortable while she's, while she's outside right now. And uh, in, in life, sometimes uh, it, it's hard to go past that comfort zone. 
it's just hard to go past it. And so having your habit there to give us some insight on, on that, I think it's something that's really key because a lot of people get stuck in that and they don't realize their dreams because of wanting to be comfortable. Like if I wanted to continue to be comfortable and uh, be where I know that I'll have an exact income coming in as opposed to being a consultant and, and contractor and doing all the things that I do where you have to make things happen in order to have those checks coming in, then I wouldn't be where, where I am today. You know, and being able to, to say that I've done all of these different things all over the world. And so sometimes you have to be uncomfortable. So I really, really appreciate that. Really appreciate it. Yeah, I said, you know, a lot of times it's that fear of unknown, you know, fear is really, you know, the stopper of all things, whether it's, you know, fear of something bad happening or fear of just not knowing what tomorrow is going to hold or, you know, whatever you couch it as, it's really just fear. And when you realize that, you know, these roadblocks and stuff that come along aren't necessarily a roadblock, sometimes it's just a change in path. And that's okay. It doesn't have to be a stop sign. Sometimes you can go left, sometimes you can go right. You know, and if you start looking at it as more as, oh, well, this is a different opportunity that's in front of me. I'm going to see what's down the right side of the path versus the left side of the path right now. And you quit looking at it as obstacles and start looking at it as, well, maybe there's more opportunity this way. Then, I, you know, I really think that's what kind of forces us to go on and, and start to begin to realize some of those opportunities that come into our lives. Yeah, and I think Steve Sambliss and this One Habit movement is is – an excellent example of, of that because we'll be talking to him a little bit later, but this was not where he woke up, you know, as a child, one day I'm going to create a one habit movement. It wasn't like that at all. And when you hear the, the backstory, um, some people may find it uh, a little bit um, funny because this was not something that was just a, a key dream of his. And so um, doing something where it's out of your comfort zone, it's not something that you planned on doing and, and it's, uh, where we sometimes just get where we go on our day-to-day -day life, just waking up every day, doing what we normally do, and going to bed. Waking up every day, do what we normally do, and go to bed. Well, is that what life is supposed to be about? I say no. I say no. And so are there any tips that you would like to give us? Um, I always talk about like the flip side for a person who um, is maybe struggling with this being something that they do? Is there a, a tip that you can give them? Maybe it's in the book, maybe it's not. Any tips? You know, I, I, I kind of think if you just embrace the title of this book, that one habit that you were talking about, if you wake up tomorrow and you make that decision that I'm going to do one thing today that puts me a little bit closer to what that big dream is that you have, it doesn't have to get you over the finish line. It doesn't even have to get you you know, we call them baby steps for a reason. You know, if you'll take that one step forward, you know, I think that in itself gives you the courage to wake up again on this day two and take another step and then day three, another step and so on and so on and so on until you get there. You know, that's my, that would probably be my biggest tip for people is you don't have to do it all at one time. You know, if you'll break it down into many pieces and if you'll just make that one one decision tomorrow or today or whatever day it is that, you know, you wake up and go, okay, I'm going to do this. Whatever that one decision is that puts you a little bit closer to it, you're moving past that, that uncomfortable, that fear, that, that block. And when you do it over and over again, it doesn't, it's not as scary as it was the day before. And it's easier 
to wake up and go, I'm going to challenge myself just a little bit more than I did the day before, and that'll put you there. Yeah, I wanted to touch really, really quick on this because this is, you know, since I face to fear every day, I have a lot of experience with this. And something I realized during this process, uh, there, there are sayings, um, fear equals face everything and run or uh, false evidence appearing real. Well, what I realized for me is that it's, there was, first of all, there was no evidence of anything and it wasn't fake because to me, it was as real as real could be. My fear was real, right? So it wasn't appearing real, it was real. But I recognized that, shoot, if I have faith in what I'm doing, if I have faith in what I'm doing, it's going to erase my anxious reactions because fear is just anxiety, right? It's a, it's a form of anxiety. It's, the, it's um, what's going on in, physiologically, what's going on inside of our body. So fear is, I came up with the acronym, faith erases anxious reactions. So if I was having a fearful moment, I would check in with myself and I would say, how much faith do I have in what, who I am? How much faith do I have in what I'm doing? How much faith do I have in the result that I'm going to get? And when I would check in with my faith, it, my fear subsided. Faith and fear do not exist together. So when we're having fear, it's because our faith isn't strong enough. So I ask myself to flip that around and see how can I check in with my faith, have the faith that I need so that I can move forward beyond this blockage that's causing me to stay in my comfort zone, right? Because we're, we're talking about stepping out of your comfort zone and, or enlarging the size of your comfort zone. I love to enlarge the size of my comfort zone because now it's so much bigger. I can't even wrap my arms around it anymore, you know? <laughs> so. I love that. Faith and fear can't exist at the same time. I said that, that's can't. a moment. You need to tweet that out right now. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> if I were a tweeter, tweeter, I would. <laughs> so, Chelly, I love how, how to pronounce your name. I'm just going to be walking around just saying your name all the time now. It's, it's really a beautiful name. We really appreciate you being on and giving us this one habit and all of the background insight. And Linda and I, with this six hours, I don't know how many hours it's going to take us, but we're going to be listening to this show over and over because there's so many great nuggets, and, and you had some as well. So thank you so much. We hope you have a great rest of your day. And everyone, um, look at her chapter. What chapter is that? She's 29. Chapter 29. Here. <laughs> Everybody, hold up your book. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, so thank you so much for being you know, part of the One Habit movement, which, you know, the One Habit for Women Action Takers, this particular book, you know, Chelly is in this book. She is chapter 29. Go buy the book at onehabit.com. That's the number one habit.com. There are other books out there that will be, um, actually other books that will be coming up. Steve Sambliss, who is the creator of the One Habit Movement, will be on the show a little bit later in about an hour or so. He'll be showing up. Excited to have him to talk about his vision, how this all came about. You know, he stepped out of his comfort zone like Shelly was talking about. He stepped out of his comfort zone to create this this movement that it was on his heart, on his mind, and he moved with it. And so now people are joining it. So thank you so much, Chelly, for being part of this book and being part of this movement and changing people's lives by helping them to incorporate one new habit into their life on a daily basis. Thank you all so much. I appreciate it. Okay. You have a great day. Thank you. Thanks. Y'all too. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Next, we have Evangeline. Are you on? I'm here. Can you hear me? I can hear you. How are you? Good morning. Wait, no, wait. Good afternoon, Linda. We're, we're on the second half. Oh, my gosh. Well, it's not 12 o'clock here yet. So. Oh, it's not? Well, it <laughs> is for me. <laughs> so we're almost there. We're almost there. <laughs> 
Are we going to be able to see your, your pretty face there, Evangeline? Uh, let's see. There you are. She is. Awesome. Hello, hello. Hi. How are you? Hi. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> glad to have you as well with your pretty um, Christmas colors on. Your yes. <laughs> yeah, I thought I'd honor the season. <laughs> and loving your habit. I can't wait till we get into it. So, Crystal, you want to have her to start the show off, Crystal? Yeah, go ahead, um, Evie. Uh, go ahead and just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Now, she has been on before. She has a few amazing books and an amazing movement herself. So, go ahead and tell our audience about yourself. All right. Well, thanks. I, I just want to say thank you again for the opportunity, Crystal. I think this is a great idea for those of us that are authors in this book. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I am a coach as well as an author, and I love coaching people to help them live a victorious life, to be the champion that God created them to be. And I am also coaching women who are struggling with infertility and helping them to uh, address the, the spiritual aspect of infertility. Um, I've written books to give those women hope, as well as um, a book about living to win. And that's actually the title of the book, Live to Win. So again, thank you, Crystal, for letting me share. Oh, you are so, so welcome. And it's something that should be shared. That's something that so many women deal with. And um, sometimes it's where people suppress that, meaning um, people who have those issues are not out in the forefront getting information or being able to share uh, all of what they're going through emotionally on their jobs and their relationships, how it affects our lives uh, as a whole. And so the fact that you have this movement as well related to a seat of hope, I, I think it's, it's spectacular. It really is. It really is. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And I think okay. it's like what you said, Crystal, there too, because there's, um, you know, there's things in our lives that we, you know, when we're growing up, for example, we're like, oh, I'm going to marry and I'm going to have kids and I'm going to have the house with the white picket fence. And, you know, those, those things that we, uh, a lot of us want and desire because, because society makes us think that that's what is success as an example. And then when something like this comes along where, you know, I, I can't imagine, you know, I have two kids, you know, they're full grown, I have four grandkids and, and, you know, having not being able to have that if it's especially if it's something that you really, really want and desire. So your work that you're doing to help them uh, is it's such important work. And so thank you so much for what you do to help those who don't who, who don't know what to do with that, you know. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And it definitely is one of those situations where people don't talk about it. It's, it's something that I dealt with personally and overcame it. I was blessed to be able to give birth to three children. And uh, so I really feel that, that prompting um, to help women to see how they can overcome that. And you're right, it, it is just so important. Okay, so let's get into your habit. Let's get into yeah. it. And um, I like how you have pit stop. 
Yes. So yes. PIT, PIT, and uh, explain that to us. So pit stop is power infusion time. And that is just, <laughs> yeah, that is just stopping in the middle of your day to take 60 seconds to infuse some power within you. Um, so as a Christian, I use that time to pray. Um, just 60 seconds can make such a huge difference in how I am dealing with things that are going on in life and in my business. And uh, I just find it to be a, re a time of refreshing. And we all need that, right? Whether it's 60 seconds, 30 seconds, 15 seconds. Some people call it a power nap or it's just a time just to get your eyes off of the computer and um, get up and, and get rejuvenated. And so that power infused time, is that what it's called? Power infusion time. <laughs> Excuse me. Power infusion time. Okay. Power infusion time. Uh, and, and there's there's books out. Is it the sixty second manager or three? There's like all these different things that talk about how much you can get done in such a short period of time. And so what uh, Evangeline is talking about here is related to ourselves because all of those other books are talking about what you can do with other people. And this infusion is something that we need to do for ourselves. So give us a few examples of how you've had other people use this this pit stop. Yeah, um, I actually have a, a, a coaching client right now, not a fertility client, but um, just a general uh, life coaching client who is using this. And he was just telling me yesterday how it is making such a difference in how his day goes. He stops during his lunchtime, just takes a few deep breaths, and has some quiet time to think about um, a quote or a scripture that he had read that morning. And he was saying how it just makes such a difference in how he spends the rest of his day. Mm -hmm. So I know that it really does um, give some, like you were saying, you know, re refreshing. And one of the things that I know that other people have told me is that by doing this, the fact that it's only 60 seconds, it feels so easy and so doable. So they do it more than once a day. <laughs> and, you know, you can do it when you're grocery shopping and it's not something where you have to close your eyes so you can do it while you're driving. Um, you can do it at work. So it's, some, it's, it's really something powerful that can help people. It's a habit that really can make a difference. Yeah, and that's what we're talking about, right? You know, habits are things, uh, these particular habits are ones to help ourselves. It's not necessarily to help, uh, it can be where it goes beyond ourselves, you know, to help our finances and our relationships and uh, our, our jobs and, and things of that nature. But this is specifically related to ourselves. So power infusion time. And uh, I did that the other day. I was in the airport and I had so many thoughts going through my mind of all these different things related to the meeting I had just gotten out of. And I said, you know what? Stop. Let's not think about that. I found my earphones, I put them on, 
I'm standing there waiting for my group number to be called. And I just had some power infusion time for myself. And, you know, I was listening to the music. My little neck was going and my body movements. Yes. I was practicing some of my dance moves because I do choreography for, um, for events. And so I was going through some of the moves and I was just in my own little world. And I know that people were looking at me. I didn't care. This was my time, <laughs> my power infusion time in front of other people, but it was, it, was, it was awesome. When I got on the plane, I just felt so much better because my, my mind was racing. And I needed yes. to stop that and just take my time. And it was yes. several songs worth, so it was more than just the 60 seconds. <laughs> I felt great. I felt great. And so I didn't know that I was doing a pit stop. So thank you, Evangeline, for giving us the, the, the pit stop analogy because it, it works. It really does work. Yeah, and it this analogy really does carry over from what we would typically think about when someone says a pit stop, where the race car driver is in a very long race, right. and they have to pull over and get their car checked, they have to get some water, and, you know, keep doing what they do. Well, that's exactly what this pit stop is for our own emotional and mental well-being. So I'm glad that you, I already had your first pit stop. <laughs> I already had my first pit stop. This is a, a picture of Evangeline in her section of the book. And we appreciate uh, her being able to be a part of this. There's a few people uh, from Arizona that, that are in the book. There's even one here that's waiting. It's just going to keep the suspense up for you guys. There's an author that here is here with me that will be doing theirs, uh, their session live with me. So um, that's going to be great. And Evangeline, yours is, uh, do I see that, 33? Uh, uh, no, I'm 32. Chapter 32. No, chapter 33. Chapter 33. 33 in, in, the, in the printed book. Yes. 33, Yeah. Without my glasses as well, it's 33. <laughs> and I must apologize for leaving because I literally had to take a pit, pit stop. So. You had to take a <laughs> You know, when you're doing something like this for six hours, like I've been drinking water and stuff, I'm like, uh, Crystal said she wasn't going to drink any water or eat anything. Uh, maybe well, I I've should. been drinking and I'm still lasting. So, okay. but you don't have to talk about all those kind of pit stops on, on Evangeline's time. So is there, is there anything that you want to to leave us with uh, related to um, how you've been able to just transform people's lives with, with this habit already? Yes, I would really like to encourage people to look at incorporating this habit and they can use it on something specific that they're dealing with in their life. Um, it doesn't have to be just a general pit stop. It can be something where you, you may be struggling with um, an addiction, something really serious, and you decide that I'm going to just try to do this one easy thing to incorporate it as a habit in my life, and that is to spend 60 seconds not thinking about that thing that I'm addicted to, finding something else to infuse some power into your life. And so I just want to encourage everyone to use this habit to make sure that things are going more smoothly throughout each day of their lives. And use it as often as you need to. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. I have an alarm set on my phone so that when it goes off, no matter where I am, I can take that 60 seconds to just use, use my pit stop time. And you can certainly have an alarm set for a number of times to go off during the day. Yeah, and they do that um, in Japan uh, in the manufacturing areas too, where they the the big plants. There's like floors and floors and floors in these factories, and the alarm goes off, and then everyone has to take this like mindset time and even do a few little calisthenics. But it's it's a time for them to take to to uh, release um, the negative energies or just the the energies of the day in their mind. So you're you're doing something that's actually already a global principle. So that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm so glad to be able to share it with everyone. Well, thank you so much. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day and the rest of your holiday. And everyone can get more information as far as reading her particular chapter 33 in the print. Three. Uh, Miss Evangeline Colbert. And we thank you. We thank you. We thank right. you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for being part of the One Habit Movement. Go to onehabit.com. That's the number one, habit.com. Find this book. You know, buy it for friends that, you know, you, they're like, maybe they're having some challenges in their life. And maybe there's one habit in here that will help them to change their life. Tell, you know, teaching them to make a pit stop. I mean, that is such important information, like 60 seconds. Just take 60 seconds to, to let that one thing go away and, and bring some positivity into your life. So, again, go to onehabit.com. Check out the One Habit for Women Action Takers. Evangeline's chapter in this book is Chapter 33. And thank you so much, Evangeline, for being up and for being here today with us and being part of this movement. Really appreciate it. Thank Thank you. you. All right. Take care. We'll see See you. All right. Bye-bye. Cynthia. Now we are at the halfway point. Cynthia, you're joining us at the exact halfway point. This is so exciting. This has been just amazing. Um, Crystal, I've loved, you know, talking to everybody and, um, you know, talking about the one habit and really like finding all these, all these habits that the women are bringing up. You know, these are great habits that I know I don't want to incorporate them all at one time because I don't want to go into overwhelm, but I'm going to have to choose one. And so after this is over, I'm going to choose a habit and I'll let you know what that new habit will be when we're done here today. Yeah. Let's, let's all figure out what we're going to choose. So now we have, yeah. Cynthia. Can you hear me okay? (laughs) Yes. Okay, great. I was worried I couldn't get onto the Zoom, but, uh, but I'm glad I made it. <laughs> you made it. You made it on time. If you're here, girlfriend, we are going to do this. Welcome to the One Habit Thon. We are making it happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shout out for Steve, Samless, and this vision. We really appreciate you bringing all of us together, Steve, in this awesome, awesome vision. And right now we are on with Cynthia. So if you could go ahead and introduce yourself and let people know what you're all about, and then we'll talk about some some habit and unhabit stuff, okay? Sure. Uh, well, my name is Cynthia Peel, and uh, I'm was really excited to be invited and to be part of this project. I, in my bio, I kind of put a little bit of a background. I was in banking and financing for a number of years, 20 years plus. And then uh, when I got to the chance to be a mother, I have four wonderful boys. Yeah, everybody give that shot. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll do it all at the same time. And um, when I had my boys, I 
kind of took a back seat from banking and finance and decided um, I was going to be a full-time mom for a while. And then teaching became my true calling at that point because I wanted to raise them and um, I had the opportunity to homeschool. And um, that became pretty much my passion from then on out. My, uh, I wanted to inspire them and kind of bring out their talents. And it became really important to me to um, just find the spark inside each one of them. I wanted to inspire them and help them find out who they really were and uh, encourage their passions and, and help them develop into who they became. Um, they're still in that process right now. My youngest is only 11. And I'm still helping him. Um, and so I got really involved in teaching. And um, I've always been involved in, in, in volunteer service and teaching others. And um, in the last, well, in 2015, I actually developed a business around that. Um, I had a lot of other uh, businesses while I was a stay-at-home mom with my boys. I became kind of an entrepreneur and try to do a lot of businesses from home so that I could stay home with them and not have to go back to my banking career and my finance career. So I did a lot of businesses, but when they got old enough um, to where I could uh, start teaching full time away from, and I brought them with me, actually, we started teaching and I started a company called Peels Maker Studio. And we were able to, um, we were able to start our, the unique type of, programs that we, I was doing with my boys in the homeschool community that we were involved in, I was able to start bringing that also to the public schools and to charter schools. And so it, it got, it was pretty exciting. Um, so the last five years, almost, we've been working with a lot of other homeschool parents, a lot of charter schools, um, just trying to inspire that spark and passion in kids and help them get excited about learning and trying to just inspire kids. And that's, kind of where I am now. Um, I help also, I still work with uh, banking and finance in the part where I help other entrepreneurs and, and inspire them to uh, do what they can do. And I don't know, it's hard to talk about yourself. <laughs> it is sometimes, it is. You have to ask me questions. <laughs> you're, doing, you're doing fine, you're doing fine. So with you, uh, you've done so many things to inspire uh from a business perspective, bank and finance, as well as with children, your own children, and with mm -hmm. school and other parents, I want to focus on your unhabit. This okay. one is so key to everyone on the planet. And Great. tell us your unhabit. My unhabit is they. Um, it just says giving up, which is pretty much don't give up. Right. Um, the worst thing I think you could do in life is just to give up and to um, call it, call it quits. And so um, there, well, there becomes a time where you can, you, you can just get frustrated and, and um, yeah, frustration, and then also when you're working with, uh, like you were talking about your family and with children, a lot of times now that since we're in a, um, what would you call it, a, uh, a society where everything is just um, instant society, where everyone wants everything like right now, and if you don't get it right now, then you want to give up. And, and a lot of children have that mentality, adults too, but a lot of children, since they were born into this, 
they they sometimes tend, in my opinion, to, to give up faster. So with what you do uh, with your own children and with the homeschool network that you're in, is there anything related to not giving up that, that you teach or a nugget you can give there? For sure. Um, with... One of the things that, that, that we do um, quite often is we work, we work on like an engineering concept. We work on uh, projects that take more than just, you know, it's not instantaneous. We work on kind of seeing things long-term and especially with coding and programming, things like that with robotics, um, you have to kind of see the journey long-term and see how you're going to get from point A to point B. And you have to, um, there's a lot of failure involved in that and not just coding, programming, engineering, there's failure involved in just about every project you can do in language arts. When you're writing a story, um, when you're working on any kind of a project with kids or, or adults, um, there's always going to be failure involved. Um, and you have to be comfortable with that. You have to live in that moment and realize that it's okay to fail and it's okay um, because you're going to learn through that experience and so when, um, when you're faced with failure and when you're faced with that frustration in that moment, you just have to just take a breath and look at it from a different angle. And you have to be willing to um, see where's the lesson in this and, and find out, okay, what am I going to learn from this? Because what, what I teach children and what I teach everyone and what I think of it for myself is that Failure is really not a bad thing. We, we actually learn a lot more from failing than we do. If everything went smoothly, um, you almost, it's, it's almost boring <laughs> that way, and you don't get a lot out of it. Um, like a bolt, actually. When things go smooth, <laughs> I celebrate. I run around the room. I scream and yell, hey, it went smooth. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you learn so much more when there's bumps in the road. Um, I remember running down. I do a lot of long-distance running or not so much in the recent years, but I, I, in my lifetime, I've done a lot of long distance running. And I remember one time my husband took me up to uh, this wonderful community. We live close to here. It's Apple community and it's a steady incline all the way there. And I remember because of the distance that I wanted to run that day, my husband drove me up there and I was just going to run home. Well, I didn't realize how much of a frustration it was going to be for me because running home meant I was running downhill most of the way. And I thought, Oh, that's going to be great. But it really started to bother me because um, it hurt my shins and it just was not comfortable running downhill. So by the time I got closer to home, there were some uphills because we live in a very hilly place. And I was just so excited by the time I got to the point where I could run uphill again. Um, and, and it just kind of was a metaphor for me. We're long distance runners are kind of crazy. We love, we think too much. <laughs> and so, um, by the time I got to that uphill, it was such a wonderful metaphor to me because it, it really is, it's that variety that you seek for. When you're running uphill again, it, it, it allowed me to give my body a break. It helped me appreciate the, the variety and the change in that, in that pace. Um, and it's the same thing when we're um, running against something and we hit a, hit a wall, it allows us to take a break, reevaluate, see where we are. Maybe we need to adjust. We need to make some changes in our life. Maybe there's something that we're doing wrong or there's something that maybe we need to adjust. We're going in the wrong direction or maybe we need to make some small adjustments to, to correct our path um, with the kids. Um, a lot of times we, um, we look and see, well, maybe we need to adjust 
our program. Maybe we need to um, look for a different way to approach something, um, change our protagonist in our story. Maybe we need to change the plot. Maybe we need to, um, you know, change our robotics program. <laughs> There's all kinds of things that failures bring to light and make it for a, a richer experience. Um, yeah, just yeah. like we do in our own lives. I just want to touch on that related to not giving up because sometimes when we say not giving up, uh, people think that that means related to the exact plan that we're on. And let, let me elaborate. When we say don't give up, it doesn't mean that you can't just go ahead and go to plan B, C, D, and E if you need to because you can, as you mentioned, make those adjustments and then go forward. It, it's, you're, you're just making adjustments. You're not giving up. You're just adjusting it and still moving forward. And so if that's something that in business, you know, that, that I teach when I do you know, coaching, uh, but people sometimes have uh, different thoughts about not giving up or, or the fact that it's okay to make some changes, make some adjustments, and then continue to go on. So mm -hmm. I, I really uh, liked your unhabit and wanted to, wanted to touch on that. Let you have something. Yeah, I wanted to say something about that too, because, you know, I call it course correction, you know, rather than giving up because um, as like today, for example, I have a vision of what I want to accomplish. Well, today I'm going to learn something new and tomorrow I'm going to learn something new and the next day. So because I'm learning new things along the way, it, it might change the trajectory of my vision because maybe my vision becomes grander because I learned more. Maybe my vision becomes more, uh, more narrow because I've learned more, right? So it's, it's not, I don't believe it's uh, giving up either too. It's, it's more like just making a course correction. What uh, Thomas Edison said, I didn't fail 10,000 times. I found 10,000 ways that didn't work. So that's, exactly. like, that's a, like a true testament. He knew, he knew in his you know, heart of hearts that he had something Mm -hmm. And he knew he had to try so many different ways in order to get that result. And that's where I am, like, with what I'm building, and I have that vision. It is so strong. But what happens is along the way, I learn different things. I'm like, okay, that's not going to work. I see what really is going to work. And then I head down that next path. But I'm still going to get to the same end result. It's like still finishing that marathon. I'm still going to finish that race because I'm putting one foot in front of the other. Maybe I took the wrong street and I got to get back on the right road, you know, but it's, it's just a course correction. That's what I like to call it. Yeah. And it's through that, that tenacity and that sheer drive that you really find out who you are and it helps you build up the confidence and more courage for the next obstacle that might come along the road next time, because you're going to realize, wait a minute, I've gotten through tougher things before I've gotten through these bumps before. Now I can, I know for sure I'm going to be able to get over this next hump. Mm -hmm. um, and these, these ways, things are just going to get a little bit more and more challenging as time goes by, because who knows the ch our, especially with technology changing so quickly, um, every, every new technological advancement, it cuts in half the time that it, it takes us to adopt it. And so as we move forward, things are going faster and faster and faster. And, and we have to be able to be willing to change and adapt quickly, more quickly each time. And so as we move forward, we're going to have to be willing to change. And a lot of people are resistant to change. And so we have to be willing to um, not only be adaptable, but we have to be willing to stumble because when we make changes, we're going we're gonna to make mistakes. And so um, you have to be creative. You have to be willing to make mistakes. You have to be willing to learn from those mistakes. And you have to have the tenacity to get up 
from your failures and move on. Um, when, when we, um, we had quite a, a financial setback, even in our own family. And um, it was, you know, it was very humbling. Sometimes our mistakes can really leave us in the dumps <laughs> for a while. And we had, we had one in particular that was extremely humbling, especially given my background. Um, I had every reason to, um, you know, I had a lot of pride wrapped up in my, in my training and my experience. Um, and so when I hit a financial bump, that was really embarrassing uh, for a while. Um, and, uh, but I had to, I just had to come to terms with it and see it not as, as a failure that was going to knock me out, but one that I had to just be creative and, and work around. And so um, I just, I just decided I'm not going to give up on this. I'm not going to let it knock me out. I'm just going to find a, a creative way to solve this problem. And it took a few years to get us through it, but I, we were able to solve it. And I just decided we were just not going to give up. And fortunately for us, we were able to get through it and, and, through sheer tenacity and not giving up, we, we actually came out better on the other end and financially and, you know, in every other respect as well. So I just, I, I tell people never give up. You'll never know what's on the other side and you'll always be a better person for it on the other side. Well, I appreciate your story and I the analogy really uh, having you, know, you had to run uphill as the last thing that you needed to do and that that was the change that you embraced and I, I think there's a lot that could be said about that story and a lot we can get out of that if we, if we really internalize that. So we appreciate you being on today and sharing mm -hmm. with us and being in the book. This is a yes. awesome opportunity for all of us to be able to share and, and help people. So you've helped a lot of people in your business, it sounds like, as well as what you've included in the book. So thank you so, so much, Cynthia. You're welcome. I'm loving, as I'm reading through all the other habits, they're amazing. Everybody needs to go out and get this book. There's so much to be learned yes. from this book. And, and on that note, you can go to onehabit.com. That's the number one habit.com. Cynthia is chapter 43 in the One Habit for Women Action Takers book. There's also the first book was called One Habit. There's going to be several other books along the lines. If you are interested in taking part in this One Habit movement where one habit can change a person's life, the habit that you share can change a person's life. If you're interested in that, go to onehabit.com. Check out the books that are coming up and see how you can be part of this movement. <coughs> Thank you, Cynthia, so much for being here. And uh, you have an amazing day. And we're going to welcome our next guest, Misty. Hi, Linda. Hello, we have, uh, Misty. We got Crystal. Hi, Misty. Hi, Crystal. How are you? I am awesome. How are you? Let's see. I'm good. I'm. I'm. Go there we are. There she is. Yeah. So I'm actually in between hospitals, um, from South Houston to North Houston today, working. So. I got just enough window to get it done today. <laughs> They're women action takers, and we get it done. We oh, yes, have a lot of people on our radio program from their car. Not necessarily today, but uh, but it happens <laughs> all the time. That just means that you know how to get things done. So thank you for fitting us into that window today. Yes, ma'am. No pun intended. It's just such an honor. It's such an honor to be in such an amazing book. With it's just packed full of such powerful powerful women talking about you know how, how important action is in our lives and you know a lot of us sit around and talk about change but to actually put that put that foot out and make that step towards the change and all the wonderful habits that help us get there it's just it's an amazing book I agree I think we all agree um so 
you mentioned being between hospitals. Do you want to just give a, a quick shout out about what you do and uh, we can go on and talk about some of the habits? <laughs> sure. Well, I practice in my career. I have a nuclear medicine career. So I, I do that as well as speaking and I'm an author and, um, you know, gearing up to do events, uh, women only retreats. So I, I stay pretty full. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yes, she does. <laughs> Yeah, Linda knows me. <laughs> yeah, so uh, thank you so much for being, for jumping in to this book because you yeah. do have a very, you know, like a lot of us women, like we're doing a lot of different things, right? You have a lot of things that you're doing in your life and you took time out to be in the One Habit for Women ha Action Takers book. And with that, like you're sharing your, um, this is a very important piece of your life and I know that because I know you and you're talking about transparency and so do you want to share with us you know a little bit about like uh, how to incorporate a transparency habit or you know whatever what, it, what what topic you want to talk about related to transparency well I think it's important that we just know in our lifetime that none, none of us are perfect we all have battles we've been through we've all been through our tribulations um, and they're great to each of us so my, my battle I went through might be extreme to someone else, but their battle is extreme to them. So to each of us, we've all been through things. Um, I think it's just so important that we're transparent with what we've been through because we can use those tribulations and those, those nuggets of priceless knowledge as education because I lived through some horrific, a horrific decade of my life, 10 years. And I, I didn't think there was an end in there. I was facing a 40-year prison sentence, and it all turned around, and, and I learned that transparency is necessary. Because without being honest with myself about who I was and being comfortable in my skin, learning to forgive myself above everything else, to forgive myself, then I could go out and use that experience to help others and ease suffering. And you're not going to do it unless you're transparent. You know, you can't help someone unless you're honest with yourself and honest with the person you're trying to help. Yeah, honesty is honesty is just such a, as the song says, such a lonely word, you know, because it, it really, word. Um, because so many people, uh, as we've talked about a number of times today, you know, living a life that's pleasing to other people and to, to, to get the acceptance of other people, um, which is part of what I, I used to do as well, as opposed to being really, really um, true to yourself, true to yourself, right. honest with yourself, because you can't, you can't really help people totally and fully if, if you're not honest with yourself, first of all. And so... Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I, I was raised in the Texas beauty pageant system, and it was all about, you know, I learned very early the power that came with that. And it was all about being judged all the time. And so when I went and, and veered off my path that I thought I had chosen for myself for my life and veered off of that path, ended up in a cocaine addiction and ended up in prison after someone got killed in a car accident, then I realized, you know, things aren't always going to be as we planned them, but it didn't have to define, it didn't have to ruin me. Although I didn't feel like living, all I, all I didn't feel like I deserved to live, there was life after the, the adversity. There's life after. And being transparent only hel it helps yourself because then you're you're honest with yourself about it. You can come to terms with it. You can be comfortable in your own skin by forgiving yourself. And then that transparency is so necessary to like like I said earlier, I keep going back to educate others so we can judge less and mentor more. And you know that's why the whole unhabit part I went into 
like you mentioned, the, the people pleasing, because I kept living my life for everyone else. And I was too afraid once I did veer off the path, the golden path, and did end up in prison, I was too afraid for people to know that part, that misty. Once I rebuilt my life after, I didn't want the people, the new associations to know the bad misty. So I was fearful of it. So because of that fear of judgment, I kept it in for 12 years. And then I realized, you know, after some events happened, my grandbaby was born, some things that happened along the way that made me realize um, people can use this. I've lived through hell and come back from it. And people can do that, you know, and it, and it takes enough of us out there saying the hell we live through so, so the people out there that live through it know they can come back from it. There's hope. There's inspiration in it. So it, I just encourage everyone to be that one and step up and share your raw truth. Help yeah. others. Whether it's domestic violence, whether it's any kind of drug addiction, whether it's prison, prostitution, whatever it is that, that you've made it through and lived through, those stories are stories that can help people because there's someone out there right now that's just like you that that, that information can help. And, and my pastor actually, uh, he had been to prison and was a drug dealer and all of that. He's not doing that now, you know, but <laughs> he's like, I hope not, right? But there's a movement of people uh, that uh, are now ministers and pastors, and it's called From the Block to the Pulpit. From the oh, Block yeah. to the Pulpit, you know, from the neighborhood of what they were doing before and how God mm -hmm. is using them now. And so those stories are just so, so phenomenal because it's not stories, it's real life. And it's the real life of somebody who is in the midst of that right now. And so even with what you said, as far as what you've gone through, I can't wait to, you know, to read more about your section and maybe even, you know, have you uh, on my show uh, to spotlight you because this is very, very important for people to hear uh, how you can transform your life. And, and, you know, she's in between clients right now. She has it going on. You know, she has a number of things that she's doing in her life and, and you can make it beyond that and become a, a, a valuable part of society and, and be where you even love yourself again. And that's part right. of what we were talking about before is that's the key. fact that you, it's not about doing all these things in society. It's about being able to be honest with yourself and loving yourself and, and, and your, your current journey. So that's, it's just, it's, it's incredible. Well, absolutely. Not, not even just for other people, but think about, think about in your own family with your, with your children, for instance, you know, I, I try to, this whole movement, the Be That One movement, I, I, I envision a world where a teenage girl can come home to her mom and dad and say she's pregnant instead of running to an abortion clinic because she, she's not scared that they're going to judge her or scold her or outcast her. You know, it, I, I've tried to raise my kids and, and I've told them my failures and mistakes because what better way for them to avoid them instead of trying to be the perfect, you know, we want to have a good image for our kids because we want to be a good role model. But we can't be the perfect role model because nobody's perfect. And when you, when you live under that, that perception that your parents are perfect, you're never going to measure up to it, ever, ever going to be good enough. You're never going to please them 100%. So instead of that, I encourage us all to just step up and be who we really are with our faults and then teach our kids that they can be okay. You know, if you've made a mistake, let, come to us. Don't go have an abortion. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it, you know, because I understand it. So I, I just, that's the kind of world I want us to move towards is, you know, businesses that help each other instead of cutthroat. You know, if you're a small business owner and you've been through some hard times and you learn some, some hard knocks the hard way, 
share those up front so the next person doesn't have to go through those same hard knocks, you know, and, and just try to lift each other up. Yeah, and I want to touch on something that you said. I always like to flip things from time to time. So you said, you know, that no one's perfect, and so you can't be the perfect role model. I want to maybe just take a little bit of disagreement on that and say okay. that you are a perfect role model because you are able to show that you can make mistakes and still go on to lead a productive life and be a good person and have, have where uh, you have impact in the world. So that is a perfect role model. That actually yeah. is a perfect role model. Yes, if you're practicing transparency, but right. without it, you're not. <laughs> yes, I agree with you on that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so um, there's so many people, especially like my age and older, where, you know, I think even Hillary Clinton mentioned this when she was talking about uh, what happened during the election, maybe some things that she could have done differently, um, you know, because you, you try to be perfect, quote unquote. You try to have this strong image. Right. You try to be where you're all things to all people and show this strength. Well, that's okay, but you also have to show people, you know, that, that you've made mistakes too, that there's other things that, you know, there's hurdles that you had to, to get over. And um, it's okay to stumble as long as you get back up. And even if you're not all the way back up yet, you know, you're, you're being transparent. Like, I'm still trying to get back up. You know, I'm not, I'm not there yet. All of those yeah. things are things that, that help people. And um, well, it, it, it's, and, it's, and that's, go ahead. Yeah. Oh. No, and that's where that unhabit comes in. It goes right with it as far as cause my, my unhabit I talk about is people pleasing, to stop people pleasing because you're expecting someone else to give you your own validity when in fact you, you're the only one that you need it for because you're never going to please everyone. You're never, it doesn't matter how good you are. You're never, there's always someone out there that's going to either be jealous or resentful or envious or whatever their motive is, they're going to try to knock you down. So instead of seeking approval and pleasing everyone, please yourself. Find out what it is that makes you happy and go after it and take action to get it and be happy in your skin with who you are. And so that, you know, goes right with that, exactly what you just said. Yeah, and I love to say that, you know, our relation points, so those are the points that we, we relate to people, is how we build our relationships. So those, those things that we relate to others on is where we build our relationships from. So if I'm always out there Miss Perfect, which none of us are, right? If I'm out there portraying that I'm always Miss Perfect, I'm not going to connect with anybody because there's nothing for there's just no way for me to connect with somebody who's perfect all the time. So when we are transparent and we are authentic and we do share who we are from, you know, from our heart, who we really truly are, that's when we're going to connect. So like Misty and I connected on great levels because we have similarities from our past. And our, relationship, our relation points led to our relationship. Where'd she go? That's awesome. Are you still there, Misty? I'm here. Do you see me? Okay. No, we don't see you. You we don't see you, but it's okay. <laughs> oh, there you are. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, yeah, so as we end this segment, yeah. we just want to thank you. And do you have any, any final quick 30-second comment? 30 seconds. No, just go out there and, and lift someone else up today. You know, we're all, we're all going through it, uh, but there's always somebody a little worse than you. Reach out your hand and lift them up, and you're going to feel good for it. Um, share your stories with them and help them get through theirs. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you well, up today. You've lifted me up, and I really appreciate you being on. So thank you so, so much. Thank you. Thank you so yeah, much Mi for having me. It's a wonderful thing. Yeah, Misty, yes. thank, 
Thank you again for jumping into the One Habit for Women Action Takers. You guys can buy the book at onehabit.com. That's the number one habit.com. Go check out Misty. She is chapter 44 in this book, One Habit for Women Action Takers. There's we're, uh, We also have another uh, two, two and a half hours to go, Crystal. We have more amazing women showing up. We have the creator of the One Habit movement coming up, Steve Sambliss. He'll be on in the one o'clock uh, Pacific time hour. So please stick around and then... Um, we're going to share Crystal, too. She's on the docket about, you know, in about a half hour or so to, to share her habit. And I'm excited for this book because, you know, I'm all about taking action because nothing happens without action. And so we have all these women come together to say, I'm in, I'm going to raise my hand. I want to be part of this movement so that we can all help people incorporate new habits into their life so that they can become action takers as well. So thank you so much, Misty, for being part of this thank movement. You. Thank you. You have a great, great day. You too. Hi. All right. So we have a very special treat right now, live in the studio. In the studio. studio. Oh, really? Oh, I'm so jelly. Why does my head look like way bigger than yours? Let's see. Let's 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 get even here. First in the back, Crystal. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to be in the studio today, so but it's. It's a cool, cool to have you in studio. You're gonna have to change your name temporarily from Crystal Richardson to Crystal Richardson Jennifer Pruitt. So <laughs> that's okay. We'll roll with it. Well, thank you for coming and being yeah, here. You just kind of like snuck in here. I was like, oh my gosh, we have somebody in studio. This is great. Yeah, I was. This I was excited when I saw the email that you guys were in Phoenix. I just assumed it was in San Diego, and I was like, I'm driving down and meeting some of these ladies. So yeah, grateful. Awesome, to be here. awesome. Yeah, Linda was going to try to make it, but she's you know such the action taker that yeah. she had some other things going on. But we want to just go ahead and jump into hey, your segment. So thank you for being here. So introduce yourself, to everyone. Yeah, my name is Jennifer Pruitt. Um, my prior life, I was a retail store manager for about 15 years and my daughter was born in 2014. Mm-hmm. And so I decided I was in a great opportunity to throw my hat into the entrepreneur ring and follow my dreams. You know, we kind of, as women, we have like that gut intuition of there's something more out there, but we live in our stories that we're too old or don't know what to do, or we have the kids and the husband and all this stuff. And so I was in a great place. Um, saw an opportunity for me to become a millionaire overnight, of course, and it didn't happen that way. But that's okay, because that's how I got my habit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because sometimes we see and we hear, you know, all of the different stories of other people, and it seems like it happened overnight, and and it really didn't, right? We kind of fall into that. Yeah, I was down to my last $5, and the next thing you know, I was a millionaire. (laughs) You hear those stories all the time, right? (laughs) Yeah, we all, we, I, I, I went through something very similar. My first six months into entrepreneurism, I lost a six-figure lump sum of money. And I, it took me two months to tell my husband at the time, like, hey, by the way, we got nothing to show for it. So, by the way, I'm not getting a job either. Um, and I had to do some soul searching and kind of figure out what that looked like for me. And someone handed me the book, The Magic, at a property tour. And that's the 28-Day Gratitude Challenge. And it just, I took it to heart and I practiced it. I did the challenge every day. I've been doing it for four years now. I created a group around just being present and practicing gratitude. And I didn't know anything about mindset. I didn't know anything about raising my vibration. It just taught me that this is what I didn't want. I didn't want to call myself a failure. I didn't want to call myself a loser. And I didn't know what I did. I was the, you know, 10,000 ways it didn't work. And I'm finding the way that it did. And so. 
So on that journey now, I just, I feel, I, it felt like I had the secret. Like I figured it out. Like it worked for me. I just, I want it to work for everybody. And so I was buying the book and giving it away to all my friends. Like, this is the secret. This is it. This is it. <laughs> um, and, but they weren't doing the work. And over the last four years, I saw a lot of them go back and get jobs and mm-hmm. give up on themselves. And so I, now I created Design Your Mind, Design Your Life. Because as entrepreneurs, we're not really taught that the inner conversation creates the outer result. And we're so busy looking for the funnel and the email list and the, you know, get rich overnight. And we don't realize that we have it all within us. And so my coaching program is for the entrepreneur that doesn't know that even exists, that your inner, your inner dialogue is literally creating your outer results. And sometimes we just feel stuck. Right. And I call it mind trash. And there's so yeah. many people that don't even know that they're they that they have that. Yeah. And there's a message that I give about being constipated. And it's not, you know, related to your bowels. It's it's your mind that's constipated with all of this stuff yeah. that is is not uh, something that is going to lead you to what your dreams to destiny yeah. really is. And so um, it's so key for people to understand, even without understanding, like you say, anything about mindset and, and the psychology of it and, and the physiology, any of that. It, it's real. It's, it's very real. And it's because of the habitual patterns that we've had for the last 10, 20, 30 years living mm-hmm. in our stories. Mm-hmm. And people don't realize that when we create an awareness and then we make a new decision and we live in that new decision that you can create possibility. But we stay in our story because, again, I, I was funny. I was listening to all these women and I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Like, <laughs> we're all saying it. We all know it. But when you surround yourself with that like-minded community, it's easier for you to live in possibility and say, oh, well, Jennifer's been able to do this. Oh, you're going to do that. So and so and kind of follow that path. Otherwise, we just kind of stay in our story. I can't do it. I don't know what to do. I'm not old enough. I'm not smart enough. And all of those are lies that we've been telling ourselves because we don't know the opposite to be true yet. So, And the thing with you this there- I'll just say this and then I'll let you jump in, Linda. The thing with this book is, like you're saying, you're listening to the stories like, yes, yes, we all know it. Because we are in this book and we lead successful lives because yeah. we have found various secrets and tools that work for us Absolutely. and made them into habits in our lives. But there's so many people out there that have not found that yet. Right. And Napoleon Hill, you know, talks about a burning desire and talks about the fact that, um, you know, that a lot of it has to do with, you know, whatever the mind can conceive mm-hmm. you know, and it can achieve. Yeah. And the thing is with that is that a lot of people don't even use their mind to even think about what they can do in their lives. They're stuck in their jobs. And it's okay to have a nine to five job. For sure. It's okay to have a nine to five job. It's even okay to go back to it yeah. if you need to make some money, but you still have that one goal. Yeah. So I wanted to touch on that that you mentioned earlier is, you know, that a lot of people do know things, but there's a lot of people out there that don't. So this book is going to, to go far. Absolutely. As long as we make it go far, yeah. you know, getting the word out yeah. and not knocking people for, uh, not saying that you did, but for some people that are on stage, they do that all the time. Not pe- knock people for having a nine to five job. Yeah. We need people to have those jobs, first of all, for our society to continue on the way it is. So we do need W-2 people. But the thing is, is that if you have something in your heart that you really want to do, of which you you said that you did, then go ahead and go out and try Mm -hmm. it. And if you do still need to have that income coming in while you're trying to build the the destiny that you are looking at, then, then go ahead and do that too. Yeah, there's so many different ways that you can make your dreams come true, but people get stuck and then they don't even try. They don't 
go do the thing or read the book or watch the, you know, hire the coach because they have stories and they're just living in those stories. And what I have found over the last four years is most brand new entrepreneurs, it takes losing 150 grand or feeling, calling themselves a failure because they tried it and they didn't work because they tried it with the thing. They tried it with the funnel. They tried it with this, but they didn't work on the thoughts. It all works. It's our thoughts around the thing that makes us successful. And I, I talk about it with my clients all the time. You, we measure our results because we're such a goal-oriented you know, society, especially with a lot of entrepreneurs, but we don't measure our happiness. So my program isn't so much on the systems and the funnels, and, and that's all coming, but it's literally like how much happiness have you created today? That's what gratitude is all about. Right. When you raise your vibration, then you allow some space between mind, universal intelligence, and then you receive those downloads that says, do the thing, call the coach, go here, watch the, buy the book, watch the, the Zoom, right? And then we're led with our intuition, and then we learn how to trust that. So it's more about feeling good. Like if you have a nine to five, whatever you do, do it the best and be the best. And, and that, I mean, create your life, whatever you want it to be, you know, right. but create it. Linda. Um, I wanted to touch on the, one of the first things you mentioned, you said, you, I found the secret, right? And I was, uh, you, you got to read this, you got to read this and all this thing. What's interesting about that is that when we find the Holy Grail, when we find the thing, the thing, like we, we, we want other people to experience that amazing life that we're experiencing right now. And we so much want them to have it, right? But there's a saying and there's a reason for it. When the student is ready, the teacher will appear. So right now when we're out there, we're proselytizing and we're like saying, this is the thing, this is going to change your life. Like you've got to get this one habit book and incorporate one of these habits into your life because it's going to change your life. It's true. But the, the student might not yet be ready to hear what we're sharing with them. And that's okay because we, we keep letting them know about it because eventually, hopefully, eventually they'll actually be ready someday you know for that so thanks for bringing that topic up because i think that's really important for us those of us who have become the teacher because at first i was a student then i became a teacher right so for those of us who are teaching to not let their lack of incorporating or implementing what we're suggesting to not let that get to us because that's not our that's none of our business all i can do is share the knowledge I have and hope that you will incorporate it into your life. Cause I know it's going to change your life. Right. Yeah. And it's not even so much about sharing, right? Because even like, I'm always going to have coaches. I tell my, I tell my clients, I'm like, I'm a sixth grader and I have coaches that are in the seven figure high school and you're my little kindergartners as, as I grow, you know, rising tide, you know, all both, all, all that kind of thing. But it's not so much the tools that we give them that great, but it's, us as leaders, what are we doing in our business? What do they see us doing in our business? And, you know, on these, these types of things, who are we surrounding ourselves with? What kind of masterminds do we show up in? Because it's the doing. Words don't teach, experience does. So it's the doing. We can give them so many tools, but us by leaders, just like when you have kids, it's like you can't tell your kid to go, go clean up their room and then your room looks like trash. Your kid's like, well, hold on a second. Like, right? There's not consistency in that. And, and, yeah. So anyway, a lot of it is, is who are we being outside of the, you know, coaching arena that, that, 
I mean, I know my family, they see different changes in me and, and everything that I've experienced. And we've never had any kind of coaching anything. They're just kind of like, wow, you, you change me, you inspire me just because of my videos or my Facebook or whatever. So yeah, I think it's important for us to realize the lessons too. And, yeah, and, and that's exactly what you're saying. And that's in, in one of my books, uh, Flint Out Loud. It's a 11 controversial lessons of strategy, leadership and success. And on the front, it says that, you know, our lessons, life lessons come from where we least expect. Mm -hmm. So if we use our whole life and every single thing that happens, or even the things that don't happen as a lesson, and how can we use that to improve our lives or even improve someone else's life, yeah. then, then that's what it's all about. Because yeah. we're not going to be um, necessarily a perfect example for everyone. For sure. uh, but there are <laughs> teachers out there, there's coaches, mentors, where the way you say it may resonate with someone, the way I say it may resonate or, or Linda, or it may be all three. They're like, Oh wow. Yeah. Like every single thing yeah. ended up being something that, that resonated with me that I can now go out and make actionable. Or maybe like, well, I didn't get that. Didn't get, but I totally got it the way that she said it or Absolutely. even the hand gestures yeah. or if somebody runs around and does something or holding like banging on this book might be the thing <laughs> that wakes somebody up so that they can get it. That's you know, true. we all have different ways. It. Yeah. So I just want to just throw that out there because um, I'm glad you're in Phoenix because maybe we can try to get together. Absolutely. But, uh, but we all have to be an action taker. Absolutely. We all have to be an action taker. The doing, the proof is in the doing. Yeah. Not in the listening or the reading. Reading is great if you just want to read it as just some kind of like coffee book. Yeah. But this is about habits. The word habit is a do word. Yeah. It's a do word. One confidence comes from doing. It doesn't come from sitting on the couch and planning. Like that, the confidence mm -hmm. comes when you get out there and you correct and continue, mm -hmm. right? And then you build your confidence. So yeah, I would love to collaborate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that'd be great. But, you know, it's interesting because you mentioned uh, immediate came to mind is like how many times did I say something to my husband over and over and over again, and he never heard me. And then his friend said it once, and he's like, "Wow, so and so gave me this great idea," and I'm like, you know, right. <laughs> It's because we we are we only hear what we are ready to hear it, you know, or from whoever is sharing it with us. Like you said, we could all three say the exact same thing, and somebody didn't hear two of us, but heard only one of us, you know. But as long as as long as they're hearing it from somebody and are incorporating it into their lives, then our jobs we've done a good job, you know. Okay, Tony, and you know the the name that's at the end of that. All of what he does up there just really big voice doing all of the gestures and saying everything in people's face that resonates with some people yeah and other people yeah. it's like wow okay no and so we have to have where we even in our own training utilize all of the different methods because we don't know who the audience is and and understanding people's personalities and uh, whether it's Myers-Briggs or anything like that that we use it's good to understand that so that we can understand how we how we need to teach. Yeah. And so there's going to be some other things that we'll be doing, even a part of the One Habit Movement uh, coming up. And um, the one thing that this lady right here, we're pointing at the screen, this lady right here uh, gave us was the unhabit. <laughs> so we all know that we have habits and unhabits. So the fact that Sambles, the the creator of the One Habit Movement, uh, listened to her and and wanted to hear more about it. It is now in this book, and yeah. we all have uh, unhabits. We did have somebody that uh, wasn't able to be with us for the next segment, so that's why we're going just a little bit longer with you. Plus, you're I'm a here. Talker. Yeah, you're here, fine. so so <laughs> it, it's great that we'll be able to have you here in studio. Wonderful. But um, but the unhabit is so key, so key. 
So let us uh, give us some insight related to people that you've coached or um, children, adults, or whatever, and how unhabits are important. Uh, like create, like uninstalling those old habits. Yes, uninstalling. Them, <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, absolutely. And even using myself as an example, I mean, over the last few years, I had created, you know, my own stories and it kept me in my habit of procrastinating. And okay. I would be stuck thinking about what I wanted to do or trying to fit into a box that other people were like, well, you're great and you're making a ton of money, go do this. And then I would do that, but I would, you know, I was working with high ticket recruiting. And so I would recruit someone into the system and then I'd want to talk to them about their mindset and not mm -hmm. necessarily real estate investing. And so I had to recognize my own stories and my own um, habits that were not serving me, which was living in fear and procrastination and staying in my story and then using them as excuses of why I couldn't create what I wanted to create or step into my, I have been saying, and it's funny you use Tony Robbins, I'm a rah-rah, like energetic go-getter. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I do enjoy Tony. He was one of the, um, you know, we call him mentors. We watch him on YouTube. But I don't, I know that I don't resonate with everybody just because um, I've literally, I have a friend that's like, I can only handle you like twice a week. <laughs> I just kind of come off with a lot of that, you know, here we go, let's do this, rah, rah, rah. Um, but I, yeah, I would get stuck in, in my own story and I would have to, again, ask myself, right, start with awareness, like where am I, where, where am I stuck in my story of, you know, I want to be the next Tony Robbins, I'm going to be the next female Tony Robbins, set it for four years but never created a coaching program, never did anything with it because I lived in the story that I didn't know enough. I needed to read another book. I needed to hire another, hire another coach. And it, it, it just, it was a habit. It was a habitual thinking. I was staying in my story. And literally it was this year that I was like, I'm going to do it. I don't know what it looks like, but I'm going to do it. And I got right. an opportunity to speak and I sold the program and now it's unfolding and I've learned so much through even just that journey. I don't have attachments to the outcome. I don't care about other people's opinions of me. I feel like the universe put this on my heart. This, the secret started with uh, the gratitude and, and raising my vibration. And then from there, I just rabbit hold into all kinds of books and YouTube videos. Uh, I'm a Joe Dispenza, like I'm all up in his grill right now and mm -hmm. learning all of his stuff with mm -hmm. the mindset. And I just... I just help the kindergartners that are brand new entrepreneurs that haven't suffered a huge financial loss or gone through, but they're probably stuck at a five grand a month ceiling or a six grand a month ceiling, or they they think that they need the funnel or the email list and they can't grow. And what they don't realize is it's their thinking. It's the only thing that's stopping them is the thinking about the thing that they want to create. And when we can remove ourselves from that and say, what do I want? And then we don't have to live over here anymore. We right. don't have to stay in this. We create it and then we, we visualize and we go and we do. And if we suffer a little bit of this, we acknowledge it. We love ourselves. We don't want to feel bad for it. And then we correct and continue, but we just stay with what we're creating and we don't, we don't live over here anymore. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. yeah, that, that was a huge one for me, procrastination and fear. Yeah, and so we've talked a lot today about fear, and it, it, it's uh, actually part of what I'll be talking about related to my habit is, you know, it's like fearlessly yeah. living, you know, your, your best life. So part of it, it with 
Linda as well is her book was 365 fears. You know, so every day she faced a different fear yeah. that she had to to get rid of. So with the the kindergartners, as as you mentioned, uh, that you help. I mean, like we have to help people at all different Absolutely. levels, right? So, um, is there a specific fear that stands out for you? That's uh, a fear that they have, a specific one that that resonates with you. It's it's. It's just the fears that they've created in the unknown. It's, it's all the stories. Normally, it's I don't have the money. I can't do it. I don't have the money. That's okay. always like, no, the money is everywhere. Mm -hmm. Abundance, right? But they don't even know that abundance is a thing. When I first went to my first entrepreneurial, and it was a seminar company, and I had a lot of money burning a hole in my pocket, and I became a real estate investor. But I had limiting beliefs from childhood about what I deserved. Okay. So it wouldn't have mattered who my mentor was or what situation I got into. I was going to lose that six figures because mm -hmm. I had habitual thinking about what someone with six figures burning a hole in their pocket looked like. And mm -hmm. I didn't trust myself. I didn't trust my decisions. I had a uh, very low self-worth. I mean, I called myself awesome. But when you, when you look at the past four years, you're like, well, there was kind of some things that maybe you didn't believe it at a core. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, but I didn't know, I didn't know what I didn't know. And brand new entrepreneurs, they don't know that mindset's a thing yet. They might watch a Gary Vee or a Tony Robbins, but I, out of the people that I had surrounded myself with, the ones that went to work and the, and I just refused to give up and quit. But I was the only one that was spending four hours a day on my mind, reading all of these books and then putting them into practice. And it was really the only difference. And so now I'm like, okay, you don't have to spend four hours. I've made it a little bit smaller for you, but I've got some steps and I've got some systems and they're pretty simple. They're not easy because you've got 30, 40 years of habitual thinking. Mm -hmm. But if we just create a, an awareness and make a few decisions and then we ask ourselves better questions. Right. It's not about, well, I can't do that because I don't have the money. It's about, well, if I were to do it, how could I get the money? Where could the money come from? And living in that possibility. And I think we just don't, there's all these cliche quotes and we share them on Facebook like rah, rah, rah. But when you really talk to someone about living in their possibility, they don't see it for themselves because we don't, we don't create that environment as a global society. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like I, I want to raise the vibration of the world. And it starts with gratitude and teaching people that you are, I mean, my kids are four and five and I teach them right now, other people's opinions, you are none of your business, period. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's interesting from a four and five year old perspective. <laughs> yeah, I was in a conference. Uh, it was a Think and Grow Rich um, conference and the, the facilitator, uh, Satish Berman, he was talking about his son had gone across this. Uh, he, he went somewhere that he wasn't supposed to go on, on, the, on a school field trip. And the teacher had a comment about it. But when he talked to his son, he said, you know, don't even listen to her. Are you OK? Yeah. Yes, you're OK. Well, you go in and we'll talk about it later. Yeah. There was more to it than that. Yeah. But the thing is, is that you don't have to give the negativity of the, the creativeness yeah. or the adventure portion uh, to your child. Right. Um, talk to them about, you know, maybe making better decisions or timing and things like that. But being adventurous is a good thing. It, and, and, and having where you're courageous and having where you're creative, all of those things are good things. Yeah. And we are so quick sometimes as adults or as teachers or anything we do to try to put people in the box Absolutely. that we have for them yeah. as opposed to seeing, okay, well, how can I use my creativity to do this maybe a little bit differently to get a better outcome? Not 
not stifling it. Absolutely. And so, you know, anything I think that, you know, portion that would come out of this too is related to what you're saying that you do with your clients, which I think is phenomenal, um, is, is giving them constraints, yeah. but also showing them the possibilities. Yeah. And I think, it, I'll put my mom's probably watching, I'm going to put her on the spot, but what we don't realize is the power of words and even one word, right? Mm-hmm. So growing up as a child, I was called bossy and I was bossy, but I created a story that bossy was negative and I was bossy and people mm-hmm. weren't going to listen to me. And my daughter, my mom was watching my daughter when she was like two years old, right? You'll love this then. And I came to pick her up and she goes, Jennifer, Caden's really bossy. And I said, don't you ever call her that? She's a leader. So think about, because I tell my clients, think about two children growing up in the exact same environment. One's called bossy and one's called a leader. And the confidence that would, what does that look like? Like, just think about, wow. And then we go back into our childhood and we go, I was called loud my whole life. I mean, Jennifer, stop. Jennifer, I'm loud and now I own it. Like I got a voice and I'm loud and I'm sorry. There may be some environment. I think we were were twins. We probably were twins when we were younger, yeah. <laughs> but, and so now I'm very, very cautious of how I say things to my girls. I never say can't. Um, we're very like, okay, let's focus on the solution. What's the solution? The, okay, the problem is the problem. That's okay. Are we focused on the solution? Mm-hmm. And if I think there could be something that they're going to create a story, right now I've got a daughter in kindergarten and a four-year-old that's not. And I can see in the mornings, it's, okay, baby, I got to get Caden in the tub. I got to put Caden's jacket on. I got to get Caden ready. And I can just see Kinsey going, I'm not getting attention right now. And so I'll, okay, Caden's off to school. Now it's mommy Kinsey time because I don't want her to create a story. And I talk with them about it. Like, babe, I just want you to know that I got to get Caden to school so she gets Mm -hmm. this hour. And now it's Mm -hmm. your hour because we don't, we don't have the consciousness. Not all of us have the consciousness. And I, listen, I'm four years old into this stuff. I'm not 20. <laughs> so I am very much on my own journey of figuring this stuff out. Not the perfect parent by any means, mm-hmm. but I'm conscious. That is the one blessing that I have a gigantic awareness of the words that I will use with my children so that they don't create those stories and grow up, my daughter the other day wanted um, $100 for something. And I said, okay, I'll give you the option. Do you want $100 for this toy? What if I could teach you how to turn $100 into $200? Well, I want $200. Okay, now would you buy a toy? Or what if I taught you how to turn it into $400? Because I just want her thinking a little differently than everybody else. <laughs> so. Yeah, tangent. Rant over. <laughs> no, it's not a tangent. It's all very relevant because it's it's how we um, it's it's how we teach the thought process. Okay, and and a lot of what I teach is on mindset and leadership. And uh, one of the books uh, that's coming out uh, here soon is called Into the New, and it's a mindset book uh, that because there's all different kinds of new things that we experience every single day of our lives. And it's not just a new job or a new joint venture. It's it's, even if it's a new restaurant or if it's a new relationship. And so how we think about that and how we teach that to our children or even the children in business, your, your kindergartners that you continue to talk about um, it's key. It's key. And so um, all of those are really, really great tips. So are there any comments, anything you want to leave as like, um, the main thing that if you could only tell maybe your children one thing to focus on. Just live in your possibility. That's it. Just whatever is possible is really possible. Those stories are all false. Mm-hmm. Just live in your possibility. Live in your possibility. Yeah, absolutely. Live in your possibility, folks. You heard it right here. 
in studio. We're so glad that you were <laughs> able fun. to come and be too. with us today. And um, I have a feeling we'll be seeing each other uh, some more related to uh, not just the One Habit Movement, but this is this has been great. So thank you yeah, for thank being you. on and uh, living your possibility. Okay, absolutely. You too. Keep doing yeah, it. Absolutely. All right. Take care. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Okay, so we are continuing on with our One Habit Thon, and we appreciate uh, the fact that we had an in-studio guest. Miss Jennifer was able to be with us, and she uh, is one of the contributors to the book. You can find out more about the book at onehabit.com, and you can also find out more about it from the actual creator of the movement, himself, and he is coming on with us now. Now, Steve Samblis has been on my show. He was a guest a while ago, and we got to talking about this book and even started calling it a movement, and now it, it, it really is taking on so many different ways and so many different areas and possibilities. It's just ridiculous how this is. It's not ridiculous. It's ridiculous in a good way, right? How we're just growing so much. So welcome, Steve. Hi, how are you? I am doing awesome. How are you? Incredible. I've been listening to the thing all day long while I've been posting a, a zillion photos of people holding the books to every social media platform that exists. It's been a pretty exciting day. Well, right here, coming up on the screen, coming up on the screen. And here, <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. So we have been having an awesome, awesome day, and it looks like you have too. Uh, taken a, a quick look at, at the website. I'm not at the website, at the Facebook page, and, and, and you said every social media platform known to mankind. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, lo I love Hootsuite. Do you, I don't know if you use it or not, but you can put all your social media in there and you, you write the thing and, and it just publishes. But I had, I had 50 ads to publish as well as uh, about 100 pictures and just organizing everything. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. It's been pretty great. Well, and, and also, by, by the way, I just want to say something too. Listening to you guys today has been really enjoyable and keeping me motivated through the whole day. Um, and some of the things that I'm hearing are just genius. The, the ladies that are in this book are just so incredible. It's just extraordinary, just amazing. Yeah, a lot of the tidbits that they've been giving are not ones that are even in the book. So Linda and I, we were like, we got to go back and listen to the show because they just dropped some bombs on us, man. Some really great oh, stuff. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I love what she was saying. The, the last guest was talking about um, how we were all, we're all limiting beliefs. And I know I used to do that myself. I used to really edit my beliefs. I would say, you know, here's, you know, what's my goal? And, and, I, and I would literally knock it down three steps to say, well, that's what I really deserve. And uh, I don't know why people do that. And I eventually got into the mode where I just don't do that anymore. I know why people do it because I used to do it. It's, it's, it has to do with acceptance and trying to fit in because the people that you're around at that time are not big enough to handle uh, what, what yes. your are. And so you try to fit in and then your box is smaller when it mm -hmm. really stay as big as what your dreams to destiny really are. You know, you're so right about that. You know, one of the things when I used to start, when I first started doing the vision board thing is I would literally hide it on a door in my room inside my closet. That only I would see when I opened up and, and now I post my vision board on my Facebook because that, uh, you know, because I, I realize that if you, if you hide it like that, then you're not going to get it, right? But if you put it out there for, for everyone to see that, and the minute, 
so I don't know if, you know, we talked about this before. So the, the, I live in, I live in Hollywood now. The way I got out here is for the last eight years, I, I've, the studios were flying me from Orlando to here to interview actors for movies. I'd see a movie on a Friday, interview the actors uh, Saturday morning, fly home on Sunday. And towards the last, probably the last three years of doing this, I realized that here I was sitting with some of the most incredible people on the planet, some of the most successful people, not just because they're actors, but they're successful in business in many ways. And so I started asking questions about being successful. And I remember I was interviewing Queen Latifah and Dolly Parton together for a movie called Joyful Noise. Right. And I, I said to them, I said, you know, ladies, I, I have two daughters. And here I'm sitting with two of the most successful women, not just in Hollywood, but in business in general. And honestly, if I don't ask you this question, I, I'd be doing a disservice to people that listen to me and my kids as well. You know, what does it take to be successful in life today? And Queen Latifah said something to me that was so it was a blinding flash of the obvious. She said, you have to stop listening to the people around you because that we, we surround ourselves with these people that are just limiting us. And you just have to start listening, stop listening to people. Oh, you want to you know, she said, when I, I want to be an actor. And she goes, Oh, you want to be an actor. You know, you know, you're not an actor. You don't know. You never went to acting school. And it was just like, that was something I realized that I stopped listening to those voices. And then, and the thing Dolly Parton said, which was, which was just also blinding flesh, the obvious, she said, to your own self, be true. You know, mm-hmm. you know, just be who you are, not what everyone else expects you to be. And uh, it was, it was a great education for, it was a huge education for me. And, but a lot of that goes to what I was, what you guys were talking about, about limiting beliefs, because that, like you said, like, you know, we limit our beliefs. We, we actually stop ourselves from having the things we really could have because that, oh, by the way, don't you think, too, that, that perhaps the people we surround ourselves is also part of the belief-limiting process? I, I truly believe that because we, we sometimes stay where we are with the people that we are because of that whole comfort level and the complacency that I talked about uh, earlier with some of the guests. Um, and we don't want to try to venture out to do something else mm-hmm. because we – have the fear of the unknown. Okay? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, yeah. comfortable with the people that, that have whatever thought process, even, even though they may be limiting us. And that's part of, um, you know, statistics show, you know, people who are abused, they just stay there even when they could get out because it's, it's just what they're used to. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, like, it's like being the, the caterpillar, not wanting to leave the, the cocoon and become the butterfly. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually they get forced out of it because they grow out of it. And, and maybe that's what people need to do is just grow out of their limiting belief process by doing, but I don't know if you can do that. I think that your beliefs actually kind of hold you down. Well, I think what you said, Dolly Parton said, you know, to thy own self be true is, is uh, to thy own self be true is something that is just easy words to say, but it, it's harder if you're not already in that mindset. Yeah. Able to be true to yourself. And um, there was a guest that talked about honesty um, and the song, you know, honesty is such a lonely word is, is what, I, what I brought up the song lyric because it is true. It's hard for us to be honest with ourselves. And, and yes. if you're honest with yourself, you're great. Like you have greatness in you. That, that's honest. That's the honest God truth. Linda has greatness. You have greatness. I have greatness. So let's, let's be honest with ourselves and live in that and just go for it. Isn't that the truth? I love that. You're 100% right. 100% right. And you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, you guys talked about something else too. You know, I, I think that um, when I started putting the book together and I did the first one, 
uh, at first I was going to try to get 300 people to contribute to it, not knowing anything about publishing or ever writing a book before. Yeah, it's, it, it would literally become the world's, it would literally become the world's biggest book because it would be, it would be like 600 pages, you know? And so I realized that 100 was a number, but, but at the same time I was asked, I've never done a book before. Mm-hmm. And um, I think there's something to the idea, and I heard that you guys talking about this earlier, about just doing the thing. You know, a lot of people sit in their car of life and they wait till all the lights in town be, turn green before they, before they decide to move forward on their journey. And the reality is those lights never sync up. But like what I did with this book is I just took the first step. I asked people, would you like to be in this book? And then we figured out, the, and we had no process. And it got more and more and more to the point that we were able to publish a book with, with Linda and, and you, you ladies, um, One Habit for Women Action Takers, in 11 days. So um, I, I, guess, I guess the point is, is that you just have to move another step forward. You guys were, t- you know, we're talking about how the habits are very small, right? Well, they are small, but those little tiny steps become the thing now, don't they? They, they become those, that, that's another step. Because that, you know, and these habits are so important too, by the way, because that, you know, you get motivated in life, but that motivation just completely wears off. Eventually, you, you, it just isn't there anymore. And the only thing that's really is different between the people who are successful and the people that really want to be successful, they really want to be, is their habits, that once that motivation wears off, that they're able to pick up a foot and move forward and the next foot and next step after that. And by, and by the way, um, we just have some amazing people in, in these books now. Now we have two books out. And, and as you guys know, we're, we're, doing, we're going to be doing a book a month for the next two years. And it will go beyond that. Right now I'm looking at my wall because what I do is, is I, I put unreasonable goals on me. So the minute I make a, a, an agreement with somebody to do a book, I immediately create the cover. I create the advertising for it. I, I ask them to, to, you know, you fill out the form to uh, all the information that we're going to be putting on Amazon when it publishes. So on my wall right now, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 15 book covers that we've agreed to do that I've just now just started doing. It's really exciting. It's very, very exciting. And we, there's another 10 in the process that people are in different steps of their commitment and when they can do them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're, Chris, you and I are doing a book together soon too. Right. Which, which I'm, I'm pretty, I'm really excited about our book too, by the way, because I, oh. I think it's so important and so needed, don't you? Oh, I do. I do. Uh, if there was something out like that, you know, already, I know that I would be reading it uh, related to the whole bullying thing, but uh, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's just phenomenal, Steve, how this movement has, has gone on already and, and caught on. And so I really want you to, um, I mentioned about your backstory that I was going to save it for you to say. Um, so can you let people know how this came about, or it wasn't like you were five years old, I said, and then you woke up and said, when I grow up, I want to have a one habit movement. That did not <laughs> So tell Yeah, that, that didn't how, happen. <laughs> how, how these books actually transpired. Well, I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to give you a seed from a long time ago, but I'm going to, I'm going to rapidly accelerate uh, to the present day. Uh, when I was a stockbroker back in 2005 working for Dean Witter, um, I was amazed that I got hired as a stockbroker because I was right out of high school. But I was, kind of, I was good with markets, and I was good at expressing myself and connecting with people. And this manager of this office saw that and hired somebody that he probably shouldn't have hired because I didn't have any, any of the – I didn't have any of the, 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 the paper diplomas on the wall to say I deserved to be there. So what I did was um, I found the most successful broker 
in the country, which just happens to be in, in my office. And I started mimicking everything he did. Okay. And I literally, I came to work when he came to work. I went to lunch when he went to lunch. I watched him. He was on the phone. I picked up the phone. And I made phone calls. And after about three months of doing that, he was like, are you stalking me? I'd be like, no, no, no. Here's my, I, I got this thought process that I think the difference between, I've always thought this because I, I read, I had a copy of Three Can Go Rich the year I was born. My dad bought me a copy. Obviously, I couldn't read it until later, but I have a copy from the, from the year I was born. Um, and, I, and by the way, the other thing, too, is since I was a little kid, my father would buy these 78 records of uh, Zig Ziglar and Cabot Roberts and Norman Vincent Peale and Earl Nightingale, uh, Acres of Diamonds, Strangest Secrets, these amazing stories of motivation and, 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 and possibility. And I listened to them just thinking they were good stories, like bedtime stories, right? So this has been this stuff of the belief in the impossible and anything is possible has always been in my head. So anyhow, so I told El that I saw that his, I wanted to follow his habits and he began to teach me. And by following his habits, I became one of the most successful brokers in the country out of 8,000. I think it was in the top five. So that's always been in the back of my head, but it's kind of let go of it for a while. And then fast forward about three years ago, I was at, um, I was at Greg Reed's uh, Secret Knock and I was there with Greg. I was filming the event and doing the audio visual for him. And I had some free time and a camera. And all these successful people like Frank Shankowitz who started the Make-A-Wish Foundation and the guy who uh, invented the magnetic strip on the back of the credit card and, and uh, Mr. Awesome, uh, Eric Swanson. I love this guy. He's been one of the best connectors I've known. And I said, well, I've got the camera. Let's ask him all questions. And I said, uh, I said each of them, if you could instantly instill in a child one habit, what would it be and why? And they right. gave me these answers. And I didn't know where this was going to go. And it's just video. And I was like, and the answers were so amazing that I said, this is something. But that was three years ago. Fast forward again to about a, about a year and a half ago, I'm like, you know what? I want to take that idea and put it into a book. So I reached out to everyone I knew in the, in the personal development world, speakers and authors and like that, sent them an e email. And the ones I didn't know, I went online to the National Speakers Association, picked them up one at a time and wrote to them. And I told them I want to do this book, asked them if they want to contribute. And little by little, it took nine months to get the book done. And by the way, during the process of this, I, I had a literary agent that said to me, I want to promise you, you're not going to make any money on this. It's going to be cool. You're going to have a book, but you won't make any money at all. I'm like, why do people do this? Oh, because it's cool. You have a book. I'm like, no, no, that's not a thing. You know, publishing is a multi-billion dollar industry. Somebody's making money here. And so I went to a friend of mine, uh, Mark Tufo, who, who writes this horror series called Zombie Fallout. And I said, you know, you're self-publishing. You sold 6 million copies self-published. Can you teach me how to self-publish my book? And he said, yes, my wife, uh, Tracy, is the one that does it. She walked me through. She got me, this, she got me the software to get. She made all the introductions to the distribution all around the world, as well as Amazon, too, but all the other places, too, like all the library systems around the world and like that. And this was all happening while I was bringing habits in, not knowing how I was going to put this together and become a book. And it, it just all hit at the same time perfectly. And the, the day when all the final distribution agreements were, were, were signed, um, the book was done. I hit the button, sent to everybody, and became the first book, which I didn't know was a movement, by the way. And to the pseudo-twins, two contributors, these two amazing young ladies in, in the first book, One Habit, said, you know, Steve, this is more than just a book. This is way more. This is, this is a movement. And I was like, wow. Then I started thinking of this self, myself that, well, we can do One Habit for this. We can do it for that. And then, so then Linda and I got together to do the second book. And this is really exciting. And Linda is a master of processes. And I, I love great processes, but she had some ideas I didn't have. Number one, she came up with the idea that she goes, let's do an unhabit. I go, that's a great idea. And by the way, when you read the, when you read the book, some of the unhabits are better than habits. 
You know, aren't they? I mean, they really, they really are. And, and so she, we did the unhabit thing. But then she helped me with the idea of creating the process of rather than sending an email back and forth, back and forth, like creating the forms and just having all the submissions in one place. And that, that's what allowed us really to get the book done in 11 days. And so what's been cool about this is not only have I surrounded by the most amazing people like you guys on the face of the earth that, that, that motivate me and excite me and, and teach me every day, but we're getting better. You know, that we're getting better at this process of making the books. The books are better. The second book's better than the first one. The first one's great. The second one's even better. It's got more stuff. And the next one's going to be better, and they're going to get better and better and better. So um, that was the longest story possible, I could tell you. But that's the essence of how we got to here. Well, you are the creator of the movement, Steve. So we're not going to break in and stop you on, on telling the story. That's, that's why we're here, or you're why we're here. So thank you. That's um, very nice of you. Talking all day about you talking about the backstory. So um, everyone that's listening now, or whether they catch the replay, uh, that's a pivotal time that they need to just kind of spend just to see how all of this transpired and then what you went through and how you made the connections you needed to make and how you did the ask. We've been talking about that today too. You ask her what you need, even if you don't even know what you need, because mm -hmm. at the time you knew some of what you needed and then some things you, you didn't know. And oh my God. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? I mean, it's, it's amazing how many things you don't know that you, cause you just don't know. It's not even a thing that you, that you know that that exists, you know? Um, I got to tell you guys something really cool that's happening now. We're in the middle of this, okay? There is a machine. It's called, um, I think it's called an Edison. And it's about the size of a, of a big sofa. And it literally is, you, you hit a button, and it prints one book at a time. It prints them, binds them, perfect binds them, the glossy cover, just like, just like the books that we're doing right now. Okay. But it's going to allow us in our offices here in L.A., to be able to, if you call me up and say, Steve, Steve, I need 10 books tomorrow. Right now we have to go to the printer, we have to go to Amazon, order them, and that's gonna be, I mean, like the, like this Christmas was tough. I mean, was, some books took 25 days to get done. Linda, how long did you wait for yours? It was, it was it, I don't know if I you didn't get yours I haven't yet. got mine yet. Yeah. yeah, and so some people waited like almost a month to get them because of Christmas time. Now, with this new machine, we're gonna be able to hit a button and print five, print 10, print 100. I'll also, we'll also be able to print for other people as well. And, uh, and we're going to do a local uh, delivery service in, in L.A., in the L.A. area, where you'll be able to go online. You can have a book. You get a book that day if you need it. But the most important thing is not just selling the books there, but there's going to be this giant One Habit fan with the OneHabit.com on the side of it. It's going to be an orange fan, and it's going to be this billboard traveling around, around L.A. all day long where people see it, and it's, gonna be, it's an advertising paying, paid for itself. So this is a thing I didn't know existed, you know, and, but this, this is something that does exist. So we're working right now on the process. We're, we're going to get this machine. And so we're going to be able to, that's another bottleneck that we're able to remove. You know, if we need five books for a seminar in LA or in Santa Monica, I can have them tomorrow morning you know, or a hundred, whatever it is. So I'm really excited about that. But, but that's, and what's happening is every single day as I'm working with these incredible human beings, like you, like you guys, I'm learning what more we can do. Um, or like Court Davies. Uh, Court Davies and I are doing a book called One Habit to Beat Cancer. Uh, he has brought together a large group of cancer. He calls them cancer thrivers. And these are people that have um, actually been through the process, are now clear now. And it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a book of habits that they've used to help make it through the process. I'm really excited about this. But Court brought up the idea of putting together 
a uh, summit. So once you get the book, you can now get a summit that's an online summit where you can actually hear from and learn from the people in the book online in video format and eventually live as well. So, th th so this thing is, it really is a movement. It's just, it's just growing and growing and growing. It, it keeps getting uh, more, more extraordinary every day. Mm -hmm. You know, this is a prime example of kind of like what I mentioned earlier is like I have my vision, right? But mm -hmm. maybe something um, takes me off of my vision a little bit. I mean, takes me off of what I believe is my path, but really it's part of the path and we don't know really that while we're going through it, we don't know where it's going to end up, but it's like, you know, you jump on and that's what taking action is all about, right? That's like women yes. action takers. Like it's about taking action without knowing what the outcome is going to be because I'll give an example, you know, like Crystal and I, we both uh, interview stars on the red carpet, right? Mm -hmm. I'm doing this. I don't make any money doing this, but I love doing it. And I don't know how it's going to play into the future, but I know it is right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I'm just doing something that I was, that I was drawn to. And I was drawn to that thing for, I don't know what reason, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to take the action behind it. And that's kind of like what you're doing here, Steve. Like you're, you, this is turning into a movement because someone said, this is more than just a book, you yes. know, and they're like, yeah. maybe it is. Let's see what happens next. <laughs> you know, it's like, and you just keep, uh, keep building on it. It's, it's fantastic. If you hear it more than one time, I mean, because, you know, we've talked about that, too, and like a lot of different possibilities. Uh, you know, when we met in Beverly Hills, there's just so many uh, possibilities. It's just oh my it's God. incredible, simply yeah. incredible. And so when you talk about a movement um, and when you talk about all of the, the types of people that are in these books, oh, my gosh. I mean, like yeah, some of them are, you know. Doctors, lawyers, politicians, movie stars, um, a, a stay-at-home mom, somebody that's making cookies or just, you know, doing something related to something that's not making them a lot of money, but it's, it's about success. It's yes. about impact. It's about transformation. And all people in all walks of life, all of the different ethnic that are in, in this book, people from all over the world, this is definitely, definitely a movement. I was, um, I was talking to, um, it's in, about what you said, uh, my friend Malika Cod, he uh, owns the Halloween franchise, you know, Michael Myers, you know, um, and he's got, he just filmed one book, uh, one movie, there's another one coming out next year, and they've been, the last one was hugely successful in 2018. His father was a real mentor to him before he passed away, and one of the things his father told, taught him, that when his father was on a movie set, his father did the original Halloween, and did some amazingly huge um, movies, uh, like, like epic pictures, like Lion in the Desert. And um, his dad taught him that the best idea is the best idea, no matter where it comes from. Mm -hmm. And so within the books, what I, what I really am, am, am continually trying to do is not just get people that are just famous, right. but people that have the best idea. Now, if it happens to be that they're famous and they have the best idea, great. That's good. Then be a part of it. But if the best idea comes from, no matter where it comes from, it's the best idea. The best habit, no matter where it comes from, is the best habit. And, and by the way, you know, we, we look at people and we say, we put people in, in, in an order, right? But for some people, like, I, I remember when I first became a stockbroker, I wanted a 30,000 square foot mansion. Honestly, I couldn't care less. To, I don't even want that now. I, you know, I, 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 my, my, my desires and wants and my, and my, well, the biggest thing is I stopped keeping score based on money. And I heard you guys talking about that too before. You know, um, Mike Tankle and I, who my creative director for my company, who was um, responsible for most of the big uh, trailers and marketing that you've seen over the last 20 years in, in Hollywood came 
out of Michael Tankle's head. He ran Trailer Park, another company. Now he's doing his own thing. But, um, you know, he's the one that came up with the idea of the happy achiever. Because I said to him, I said, Mike, you know, I realized something that, you know, Steve Jobs was my hero when I was, when I was younger, and he's really not my hero anymore. Because he was super successful, a high achiever, but totally unhappy, right? And, I wanted, and he helped me to break down what the real thing was and what we could call this thing. Because I think somebody that is a true high achiever is basing their, the score on happiness, not on money. And so all the planes of existence, you know, with your family, with your God, with your friends, with your business, with, with your health, all those things to, to, to live at the highest level on that, that's what Mike said is a happy achiever. So we started, we pinned that, and that's why we call it the happiest achievers on the planet. Because they're not the highest achievers, I find they're the happiest. People that are living at the highest part of their existence possible. And by the way, being that we're not keeping score by money, you know, you know, a single stay-at-home mom could very well be a happier person and, and very well probably is than somebody running a $30 billion company. You know what I mean? It's based on happiness. Now, that guy could be happy too. If, if he Or that girl could be happy too running a $30 billion company if, if they're willing to live at the highest level and, and make room in their life. Dr. Richard Shimon is the number one cardiothoracic surgeon in the entire world. He's done... He's done 15,000, 10,000 operations. Most cardiothoracic surgeons do about 4,000 their whole life. He's also the head of cardiothoracic surgery. He's at UCLA. He came from Harvard. They stole him from Harvard. He's the head of cardiothoracic medicine at the American Medical Association. He's at the the peak of his life, at the peak of his career. And he's going to um, Aruba for three weeks with his entire family, just leaving that and being with his family for three weeks. He does that every single year, you know? And he's another example. We're actually doing a book together called, uh, i got to put on my glasses to see it. It's at the top of my wall here. It's One Habit for Medical Educators and Their Trainings. Where we're going to be, it's going to be for people getting out of residency, being in residency, how they survive that. i got to see the top of your wall now. It's <laughs> pretty, the top. I can't really turn around the camera, but it's pretty incredible. I, I literally have <laughs> this whole wall that goes to the ceiling with, with covers of books as well as my vision board pieces as well inter- intertwine with that. You know, I got my, my movie theater I'm going to get. I'm, I got my living room I'm going to get, my library I'm going to get. It's all on my wall right there. <laughs> so I'm literally staring at it all day long. I love it. <laughs> well, this has been fantastic. You know, um, being part of this, I, you know, I was introduced to you. You mentioned him earlier, you know, Eric, Mr. Awesome, you know, yeah. Eric Swanson. And um, I was introduced to you for the first book, One Habit. And, you know, we got on a, on a phone call and we were t- chatting. And I was the final contributor, I think. Of you were. You were the last one. Yeah, that's I true. Was, so yeah. that spot, I believe that spot was held for me, right, so that we could move to this this book that we're talking yeah, about today. The truth, yes. The universe does that, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, I, I didn't know what I was getting into. You know, Erica's like, you got to meet this guy, Steve. And I was getting on a call with Steve, and I'm like, I don't know what this call is going to be about. We'll see what he's going to try to sell me. Because you know, a lot of times, 
<laughs> a lot of times that's where my head goes because that's a lot of times what happens on a lot of calls, um, it seems lately. And, uh, but I was like, I'm going in with an open mind because I, I always, even though sometimes I feel like it's going to be like a sales call, I still want to learn from that person. What can sure. I learn from them? Yeah. Uh, you know, what, whatever it is. And then also have an open mind to like, maybe there's an opportunity here or a possibility that I would be closed to if I didn't get on that call. So that's how I approach every single phone call I get on, by the way. And, and so when we got on the call and we were talking about it, I was like, oh, this is really interesting. Yeah, I want to get on board. And then, and then we moved to the next thing, which was like, wouldn't it be cool if we did one for women action takers? And you oh, love yeah. the idea. Oh, I loved it Imme immediately, yeah. And I was like, let's do it. And then you gave me a deadline of December 15th, I think. And then you changed 16th. the date, December 16th. And then you changed the date to like right before Thanksgiving. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> well, the way, the way I changed it was so, so Crystal, I don't, I don't know if you're in the, in, in the uh, webinar we did. So Linda and I did a webinar and a lot of ladies showed up for it. And we were planning on doing the 16th. And, and as we're talking, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm listening, go, like, you know what? You ladies are, are action takers. You take action. Yeah. <laughs> Let's, how much, why don't you walk your walk? Let's do this. Let's publish this book on Thanksgiving Day. That's me knowing that I had to get it to Amazon three days before Thanksgiving just to have it approved and get in the system so I could start selling it, uh, the paperbacks and everything. And, uh, I think Linda was kind of surprised, but she was like, yep, let's do this. <laughs> and, and by the way, there's, there's, some, there's, there's a power in giving yourself unreasonable deadlines. <laughs> and this was certainly one. The first book took nine months. And we did this one in 11 days. Now, we put processes together that we didn't have before. We added stuff we didn't have. We added the, uh, the unhabit, which didn't exist before. So it was more stuff suddenly, right? But uh, it was pretty amazing, wasn't it? And, and, and I want to say something else, too, about, about Eric. So Eric is a true connector. Yes. Um, I've been thinking something. This, this thing's been spinning in my head. It seems to me that a connector kind of connects from the back. If he was in the front and he doesn't see anything, everybody's behind him, you can't really connect. But I, and I kind of do the same thing. I kind of sit back and I like to listen. Like I, I had my birthday party in September at my club, and there was like 75 people there. And I really spend most of my time just, just putting people together and listening. I, I find that just fascinating. I, I love doing that. Um, there's something to be learned about that, that sometimes you have to sit back and listen. You can't tell by me right now because I'm just doing number talking. But as a connector especially, it's, it's, it's kind of cool to sit back. That's what Eric is, isn't it? He just kind of sits back and goes, oh, you two should do business and, and just go. Uh, Greg Reed is great at that too. Uh, he he's like connects people too, and, and he always says to me, uh, "Now play nice." And he goes on his way and lets us connect. You know, John Shin is another one. John's another great one. John's in the, in the first one habit book uh, as as well. Another guy that's uh, an amazing connector. Connectors are very. I'm on a connector kick right now. I'm very interested in connectors. Well, you connected yourself to me because you you know uh, <laughs> for the the twins and. Yes. Uh, you sent me a message and it's not like you said, Hey, my name's Steven. I should be on your show. But it was like, you know, there, and like you said, Linda, you know, there's different people that contact me because they want to be on uh, whether they hear somebody else or, or however it may be. And so Steve contacted me and I'm like, okay. So I'm like looking up this guy and trying to get some information about him. And then I saw the one habit initiative. So even before he said anything else, I'm looking up one habit and I got intrigued. I got intrigued, so we started having some conversations, and I'm like, yes, definitely you should be on the show. And, and uh, then I ended up in the book, and now we're doing a book together. So it's, yeah. it's all about um, 
not just, uh, like you said, Linda, maybe like discounting with these different phone calls or when people get in touch with you, you can always learn something from whatever it is. And you never, never know what's going to happen based on that. And so it doesn't even matter if he had the one habit book or not. It might be that I was supposed to still interview him for a different reason, but it's snowballed. It just snowballed since then. I got to say something too about this particular book, One Habit for Women Action Takers. As I was putting the book together and doing the layout and everything, I obviously read every habit that came in. Um, these habits, quite frankly, is your husband or your boyfriend or any guy in your life can actually read these and they apply to everybody. Now, we just happen to use women action takers as the people that we're talking in the book, but really, it kind of, it really fits for everyone. I mean, I mean, it literally fits for everyone. I that's been the coolest thing because right now I'm working on all these. I'm working on ten books right now at the same time. I'm getting contributions on ten books at the same time, and and sometimes it's a bit to remember what I'm doing at any given point. But in reading each habit that is, that's coming in, and just putting things in my head and saying, "Oh, that's something that would help me," on all different levels, it's it's been it's been an amazing, unbelievable process and the amount of gratitude that I have just I want to let you guys know uh, for for you to work with me to be a part of this and to see something that I did and see that there's potential and and, and a future to it is I it, it means the world to me I, I wake up every morning with this huge sense of gratitude just just almost an unbelievable gratitude that this is getting bigger every day and I, you know, you guys were on, on the radio here all day long. I wasn't even around and you were creating life to what we built together. And that is, you know, I wish this for everyone that people could experience what we're doing. And I think they can, they just have to find out what their passion is and, and find a way to connect. And, and, and one more thing I think is important. I was interviewing Viola Davis for a movie called Beautiful Creatures. And I was talking to her, I was talking to her about the fact that here she is at the top of her career as one of the top actors in Hollywood for sure. And then Jeremy Irons is in the movie as well, another top actor and this director and writer. And I'm like, what is that dynamic like when you were, you know, literally the top of your field? She goes, well, you know, it doesn't feel like you're at the top of your field. As a matter of fact, here's what it does do. She said, movies are, are one, of the, one of the best examples of a collaborative art form. You can't do movies on your own. And, and I thought to myself, he goes, well, yeah, you can, you, can, you can paint on your own, you can write on your own. But there is, there is something amazing about collaborating with others that creates something so much bigger. It's, it's the mastermind principle, right? And a lot of people out there, for whatever reason, are just on their own path and just knocking people out of the way and just putting their head down and not realizing that they open their eyes. And... Like Linda, you talk to me, or you have a you have an appointment that you just don't necessarily want to go on, but you open your mind to it. I think that if people will open their minds up, open their hearts up a little bit, and just listen, they'll find there's so much more to life, so much more they can do with their lives by having other people in their lives, and that's what I, I I'm putting together by you know the, by the end of two years we'll have almost two thousand people in our books that all have something in common. That, that's something, right? And that, I'm so grateful for that. And we've been able to celebrate some of those commonalities today. Like we continue to uh, bring up the word fear. The word fear. Yeah. 
But but fear has been <laughs> a lot of people, uh, Steve, and in different ways. And so Linda talked about her book, and my my habit has to do with uh, being fearless. And uh, a number of the women brought up stories that are not just stories. I mean, this is their heart. This is their life that they had to live through related to fears. And, and Napoleon Hill talked about, you know, feel fears in the Think and Grow Rich book. And so it, there's so many people that are plagued with that, that all of what's going on in this book, if we tether it all together, it really can help a lot of people. And so the, the analogy that I gave, Steve, was that, there was one habit related to listening. There's another one talking about, you know, negative thought patterns and then, you know, what we speak and then how we live our life. So we're looking at this book makes up where we can use it to make people into whole people. I love it. Yeah. The whole yeah. people. Yeah. So um, it's just something that's just, I'm just in awe that, that I'm able to even be a part of this because it's it, it's real and we don't want people to get the jitters i was going like this like you try to like read all the habits and in, implement all the habits at once no no you just do one at a time baby take steps one habit yeah. take one habit and and see how it aligns because alignment was another habit of, uh one of the women talked about how does it align with what you already have as your your plan and your purpose and your mission for your life yeah. and implement that one and then go to the next one in the next one and and by the way that's why it's called one habit if you were just you just take one habit out of this book, it'll change your life. If you take five of them, you could change the world. I, I, I truly, truly believe that. And, and I want to talk, let's talk about something too. We're doing something, we're doing this pay it forward thing with all the books from this point on. We did it with this one. Every, every single person in the book um, received or is in the process of receiving, they, they, got, they bought 10 books. Keeping one, they're giving nine away. And they're giving them to the people as, as a contributor to the book that they think that will help the most. And they're giving it to them and saying, listen, here's what I want you to do. I'm going to give you this book. It's going to change your life. I want you to pass that forward. I want you to get 10 books for yourself. And I want you to give those 10 books away to people that you can really change your life and affect them. Because that, I realized when we did the first book that now we did a book. But I never really took advantage of this 100 amazing, incredible people in there. So Lynn and I talked about this with the second one. I said, listen, we, we got these amazing women. They have these huge connections, these huge groups around them. Let's actually physically in the real world beyond just being on Amazon. Let's go out of our way. Let's give people books. Let's take pictures with them. If you go to one habit uh, page on Facebook today, uh, we're creating a big collage of all the people that have sent in pictures holding the books and it's so beautiful. And so we're taking that book thing and, and as part of the movement, we're doing this pay it forward thing. We're in all the future books too. Everybody that does a book with us gets 10 books and gives nine away. And that's the way you spread the work. And that becomes something very big. Because of the nine people you give them to, they get 10 and they give those away. And, but you give it to them in a heartfelt way where you're like, I think this will change your life. I'm giving you a gift. And because I'm giving you the gift, I want you to pass this gift on and here's how you do it. And that's how we change the world. We change the world one person at a time. You change yourself one habit at a time. Small, tiny steps can be incredibly impactful to all of us. As long as we're not doing this, as long as we're sitting back and looking over and past all the steps to get to this goal we have out there. Right. You know, kids are so resilient. There is, in one habit to beat cancer, one of the contributors talked about their habit was to do one hurdle at a time. 
And she talked in her habit about how there was other kids in the cancer ward that were, they were jovial and they were positive and they were happy because they weren't thinking about, oh, where I have to get to, they're thinking, about, I just got to get over this one hurdle. And it kind of sucks and it does suck a lot and it's terrible. But I just gotta, and then I got to go to the next hurdle. But so they're, they're more in the present and not worrying about anything else. And they have this positivity because of that. Um, we all need to do the same thing. We need to just one, one hurdle at a time, one habit at a time, pay, paying it forward one person at a time. Small steps are so impactful. And sometimes the most simple ones we overlook because we think, oh, that's too easy. Mm-hmm. But sometimes those are the best things we can do. Yeah, and that's why I like how the book is outlined because uh, it gives the information, you know, about the people's uh, backstory, about the habit, and about the unhabit. And what we talked about earlier as well is that something may resonate if, if you say it, but it may be that it, it resonates better if, if someone else says it or someone else. It's the same principle, but just yeah. the life story behind it is what makes it. Yes. And that is what can help someone. So it's where they may actually implement more than one habit, but it, it's all related to the same concept. So there's a lot of different ways that you can use this book. And I want Linda to um, jump in here and ask a few questions or say a few things while Steve is still on. Our next guest is supposed to be on in about five minutes, Steve. So I want uh, yeah. you got me for five more then. Linda to help to bring this home. So what I'd like to do is uh, maybe spend the next two minutes, you know, talking about how people can be involved in the future books. If you have the titles of all the future books, please mention those so that way they can decide which ones, which one or ones would work for them. And then also before we go, because, you know, Crystal, I want Crystal to have an opportunity really quickly to talk about her habit, and, you know, and how she came, um, came about with that habit. So Steve, why don't you share with our audience how they yeah. can be part of this, this movement? Okay, so what we're doing is if you go to onehabit.com, the number one habit.com, all the future books are, the covers are there. And so if you see something that resonates with you and something you think you'd like to be in, you just write to us. You write to us at info at, one, at onehabit.com. And um, that's pretty much it. You know, you tell us that you're interested, we'll send you a link. Yeah, if you scroll, you scroll down a little bit. Yeah, so these are, the, these are some of the future books right now. We have the first one. We have the one we did together. But there's one habit to beat cancer. There's one habit for music producers, for authors, uh, for creative professionals. And we'll keep adding, even though they're not for sale yet, we'll add the book covers on here to let people know this is what's coming up. Once you decide that you would like to participate in a book, we send you a simple one-page link. And in this one-page link is everything you need to submit. It's uh, your information, it's your habits, your unhabit, your reasons why, your bios, your pictures, your agreement to submit, everything's in there. And we made it really easy to, to contribute to the book. We figure it takes about an hour to put your submission in because we made it so simple now. So it's, it's quite, quite easy. And then once, uh, then once we're ready to publish, you know, you're going you're gonna to get your 10 books, you're going to give nine away, you're going to take pictures with your friends holding them, and you're going to help us to spread the message. It's real simple. Also, if you have a book in your mind, a one habit book that might work, uh, I'm very interested in hearing new books because we now we open Envision Media Press. You're able to, we're able to publish more and more of these one habit books. Um, to be a co-author of a book like Linda is, you have to have been in a previous one habit book. The reason is, is to be a co-author, you have to be through the process. 
you have to experience it as an author to understand what it was like to contribute, what the marketing was like, the whole thing. If you've done that one time, you are now open to do a co-author book with us. And once again, the process is very simple with that as well. Excellent. And when you co-author, you get your name on the cover. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? And you know what I like, Steve? Uh, there, well, I like a lot of things, but what I, I think is cool is how you have different pictures for each habit. So, like ours is women action takers, so it's mm -hmm. pictures of women. And you have you know the different pictures. I think that's very clever. If, so you look, if you look at the website, I want to show you a really cute one. I, I hope it's up there. It's uh, One Habit for World Changers. I, yeah, I that, hope was I, that was my favorite. That was my favorite. Isn't it cute? Or is, I think it's, let's, let's yeah, scroll, it scroll up there. He's got the little, the little people with the world above them, yeah. Yeah, and they're, they're tanning a heart. I just thought that was so cute. Uh, I'm really having fun with this. When I, once I got the idea what the layout was going to look like on these books, and to find an icon that really represented which, which topics are about, um, that was a lot of fun. Power Couples is pretty cool, too. The yeah. uh, two people with the heart. I, I'm, really, I'm really enjoying. And by the way, I don't know where this creativity is coming from. I do and I don't. You know, I, I, I know where it comes from. But it's just, it's just amazing that the, the ideas that are coming to us and how we're doing this marketing, it's just, it's just an amazing thing. So who you guys come, who you got coming on next? Well, first, before we got our next person coming on, Crystal, I want you to just briefly you know, touch on your habit because we do have only a couple minutes left. So touch on your habit and you know, share with us what, like, what inspired you to come up with that habit. Okay, so my habit is fearlessly live out loud as your best self each day. And the fearlessly portion is what we've been really kind of touching on is, uh, you know, I've had a number of fears that I've suppressed over the years, being 55 years old and still only being not even two years old in, in my self-development journey. Uh, it, it's, it's been a lot. It's been uh, not overwhelming, but it's been fun. It's, there's been a lot of tears because I've had to face my fears. And so the book that uh, I did discuss with Steve has to do with bullying and just being able to see how that has shaped me as an individual um, and, and my whole thought process related to certain things. I, I never knew that it was really related to those things that happened to me in, in elementary, junior high, high school, and even as an adult, allowing myself, allowing myself overly concerned about what people think and then overly concerned with, um, depending on what they thought, allowing myself to be to be bullied by them. And so some of that has been, it's been racial, some of it has been, um, you know, being a female, and, and it, there's a number of things related to that. So I looked at this as a way to be able to give people some of that story and, and talk about how you can fearlessly live out loud as your best self. Um, have had a number of accomplishments, you know, international author, trainer, and done a number of things in my life, but most of it has been with me projecting and talking about things and talking about other people, helping them and not helping myself. And so oh. that, that's what I thought was key to be able to bring out in this particular book. Oh, that's, that's awesome. I love yeah, that I'm because sure. you mentioned something about uh, bullying, allowing people to bully me because really uh, we, you know, and Jack Canfield talks about it in the success principles. The number one principle is to take full responsibility for your life. And sometimes that's a hard pill to swallow, right? It's like people were, they were doing this, they were doing that. He or she was doing this to me and that caused me to, you know, but the reality is that we allowed it to happen. But it's, it's learning the processes in our minds of how to, um, I call it deflect it. 
like, so the bullying can come my way, but I deflect it. Now, I've never felt bullied in my life, and I think it's just because I ignored it, you know, <laughs> because, you know, I was picked on, but I never felt it as like a, like a, a bullying kind of thing, and I think it's just because I was like, okay, whatever, I can pick on myself just as well as you can. You don't need you guys to pick on me. I, I beat myself up all day long. You know, I, I did. Well. <laughs> yeah. And I really did. Like, I, I became an expert at, at picking on myself because, you know, I heard it from other people, and that's what I learned. But, but the thing is that um, it's like learning how to deflect that so that it doesn't adversely affect us, I think, is the key there. But I love that, Crystal. It's, it's so – I'm excited to um, see your book, the bullying book. I'm not sure I'll be able to – participate in that one I have to think of something because <laughs> I'm loving all the books that are coming out you know being able to uh, participate in them and you know and people listening you know you can participate in every single book it's up yeah. to you so it's not like you have to oh I got to choose that one you know no choose if you want to be in more than one of the books be in more than one of the books be part Absolutely. of this tremendous movement you can't have the same habit in two books just you have a different habit that you share with the world yeah, it depends on what what's about. Yeah, like if, if you're a part of a power couple, that's a great one. If you're a creative professional, you're a painter, a writer, an artist of some time, you know, you, you're also that too. Uh, authors, we're doing One Habit for Authors, and that's an interesting one I'm doing with um, with Raymond Harlow because that uh, a lot of authors feel like they're an island out there. And uh, you, if there's they don't really go to author summits. I mean, they're, they're out there – they are and they aren't. Once you get one book behind you, you kind of feel like, you know, I can't do that anymore. It's not cool. So we're creating a book to have to help authors with the habits and the things you can do to stay creative, to stay on path, to kick stuff out, uh, processes, all, all that kind of stuff. I'm really excited about that book too. It's gonna be another great one. Yeah, and I think it also helps people to understand that they're not alone and, and to help people yeah. to understand that um, everybody has like a slightly different perspective. We all have lived our own life. We haven't lived someone else's life. We've lived our mm -hmm. own life. And, and in doing that, it helps us see how there is so much overlap. And Linda, I didn't bring up yet, you know, the, your comment about being able to say, I love you. That was something that was uh, uh, true for me as well. It wasn't until I was an adult that I was, they were like, well, is she ever going to get married? Because she can't even say that, you know, and I would write it, I would draw it and color it, but saying it verbally uh, was, was an issue for me. So that's interesting that you had that as, as one of the things that you mentioned too. Well, you know what, actually, Crystal, that's my habit in the first book too. It says, it's, I think it's a, it says, say, I love you to yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I had to learn how to love myself before I could truly know how to love others. And yeah, so it's, uh, it's awesome. So go get the first book too, peoples. <laughs> go yeah. to onehabit.com. Again, that is the number one habit.com. Uh, currently, the books that are out is the One Habit book, and then there's the One Habit for Women Action Takers. The other books will be coming out every month. There's going to be a new book coming out. And mm -hmm. if you want to participate in one of those books, you know, reach out to Steve's team. And again, that was info at envision.tv, and that's E N. B-I-S-I-O-N dot TV. Correct, Steve? You're right. Thank you. Okay. Yes, that's it. <laughs> All right, so I am a dinosaur. I'm going to let you girls go on. And I, I'm just going to sit back and keep working and listening to this great show. You keep guys listening got, to us, yeah. Yeah, you got a little while longer to go. It's, it's, but you, you've been amazing. The energy's been incredible. The guests have been amazing. I, I truly appreciate uh, both of you so much. And these other authors, it's been, like I said, I, I am – I am living in this ridiculous gratitude every single day that uh, that I'm blessed with, and I just uh, 
I'm just blown away, and I appreciate everything so much. Well, well I, you know, the last thing I wanted to say before you go, Steve, is anybody listening to this or watching this, you know, if you'd like to have Steve on your show, please reach out to him. Again, that's info at envision.tv. You know, let's let's share this one habit movement and you'll know, have him on your show. If you want to have anybody, any of the women that have been in the, on the show as well, like I'm up for, you know, every possible interview because I know that there is a, an oper- a chance that I might say something that's going to change somebody's life. So I'm all for, you know, living out loud, you know, like Crystal has, you know, fearlessly out loud, right? <laughs> Love it. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. I'm out of here, guys. There's now going to be three of you. There's four of us now. Good good seeing everybody, and, and I'll be ta- I know I'll be talking to you very soon. Yep. Thank you, Thank Steve, you. for everything. Bye-bye. Really appreciate it. Thanks. Bye. Hello, Nicole. Hi there. How are you? I'm doing awesome. How are you? Wonderful. Thank you. I'm sorry I'm a little late. <laughs> Oh, no problem. We were on with the creator of the movement, so we were not at, at a loss for uh, filling that time because it's just always so great to, to talk to Steve. So and, and Crystal and I are never at a loss for words anyway. So. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> so, Nicole, we're in our second segment of the day. We're, we're um, basically wrapping up the day with the next few interviews, and so we're happy to have you on and uh, want to have you introduce yourself to everyone so that they know who you are before we get into some talks about habits. Absolutely. Well, I'm Nicole Clark. I live in Ohio, a little small southern town, and I've recently become a mompreneur, what I call myself. Um, I wrote a book and published it back in April called The 10-Minute Refresh for Moms, and I teach moms how to have less stress and more joy, because what mom doesn't want want and need more of that? Right, right. I also, I have a um, lovely Facebook group of moms that we support each other, work together. I love to do interviews and to share everyone's superpower, because I highly believe that every single person has something amazing to add to this world, and we just need to find out what it is and allow them to shine. Well, that's great. That's great, because... Finding it out and then allowing them to shine and celebrating that, that's what I'm all about. You know, I have a book that's called Celebrate the Things That Make Us One um, because we look Ah. at things a lot as opposed to what what makes us united. And then um, even one of my uh, main CDs that I have is called Celebrate God. And then there's a whole bunch of other celebrate stuff that I do. So I'm all about celebrating. And, And moms should be celebrated. Oh, my gosh. It's such a hard job, you know. They don't None get of us would be here if, if we didn't have a mom. Right. Thank you for That's that. Right. <laughs> you need to have a mom. At least to be here. Amen to that. <laughs> so you have this group and uh, you're, you're helping to celebrate. What, what's one of the big things that you like to celebrate? Well, like I said, they're superpowers. I believe that every one of us has something absolutely unique to each of us that only us can can offer the world and when you allow a mom to understand that she's she's more than somebody that picks up the kids and brings them to and fro and cleans up the house and but she has something bigger to reach for and to add to this world and that she and it's not not to diminish the fact that you know all those little jobs are not little but they add up and sometimes we get lost in motherhood we lose our identity and I like to I like to help moms rediscover their purpose in life that's that's something that they can add to the whole world by by 
you know, filling up other people with their superpower. I think that every one of us has one of those. Do you have like cool names for the superpowers? Do any of the moms have like some really awesome names? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, come that'd be, on. That'd be fun, but um, every mom has something. Like some moms are really good at, at patience. <laughs> and the patientator. They're the patientator. Like we got to come up with some things <laughs> for you. Girl, you're that's making good. That's good. That's, I like it. I like it. Well, as, you know, it's funny a, you said that, Crystal, because mine, I call it actionator. Oh, you do? <laughs> yes, you're an actionator. That goes along with your, your book, this new book, Exactly, right? <laughs> exactly. So, Nicole, we need to help put this book together for you, for all of these superpowers for these moms. And each name in this book, there'll be 100 people in here, and they all need to have some super, super awesome. <laughs> I can't say the word superpower and not have a cool name. Come on. Okay, I'm going to, you just made me made me excited to come up with challenge accepted right challenge, challenge taken yes <laughs> absolutely go back here. you get off this call right now and go back and tell them they already <laughs> 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 yes ma'am <laughs> one of our other guests talked about the you know the kids called her bossy when she was younger i think i'm still bossy but it's for a good reason because that's that that was a great idea i think <laughs> it is absolutely that's a great idea. Okay, so what, what is your unhabit? Oh, my unhabit would be, uh, let's see, it's to stop beating yourself up, to stop listening to that inner critic that's just tearing you apart and making you feel less than all the time. That so many of us compare ourselves to other people and we get caught in this competition trap or comparison trap where we just feel not good enough all the time. And when we can learn to silence that inner critic and get to the point where we recognize the good things that we're doing every day, like my habit of celebrating the small things and the small wins that you do every day, rather than beating yourself up and not, not feeling good because you didn't cross off the mountain list of things that you have on your to-do list and start saying, you know what? Every single little thing I do is awesome. And it's deserves to be celebrated rather than bullying myself. Cause I think so many of us bully ourselves so much to the point where we don't feel good and we feel worthless and worth um, like we're not good enough as parents or as people when we're just not giving ourselves enough credit. Right. And I think we allow other people to do that as well. My, my book that I'm going to be doing is, is related to bullying, but you, you brought up something that, that was key to me um, about, not giving ourselves credit. Part of it too is listening to other people that did not give us credit. Okay. Mm. So more putting more power in the people that did not give us credit. A husband comes home and the wife did like 12 different things with the kids and with the house. And then they pick on that. And so sometimes we have to celebrate ourselves and give ourselves credit and even let the other person know, well, um, yeah, that one thing didn't get done, but I'm real excited about all the other things that got done. And, and you know, you're not going to take that joy away from me. You have to be. Yes. To <laughs> yes, so much. Yes. Because so we so often we depend on other people's opinions of us to feel good about ourselves, to validate ourselves from other other people's validation rather than giving it to ourselves. And I actually write about that, that in my 10 minute habits or 10 minute refresh for moms because when you learn that you can be your own cheerleader and you can give yourself that credit, you don't need it as much from anybody else. You start feeling exactly doing the happy dance. You start doing the happy dance every day 
And that's actually one of the things I say to do, you know, do that little dance after you finish the dishes or after you finish folding laundry or get one little email written or whatever the little baby step is. Do a little dance or sing a song or give yourself a high a pat on the back or high, high five in the mirror, you know. All We're totally twinsies. Oh, my gosh. You and I are like twinsies. <laughs> Like my, yeah, my habit is to pat yourself on the back, you know, regularly. But then also I love to say um, stop being your own worst critic and start being your own best cheerleader. Because really, if, if I'm looking outwardly, the example I gave Crystal, you know, like washing the dishes. Um, like, for example, I like I wash the dishes every day, right? It's part of my thing. I don't want to say it's my job, my duty, but it's just the thing I do. And then when my husband washes the dishes, though, he wants me to congratulate him and thank him for washing the dishes. So it's kind of, but I was like, but I washed the dishes 360 days and I didn't get thanked for that, you know? And what I realized that is I was doing that. I was looking out to him for that congratulations or that thank you and stuff, you know? And so, but he does, he does uh, thank me a lot more now because I've taught him that, you know, I, like my, my love language is words of affirmation. Mm, so me too. All I, <laughs> All I want you to do is say thank you. I mean, it doesn't take much, you know. So it's, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. But I had to learn to thank myself. Yeah, and, and I want to flip that because I talk about flipping. We have to use those love languages on ourselves. We have to use them on ourselves. You know, the words of affirmation and, and giving of gifts. So holding our own hands, you know, giving ourselves. All of those are, are key. And I just want to say something about the whole real competitive and there's this card game called spoons i don't know if you've ever heard of it but um there's some teenagers they were little and now they're older and older and older and all of them try to beat me and they can't beat this old lady in that game so i win i run around the room i run outside the whole neighborhood knows that i won so i celebrate myself linda i celebrate myself that's awesome that's what was the name of the game what was the name Okay, I've never heard of that one. Okay, cool. Check it out. <laughs> it can be kind of deadly, so um, just keep that in mind. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Nicole, other than the fact that you and I have to get together on these superpower names, I am totally serious. I don't say things I don't mean. We're getting together on these names, okay? Amen. I love it. <laughs> I think it'll be fun. Up. It's like, this crystal is crazy. <laughs> Do you have any final comments for us? <laughs> no, but if I had to give myself a superpower right now, I'd probably say I'm the diaper queen. <laughs> the diaper queen. I, I have changed so many diapers. I've got six children, you know, and I feel like I'm just constantly like, yeah, I, I'm not very good at naming, but. <laughs> Some kind of diaper name is just going to blow people away. So. Yeah, help me, you'll help me brainstorm that. I just, I think Diaper that Nista. Diaper Nista or something. I don't know. We're going to come up with some, something, man. <laughs> You're fun. I love it. <laughs> time for our next guest, and we really appreciate you being on. And if anyone wants to get more information about Nicole, uh, what chapter are you, Nicole? She's chapter four. So yeah, she's chapter 53. four. Yeah. Um, uh, no, you're chapter four. So she's your chapter four in this book. So in the hard copy book, she is <laughs> chapter four. So go to onehabit.com. That's the number one habit.com. Find Nicole in there if you want to connect with her. You know, just, uh, just go check it out. Get this book and give it to your friends. It's going to help other people to do what they need to do to change their lives. Yay, boy. 53, she's right here. And her book is going to be about superpowers for moms. So we got <laughs> That's Come right. Out. One habit for superpower moms. 
right, one hundred for super moms. I love it. <laughs> love it. Thank you so much. Have a great, great day and the rest of your holiday. Thank you. You too. Thank you so much for being part of this movement. Thank you. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. All right. Thanks. Bye. Okay. And we have. Wow. We're moving right along, Crystal. We're almost done. Oh, my goodness. This has been awesome. I've never been in a six-hour thon. (laughs) Hi. Can everybody hear me? We can hear you. Is your volume all the way up? Probably is, but hi. Here you are. We see you now. Here you are. Hello. <laughs> so this is exciting. Thanks for having me here today. And I got my book. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Oh, wait. Hold your book up. Wait, hold your book up. Oh. Screenshot. <laughs> so thank you for being on. And we will talk about this book. And we'll talk about your next book and all the amazing things that you're doing. Just so happy to be on with you. I almost wore those earrings today. I have those same ones, but they're like golden. Um, I almost wore those, but I think, I don't know what I wore. I wore something else. I love earrings. Um, So introduce yourself to everyone and uh, then we'll jump into some habits. Absolutely. Well, my name is Marilyn Crump and I'm sitting here um, in Virginia. I am known as the expert dream catcher. I'm a business coach and a mentor. My husband and I own Art Inspired LLC. And I just love helping entrepreneurs, especially creative ones that need a really solid plan. And so part of my habit kind of helps people with that kind of thing for their business. That's awesome. That's awesome. And so how long have you been doing this? I have been an entrepreneur since I was in high school. I started teaching uh, piano lessons to area kids, and actually uh, my mom would pimp me out to sing um, for birthday parties. So I grew up very um, creative and in performance, and so when I got to college, I decided, well, you know, I think I want to do a self-design major. So I self-designed my major. My dad got me into photography, so as a musical theater self-design major, I had my fancy camera as well, so people were asking to get their pictures taken, and this was back when it was film, and then people started paying me for that, and then I was like, well, wait a minute, <laughs> like, I think I can just go ahead and start a business, so I started Art Inspired, which included um, my web designing, I did photography, and then any other kind of freelance performance, and then it just kind of grew and evolved from there. Uh, By the time I met my husband, I was already helping other photographers um, embark on their careers. So that's how I got started in coaching other creatives. And then through word of mouth, I started coaching other types of entrepreneurs. Because once you learn one whole type of like um, system, it normally works for everything else. So that's what I've been um, doing. And it just is so much fun to help other creatives like be successful. Mm -hmm. It is fun, isn't it? It really is. (laughs) <laughs> what you do is it, it's fun. And so um, I want to, um, uh, like Steve said, uh, he was on earlier and he kind of, I guess, validated my thought too on some of the habits are really, really great. And I love your habit, but I'm also drawn to the unhabits. And the one that you have for your unhabit, again, is one that plagues everyone in, in, in at least one area of their life, if not almost every area. And so can you give us your unhabit so we can explore that a little bit? Sure. The unhabit is indecision. So like you were saying, there's so many people that you run into and they'll uh, tell you one thing. They'll say, okay, I think tomorrow I'm going to do this. And then 
you see them a week later and you ask, hey, how's that thing going? Well, I haven't really gone for it yet. I'm really not sure if I should. And what happens with that is um, most people get stuck there instead of really trying to say, well, I want to explore what I could do or I don't want to be um, looking uh, for perfection. So I'll go ahead and act on it. But most people like hold themselves back too much because there's either fear or wanting to be that uh, perfect person right away. I'm actually here at an event for one of my clients. Um, She's launching a new program. And since this was like her first event, you know, when we first got here, part of her like, oh, should I, should I have done this? You know, it was, it was these fears. And I said, you know what, you're not at your pinnacle. Like you need to get yourself established. And this is one of those things that you, you know, you pay your dividends. And I'm so glad you decided to do this and really took the leap in order to get that history um, underway and to show people that, yes, you're going to be the one to show up. It might not be perfect, but I think, you know, if you get stuck in indecision, you'll never see what it could have been. And um, I just feel like if anyone had to clear out a, a bad habit, it would be being stuck in indecision. Yeah, and I think a lot of times we get into indecision because we compare. And yes. it, it is where we would learn whatever we need to learn, whether there's 100 people, 1,000 people there, or just two people, you're going to learn what you need to learn in that because life lessons sometimes come from where we least expect, and that's in, in one of my books. And so um, I, I, I really appreciate um, the whole thing related to, to indecision. And, and when, you, when you look at that, has, have there been clients that it's been hard to pull them out of that? Uh, or is it where they listen to you right away and they're okay? Like, what, what's that journey for some people? Well, I talk about this moment of taking a leap, and I'm the kind of person that you meet after you've taken the leap. So sometimes if a client is coming to the table and they're like, I'm really not quite sure just yet, I do have other coaches that I refer them to because in my process, I mean, I'm, I'm go, 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 right? So in order for people to start working with me, they're going to get pushed a little bit harder than they would if it's just, um, you know, kind of making a decision because where I'm at in my field, it's all about strategy and planning and creating these milestones. So if you're not fully vested yet in the decision, then normally, you know, it, it, we stay in touch. And I, I see how the progress is going mentally and I'm, you know, I'm there for encouragement for sure. But sometimes they will need somebody else to really kind of get them to that confidence level to really approach here. So um, I used to try to do everything at once. I'm sure other coaches were the same. It's like, okay, let me, let me help you with this. I'll help you with that. I'll help you with this. But it kind of bogs down the other processes. So what I've just found is that I, I am so much better when people have that kind of, I'm going for it, Marilyn. I'm going to make my dreams happen this year. I need your help. I'm ready now. And I love that. That's pretty exciting. And I've had people who like have waited like a whole two years um, in order to get to that point. And hey, by the time they got there, it, it felt great for both of us. And it's just smooth sailing from there. Yeah, and it takes different people different amounts of time to get there. And uh, I think we're kind of like twins on that as well, because people that don't even know each other in meaning some people in this area of my life or another area or even other cities have called me Sergeant K. It's not because I've been in the army or, or anything. It's just, they know that I'm about business. And if we, you say you're going to do something, then we're going to drill it until it gets done, you know? And so sometimes we need people like that in our lives, but sometimes people are not ready for that. Right. And that's what you're saying. Sometimes people are just not ready for you. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting um, because there was something you said that I think that was very important is the distinction because a lot of times some 
a lot of times people think they have to be able to help all those um, in all those areas. See, now I'm the other side because I'm the one who helps them break through the fears, right? Because that, so I'm, I'm like at the front end where I'm helping them break through the fears. And what I used to think was I had to be able to help them break through the fear and help them build the business and help them do all this. But I feel like what you're saying here, see, because it's like I'm one half and then you're the other half, right? Because now I help them break through the fear. Now it's time for them to go on to the expert who can help them get to that next level. Maybe they're going to encounter another fear along the way. They come back to break through that fear. And then they go on to the next level. But it's, it was um, Jennifer Harris earlier this, uh, this morning, she mentioned clarity, you know, being really clear in what it is that you do, you know, who you serve and all that. And so you having that clarity, let me ask you a question. You said, I used to think I needed to be able to do it all, right? So what happened when you came across that moment where you're clear in that, no, I don't help everybody. These are, I don't help these people yet until they get to this point. And when you discovered that, how did your business change? Well, part of that is that habit that I put in the book about efficiency. So what tends to happen with a lot of entrepreneurs are like, let me add as many income streams as I can. But what happens then, you're not running every piece of it optimally. You're probably running some things mediocre, some things are average, but until you get that momentum, that traction, you're going to be frustrated. So what I, what, is, what I decided for myself was to first get feedback, right? So when I was kind of going around to my other clients and saying, how did I really help you? Like, what do you think was the most valuable piece that I gave you? And most of them are like, hands down, the strategy. And so if people are already telling me that, I mean, I don't need to uh, stretch myself too thin. If I'm already getting amazing validation from people that I've helped, then I really should focus there. And that's a treasure to have, having that history. So I tell people, it's okay if you're kind of scattered in the beginning because you're learning and you're kind of working towards that finesse. And when people can actually give you feedback because they've worked with you for so long, I mean, that is so valuable. So I do owe it to my clients that they've helped me come up with really where my lane is. And uh, my husband as well. I mean, I just love him, love him, love him. He's my best friend. <laughs> and, you know, and I can also see the joy that I bring to the table because I like tinkering with ideas. I love putting things together. I love that kind of like, okay, let's sit down and get a little bit nerdy on you and then let's really, really plan it out. I mean, I just love that. So why not do the really big piece that I super duper love? That's excellent. Yeah, wow. So when you went into that, how did it change? I just, you know, unapologetically <laughs> decided, you know, I can help with little bits of here just so I can hear what's going on. But if, I, if it's more in depth with certain pieces, I have fantastic resources. And I'm so glad I'm meeting all you ladies too, like finding out, uh, Linda, that you're like that piece before the, you know, the jump. And so um, for me, it's just, you know, just getting that kind of, you know, um, confidence too and what I can give and provide and I really don't have to overthink it it's part of the process of being efficient and being decisive is to say that you know I feel good about this and and I don't have to really explain myself to everybody else it's going to benefit me it's going to benefit the right people people I don't have to have millions of people work with me if that's not where I'm at at this point in my career but you know you just kind of take it one day at a time but always like I always love having that positive frequency that I can, you know, stand in. And I just feel like if that's where I'm at, that's where I'm at. And people will meet me there. And they have. Mm -hmm. 
And I think what, one thing that you said was really key too is that you were not, not afraid, um, well, maybe you were, I'm not sure, but didn't seem like you were afraid to ask for feedback, okay? Ask for feedback. So many times, you know, we don't want to have that criticism, and that is one of the, the fears, you know, related to Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich, is uh, the fear of criticism. And so having where you were able to tell them I'm what sorry. really helped them related to strategy was then an area where you could then hone in your skills there and know that you were really, really, really creating value. That's right. And I feel like, too, if you already have um, people that resonate with you, they are excited when you're growing because then you can show them new things that you've discovered. And I always tell people, if I learn something good, I'm going to teach it. You know, like I'm, I'm not going to hoard all this wisdom or all this experience. It's not meant to be, I'm not the end point. I'm just a conduit to bring it forward to somebody else who might need it. So I feel very fortunate being in this position that, you know, even if I shift, there's going to be people that don't know what I know and I can help them all along the way. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's good yeah, stuff. Yeah. Having that abundance mindset, I think is, you know, that's what leads to more abundance, right? When we have that, um, what I learn I'm going to share because if we're, if we hold it to, you know, hold it close to our chest and, you know, it's just not, um, it's, it's closing doors for other people. So yeah. that's awesome that you do that. And we only have one minute left. So is our next guest, um, oh, we don't have a next what guest. What I wanted to do was to say something about the awesome, amazing book that they're doing. Awesome. Yes, let's go. So yeah, go ahead. So, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty exciting. I just happened to ask the question because I was very curious. I said, well, what, what would it take to be um, a co-author of one of these books? And Steve said, you know, just send the topic. And I was like, well, my husband and I have been talking about this for the past year. And I said, power couples would love to like, you know, hear other people's stories because, you know, when you're so ingrained in your business, you see each other all the time. You always wonder, is there other people like us like doing this kind of level of like partnership relationship building and things like that. So, so I'm very excited to announce that myself and my husband, Kenneth Crump, we're going to be um, like co-authors for uh, the subject of power couples for one habit. And, uh, Still, you know, it's still in the early stages, so people have the opportunity to submit if they haven't already. And already the feedback, I'm just like, you know, you start coming up with, oh my gosh, I do know this couple. And yes, they are inspiring. And so I can't wait to discover more. I just feel like when you have that mastermind already built in into your household, it is just so much fun. You know, you, you have a better time and, you know, your happiness and success just comes easier. Well, I have a question. Uh, what is what would be considered a power couple? So, if somebody's listening and you know yeah. they're married and they're like, "Well, I'm not sure if we're really qualified as a power couple." Like, what does that actually mean? I think if they add the letters E M in the beginning and I N G at the end, it's perfect. Empowering couple, right? Because not it doesn't mean that oh we're both like big moguls of industry. I just feel like as a power couple, you're supportive of each other. You're, you're there as a cohesive team. And, you know, you probably are making big plans and that's exciting too, but it all comes down to how that relationship um, is. We have five children and a business and a bunch of other things that we're interested in. So, you know, it's really those key things that we are able to connect together that's going to make us successful in our mindset. So whether other people um, want to like, create a different, you know, kind of picture of that success. It's, you know, it's not for us. We know what we want in our life 
and to us we're a power couple because simply because we're connected and working together what an awesome definition I love that and, and would a power couple only be in business yeah, or could it also be um, people who aren't entrepreneurs together Right. I mean, Warren Buffett, he always mentions his wife, right? And she's not an investor and she doesn't do um, like anything huge. She's not on stages and stuff like that. But he's just like, look, I'm, I'm where I'm at because of her. So, uh, I mean, you look at Melinda and Bill Gates. There's so many people who, um, you know, just because one person's more in the forefront, it doesn't mean that the other person's not working just as hard to support them and their dreams. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I think to me, if you're solid in your relationship or just really just have a lot to give back to the public and, and to show people how, how relationships can be, that's empowering. They should be in the book, hands down. That's awesome. Talking to my husband about being in that and uh, we'll see where it goes. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us. We're ready for our next guest. And yeah. that was interview. Thank you. And I hope you have a great, great, great rest of your holiday time. Thanks, everybody. Yes, thank you so right. much. Thank you. Bye. Ruth, are you there? Ruth? Yes. Can you hear me? Hi. Yes, I can hear you. Um, oh. do, you do you have a camera as well? I believe so. I, I, I was just not able to find it. Uh, let me see. Well, we can hear your lovely voice, so we can go ahead and, and start it while you're trying to, to find it. That's fine. Okay, I believe. Oh, can there you, you are. There you Hello. Are. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Hey. How are you today? I'm oh, good. Oh, and you? Before we move forward, I'm sorry, I, wanted, I had to mention, because go to onehabit.com, that's the number one habit.com, and chapter 13 is Marilyn's chapter. So if you're interested in reading Marilyn's chapter, go to onehabit.com, chapter 13. So now we've got our next guest, Ruth Young-Luiza. Luiza. Yes. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Well, welcome on. We are on our last and final segment today for the yeah. Habit, Inter International One Habit for Women Action Takers Day. This is the One Habit Thon, and uh, it's been a crazy, crazy, crazy day. It's been an amazing day, and I'm so honored that we were able to, to do this and put this together, and thank you for being one of our One Habiters. Oh, you're welcome. I can't believe I'm a part of this. This great group, I've been watching and listening to almost everybody except for the few breaks I took to go have breakfast and get ready. But it has been just unbelievable hearing all of these women uh, testimonies. Mm -hmm. It really has. It really has. I'm glad you were able to have breakfast and, and other people were able to go and do what they need. I've been sitting here the whole time. I told Crystal I she's going to have to have a catheter for today. I, uh, I don't know if my, my eyes are turning yellow, you know, right now. or, or <laughs> Like I'm jaundiced. <laughs> I, I did take a break. I did have to go to the restroom, so. But anyway, <laughs> we're back to Ruth, Ruth. Yeah. <laughs> um, so go ahead and introduce yourself, and then we'll get into some specifics related to habits and unhabits. Uh, my name is Ruth Young-Loesa. I'm the CEO um, and founder of Genius on Development, 
And basically, uh, we use uh, engineering experience and imagination to improve existing products. Um, I'm working specifically on some innovative set of bed sheets, which I just recently got patented. And that's uh, what, uh, what I'm doing right now. Yes. Yeah. You were um, on our original show related to One Habit, and you were talking about you were on your way to an event that day, um, and just all the people that are interested in what you're doing, and there's scientific studies with universities, and, and this is just a really, really big thing. And look, we all need really good bed sheets, right? So this is something, so. <laughs> this is something that's going to benefit all of us. So yeah, thank you for being, uh, being on today. We wanted to just make sure... You know, for everyone, whether they were on before or not, we wanted to have you on as part of the One Habit-thon. So thank you for uh, calling back in today. Um, what would you like to share with our, our audience? Really? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Before she goes on with that, if you don't mind, Crystal, because we, we have a little bit of extra time with Ruth because our next one's not till 2.45. So I would, I would love for Ruth, if you could take like your story you know, how like the discovery of the bed sheets and stuff, because this is something that's completely different. This is um, an invention. You created it yourself. Um, you're putting it out to the market. You just recently spoke at the, the patent and trademark office. You know, so you've had these amazing opportunities, but it wasn't always like this for you. And so I want you to share your story, like in two, three minutes, you know, just to share with people so they can see what I love about your story is because you're like, well, because there's this, something somebody said to you. And we might get talked to that way from time to time, people. But you didn't let that stop you. So I want you to tell your story because it's extremely empowering what you've done from just in the last, you know, very short period of time. Um, well, yeah. Um, so we, my husband and I had a normal life. I mean, we, we had jobs. We were working. But what happened is that one day um, – on my way to drop off my daughter to school, someone rear-ended my car and we ended up uh, uh, in the hospital. And fast forward, I ended up jobless. I couldn't move. My husband had to take care of me and therefore he ended up losing his job. It was a very stressful time. So what happened is that we ended up basically homeless and uh, we were living in his car with our three dogs because those are my, my our children are grown up, so those are our children now, and I was no way I was going to give them away. So during that period of time, I, um, uh, the first months, I started um, just um, uh, thinking that I had to do something. So fast forward, we were homeless for three years exactly, from November 3rd. 2013 to November 3rd, 2016. Uh, that just, um, you know, unbelievable. But um, it was in the last year, uh, our third year of being homeless, that um, I never stopped having faith. But I wasn't understanding what happened or why I was going through that. But then I started working on my drawings and ideas of some prototypes, simple stuff. And, and so what happened is that... Uh, Shortly after uh, coming out of homelessness, I decided to enter an invention competition. I ended up winning that first place. The whole thing was surreal. 
I flew to New York with only $50 in my pocket. I slept in the rental car. Um, I don't know why I did it. I have always done things like, you know, uh, even though I, I'm very, uh, how do you say, methodical, sometimes I just jump and, and I, like, whatever happens, happens. And so from there, everything started progressing. Um, I ended up winning that competition. I ended up getting an investment a couple of weeks after. And then from there, it's just been like a snowball effect. Things keep progressing. But it wasn't like that. We, there was days that we seriously didn't have $2 to go to get a 99 cents uh, hamburger to, to Jack in the Box. Or, and and uh, there was days that we were looking for a place where to shower. And, and it was just faith. Uh, I used to go in the nighttime before going to sleep to just pray. I remember exactly where I, I would be lifting up my hands and thanking God because regardless of us being in that situation, we still had a roof over ourselves. And 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 I was volunteering, and many times that's the food that I would uh, have for all of us to eat, our dogs and my husband and myself. So, I mean, there is a lot to that, So, but I only had two, three minutes. <laughs> Well, how you were, because you, you were a maid and you figured that there needed to be a, a better way to deal with the bed yeah. sheets. And that was kind of like where I was um, heading with that. But I um, thank you for sharing. You know, I didn't know about the homelessness. So thank you for sharing that because, you know, there's some people oh, who sure. might be going through that and, and, you know, going through something that's similar to that or something that they went through something like that. And to show that, you know, that it's not like forever, right? It was like a temporary situation. Yes, and, and yes, and before, uh, while I, uh, I've been having my cleaning business for 24 years, and so I was working fine, but I couldn't work after the accident. So during the period of homelessness, that's when I came up with the idea. But um, after, um, so I have dealt with that issue for all of those years, right? And, and so I got tired of dealing with making bets which doing the math, we came up with about 20,000 times I have done the, the bets. And so dealing with the snapping from the corner, ripping in the corner, and all of that struggle, um, I decided that uh, there was a couple of factors that got me into finally going and getting that prototype done. And so uh, when I used that prototype, on my bed, which it was made on a bed sheet that kept coming off the mattress, and it worked perfectly fine. I was, okay, this is good. So my husband saw the prototype. He asked me where I got it, and I told him that I had created it. And then he said, we have to do something about this. In fact, that's, uh, he was the one. Uh, we are, we complement each other because I'm really um, – like an action taker on certain areas, but he is an action taker in this kind of areas. Like you have to have protection on this idea. And I thought, okay. So it, it, the journey I started, there was different things happening at the same time, but it was basically um, like a, at that moment, it was a team work that I created that uh, innovation 
and he was the one pushing me to get protection in it. Yeah, I think it's awesome because um, inventions, you know, everything of these phones, even the, the thing that holds the phones or mm -hmm. my gloves that I'm wearing, that they have this cute little thing that you flop it over your fingers. But, you know, like every single thing we're using is an invention because somebody had an idea of what, what they needed to create to make their life better. A lot of times that, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. So congratulations on, on doing this and you know, taking the steps and, you know, partnering with your power partner husband. You guys should be in the book the um, one habit for power partners <laughs> but um, it's it's awesome now you kept your faith the whole time that's what your chapter is about right is keeping faith yes so we're in <laughs> yeah so did you ever find yourself um, waning on your faith or did you always was it always strong um, so I there is a, a background to that so I went to different uh, churches and my and my teenage years I don't know why but finally when I came to United States some someone invited me to church I remember that they perfectly find what I was wearing and, and where I was standing when I heard the gospel and you know if you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior I have the promise of eternal life that's my belief right and I I, I, I accepted Jesus and to me it was unbelievable to feel that peace because before that I wasn't peaceful. And so from there, yes, I have, you know, I did a lot of stuff and I learned a lot more about the Bible, but the trial times, um, uh, actually before that I, I, you know, I shared, I started sharing about, uh, when I was 13 years old, I was, uh, raped and, <clears throat> to me, um, I live with that. <clears throat> I, I had to live with that, but I never share that with anyone. I, I share it just uh, anonymously and, and survey uh, for the clinic where I was receiving care. But um, then uh, shortly before uh, becoming a Christian, I just had came out literally a few weeks before of a very abusive relationship. And throughout this time, I didn't know how to handle that. I just kept putting it in the back of my brain. And, and I didn't allow it to, to pull me down. Somehow, I don't know how I dealt with that. But when I received Jesus, I realized that when I started reading the Bible, I realized that I didn't need to hold that carrying, dragging it with me as I was doing it. Um, I was strong, but, um, you know, when you're by yourself, you cry. You, you, you beat yourself up. I mean, I, I heard a lot of that testimony with the ladies. But uh, my face to the war was a strong woman, single strong woman with three children, single mother, and, and, and um, you know, went to a shelter for abused women where I, was a victim of more abuse and um, I never let any of that to pull me down even though actually in the last year now that I'm sharing with all of uh, you guys and um, I've been actually letting that out I have found myself crying and thanking God for somehow being able to overcome that but I received Jesus about 24 four years ago, 25 years ago. And I believe that in those last 25 years, um, 
the, the word of God, the faith, what I have learned, actually I read, um, I was reading, um, faith according to the dictionary means complete trust on something or someone. Back then, I don't know who I was trusting. I was just remembering every day, those, seeing those three little faces, getting up in the morning and, hey, mom, we're hungry, or, hey, mom, you know, we need to get ready to go to school. That was the force that was, you know, fueling me to continue on my daily life. And so I guess back then that was uh, that I was trusting that um, I have these three little human beings that look up to me, and I couldn't give up. I just couldn't. So uh, the Bible definition of faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And the last year I have found um, myself clean, cleaning my insights of all of that um, uh, things that happen that now I realize, wow, I, um, you know, I, you know, went through rape, domestic violence. The domestic violence was so bad that it was to the point that I almost lost my life. And that's when I ended up in the shelter. But my, my point and to everyone who listens today is that um, faith, faith can really take you out of those holes um, of whatever it is, I don't know, depression, of uh, being, um, you know, worried or concerned how you're going to make it to the next day. To me, um, I just, uh, what I do, I call it my infusion of uh, 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 vitamins. It's like, you know, the big meals, going to church. I attend church faithfully. Um, but to me, I go to sleep listening sometimes to Proverbs of, of uh, Psalms and just going to uh, sleep, listening to that, the promises and everything is it's just like it makes my spirit stronger. And um, seeing all the great things that I have been able to accomplish, uh, I was a mate. I quit cleaning houses a year ago, and it was just by faith, just by faith, because I used that money to pay my bills. And I, I knew that God was calling me to do, to work on my inventive ideas, which, by the way, it cost me a lot of, uh, a lot to accept to be called an inventor because people kept saying, oh, I mean, you, you're a witness, Linda, you, that I will not say I'm an inventor, but um, recently the United States Patent and Trademark Office invited me to be a guest speaker, which was a huge honor. And I, first of all, didn't know why on earth they will invite me. Um, but I knew that it was God's will, and I decided to accept um, being in this book. Finally, I got it. I told you yesterday, but I, I received it. Um, and seeing the chapters and all the great women that are in this book is like, thank you, Lord. I, I really don't know why I'm here, but I hope that if I like you have said it and other women have said it, if I'm able to touch one person in the sense that believe in yourself, truly, these habits, I, I was reading the habits of other women and I'm like, I mean, um, it, it's, it's great. I mean, surround yourself by these kind of people. 
um, by eagles. I, you know, um, my mom will say, if you want to uh, soar like an eagle, you hang out with eagles. Um, otherwise, you're going to be, I'm trying to translate to English, you know, like what the chickens do. You, you hang out with chickens, you're going to behave like a chicken. So, right. yeah. And so I'm, I'm glad that you guys um, uh, have made this happen and give, uh, to me personally, the opportunity to be a part of this great movement. I feel honored. I feel uh, tremendously blessed by being a part of this. Well, we're honored and blessed that you're able to be a part of it. I mean, such a phenomenal person and just a phenomenal story, you know, all the different things that you've been through and, and how you are even at the stage you are right now uh, with the humility that you have. I mean, you are an inventor. I don't know if I need to get you a shirt for Christmas uh, that says, you know, I am an inventor, you know, because it, it, it's true. You had all these ideas you knew that it was something that was in your heart. And I remember when you were on before and talking about just being homeless and, and, I, and I work a lot with the homeless, you know, every single month uh, and how people treat the homeless is, is uh, there's some good people out there, you know, like what we do, but there's so many people that talk down to you and, and, and feel that, you know, oh, will you do this or you do that? Like you have this profession or you have this gift. Well, that's nice. And, and then that's it, as opposed to like, wow, you have this gift. Let me see how I can help you to, to bring it in, into actually being. And so, um, you know, that, that's a lesson for all of us, I guess I would say, is that, you know, just because a person is down in their luck or, or, or homeless or, or maybe not even homeless, but just down in their luck, we need to listen to people. Because here we have a woman that has an invention that's not just any old invention. Everyone does not get, uh, get invited to speak. Where, where you were invited, okay? Uh, and everyone doesn't have like your unique story behind how you came up with this invention. So I just want to honor you and just thank you for sharing that uh, on the show. And um, I, I can see just so much more that, that God has for you in, in what you're doing, not just even with the bed sheets. Because once you, you are an inventor, you know, your mind just keeps going and you have like new inventions and new thoughts and new things well, that are so I can see there's like smoke coming off the screen here. I can see that you have like stuff going on there, Ruth. So I just want to just honor you and just thank you for, for all that you're doing and, and all of the inspiration that, that you've given us. No, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I will. I have a mess. My, my room is the only uh, messy room in the house, but um, I, I have created my first, actually my first invention will be this, is this uh, shoe uh, organizer because I know firsthand that we women have a lot of shoes. And so this shoe, this shoe organizer that I created holds, um, it, it's, it's, it will be better than this, but it holds about 45 pairs of uh, uh, shoes and it's practical and it's good. And I'm, oh, oh, I just can't wait to get ready to have the means to bring these products to market because I know it will help other people and, and um, I'm just uh, waiting. You know, it, it takes steps. I just started this journey. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but one day I, I won't show you right now, but uh, 
one day soon. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure I'll probably be a consumer of that because I love shoes and um, I need I need some help. And my husband would agree to that, that I need some intervention related to the whole shoe thing. So anything yeah. you can do to help me, Ruth, anything you can do. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm, I'm on the opposite side of the spectrum. My husband's like, you have so many shoes. I'm like, I have one pair of tennis shoes, one pair of Viking boots, and like two pairs of work shoes. I mean, I have four pairs of shoes. Hello. It's like so You're one shoes. of the few. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just saying, I've never been into shoes. I don't know why, but I've never been into shoes. But I am into clean sheets. <laughs> so. That's cool. And, and pretty soon, we're working on that. They're already, we're already in the manufacturing stage. And that's that's unbelievable. I um, I've been progressing as I mentioned, um, in in it's just uh, an incredible journey. It's uh, who you surround yourself with, and um, I don't know if anyone that is watching or will be listening to this is going through through depression, and you think that there is nothing out there. Believe me, you are not alone. The more I share my story, the more I hear about. Uh, the similitudes. I mean, we all have some struggle. You just need to get out of there and 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 reach out. Reach out. I, I heard someone earlier saying that you need to reach out. And you, Linda, actually were saying that uh, you, you need to, you know, uh, there is people out there. I mean, groups like yours, women action takers. And there is inspiring shows like uh, the one, uh, Christelle, Soaring with Eagles. I mean, I don't do it. I don't watch TV. I don't have time for any of that. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't want to say garbage, but I mean, I turn on the TV and I don't see much good for to feed my spirit. And so what I do is I hang out with people in, in groups like Linda's groups. Um, I was listening to uh, Christelle's uh, radio show and I love that. That's what feeds me. And what you need is that when you're weak physically, what you need, you need to eat good. Same thing for your spirit, for your mental health. You need to feed it with good stuff. I mean, there is a lot of audiobooks, and if you don't have the time or when you're driving in traffic, that helps me to stay focused and relaxed and inspired. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just listening right now to great audiobooks that I'm just looking forward to getting the traffic time now because I listen to that. <laughs> Is that funny? I'm looking forward to traffic. Forward you know? to traffic so she can learn. I love it. I love it. <laughs> That's a habit. It's a different new habit. Yeah. Now, I, I try to enjoy it because we live in San Diego, so you know how it's the traffic. A lot of traffic, yeah. Lots of traffic. Yeah. Well, yeah. awesome. Well, I want to thank you, Ruth, for, for jumping at the chance to be in this book because you know, your story is very inspiring and empowering you know, for people to know that you know, we, we have ideas and stuff, and it's really just for us to take that decision. Like, you know, our last guest, um, was it Marilyn, I think, mentioned about, you know, just making a decision, and you made a decision to do something with it. Now, you could have been drawing up your drawings and never did anything with them, but you did something with them. So congratulations on that. And you jumped to be in the book, you know, One Habit for Women Action Takers. You can get this book at onehabit.com. That's the number one habit.com and Ruth is in chapter 40 of the book oh I see we got Naomi coming up awesome awesome so you guys go out there to onehabit.com check it out see 
see how you can participate in one of the future books as well as, you know, purchasing the books that are currently out there. And Ruth, thank you so much for your time today. really appreciate it. And, and I'll see you soon at one of the Women Action Takers networking events. Yes. Thank you, guys. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Naomi. Let's get you off of there. Hi, how are you? Good, good. How are you? I was trying to follow you uh, through some of the <laughs> conversation. It's very intriguing and interesting. I'm so proud of you. You are consistent and determined. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Have, you. have you had a great day listening to all of the fabulous women we've had on? Yeah, not all of them. I had to do other things too, but uh, definitely many of them. And it's inspiring. I also invite my friends to listen. So hopefully they all get inspired by strong women. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And we will have the link posted where people can get the replay of this. And uh, the information will be on the onehabit.com. Uh, this is uh, the second book in the One Habit series. There's a number of books coming up and Linda has been able to even show us on the screen scrolling through the other books. And so Naomi, we're really glad to have you on today. It's been a rock and rolling day and uh, we appreciate you being on. Thank you, thank you, wow. Yeah, you're, fi you're our final guest of the day, man. Six hours of, of uh, being with uh, amazing women and Steve, you know, because we had Steve on earlier. But, you know, just six hours, uh, you know, spending time, you know, talking to people and picking up new nuggets. You know, we, where there's always opportunities for us to grow and learn from other people. So, you know, just keeping our mind open to hearing what we can learn today. And so with our last guest of the day, Naomi, um, I'm so excited to have you here because, um, you know, just closing this out with what we're doing. This has been a really big, uh, this book, undertaking this book has been a really great challenge, I would say, for at least from my perspective and me and Steve, you know, we're in the background, you know, running all this stuff and putting together this group of women with these habits that are literally life-changing. So excited to have you here today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, glad to be part of it. For me, I believe strongly that God created the day God created each of you. He decided on that day that the world cannot exist without you. So for me, if we're reinforcing people that they are have a higher purpose on earth and we help inspire them to get the best out of them, then we do like a good, good deed. So Right. And, and I just thank Steve Sambliss for doing a good, good thing with coming up with this one habit concept, which it went from concept to movement very, very quickly. So um, I want you to introduce yourself and I want to get into what you said about uh, the morning routine. So go ahead and, and just give a little bit more information about who Naomi is. <laughs> so I'm a mom of three. One girl is in UC Berkeley now. So the book uh, as you saw, is in uh, their sorority too, because they are going to be our future women. Uh, I'm the co-founder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the co-founder of Neurosuccessology, which is like walk to success with your nerve system, with your mindset, and inspire people to identify their mission and light their Kindle, like their unique spark, out on the world. So that's my obsession. And this habit 
one series is really addictive because uh, Stephen asked me to write for the first book and then come the next one and the next one and I'm very excited about it. It's really addictive because it's so bright what people write and it's so inspiring and it's simple, easy to apply. So it's exciting. It's really exciting. Yeah, it, it really is. It really is. And, and I just like how we've um, taken like a totality approach is what I guess I'll call it. Because if you put all of the habits in place, of which you can't put them all in place at once, but if, if you were to put them in place, we talk about morning habits. We talk about evening habits. There's some people that say things, you know, related to their stories on financials and relationships and business and just things related to yourself as a person for yourself. And so there's all of these different aspects that we bring together um, as one unit of, of all of the women, which um, it, it, it's, it's priceless. It's really priceless. The $25 or so that it costs for this book, it, it, it should be more than that. Not that I'm saying that you should you know, increase the price, but I'm just saying that there's so much knowledge and so many nuggets in here. So can we get into uh, what you mentioned about the morning? Yes, yeah, so I felt for many years I was I was feeling numb, successfully business-wise, but deep inside I felt numb, and I had to really reconnect with my true self and soul in order to to um, enjoy life again, like really be excited to wake up in the morning and things like that. And I learned this amazing habit that it's from my Jewish tradition, uh, which is uh, to say first thing when you wake up in the morning, what we call mode ani. It's like we are thanking God for giving us another chance because what we believe that during the night, your soul goes up to heaven and comes back in the morning. And the fact that he allowed me to come back to earth, it means that I still have a big mission to commit to. So that's like put me like, you know, push me forward. I'm like excited about uh, the life. And we say also, Modani, and then when we say that, we say thank you for believing in me. Because the fact that he allowed me another day on earth, he believes in me that I still have the potential to do what he sent me for. So that's like for me very exciting. And also, if you don't, if you're not on target, you feel truly guilty. It's like when you start a day like that, you feel guilty. Oh my gosh, what I'm complaining about? I have a mission to com to complete. I want another chance. I want another day. I want to make God proud of His kingdom. So I'm excited also when I hear the other women talking about faith and something, because that's really what push everyone. I think without faith, I don't know how people survive truly. So, so that's I love what you said about feeling guilty and you know, the fact that we have a mission and you're like, I, I feel guilty. You're like, I have a mission. I got to go. I got to do it. Like, you know, we all should have that mentality. And, and I appreciate, you know, even at the end of the day for us, but you know, it, it the interview that you're doing right now is just so full of energy because you're passionate about what you're saying. And we should be passionate about what our goals and our mission missions are and why we were put here. And if we have not fulfilled the mission of why we were put here, then he has allowed us another day. And so we need to go for it. And I think one thing that I talk a lot about is the, the urgency and everyone doesn't have the same urgency that I do. And so the thing that, that I'm enjoying about this is to see that there's other people that uh, are like me in the sense that, you know, listen, people, we have something we need to do. We need to get it done. We need to be action takers. We need to fulfill our mission. And the fact that we were given another day don't take that for granted. Go out and continue. 
what you were put here for. So I love it. I love it, Naomi. I love it. I love you girls. You know, God created us as a group. He didn't create, if he wanted me just to be on my own, he would create only me, but he created you and he created Linda, wonderful Linda that uh, initiated this women book. And it's all, it's all tied to each other because like I have also a women empowerment group and everything is like, Listen, the, it's, it's touched my heart and my soul, the fact that we are collaborating together and we change the name of women. We are not competitors. We are good competitors. We are like the competitors for our mind, for our to grow, not for, God forbid, put someone else down and think like that. So all of this, it's so important to show the world that we can all connect, we can all shine. And everyone, don't worry about what other thing and uh, the competition and all the things, just worry about your mission. And if you serve your mission, no one in the world has exactly the same mission like you. Even if it sounds similar, it's not. It's different. You have to touch people, certain people that God decided that you're going to touch. And some, those, those people need more than one touch. They need many touch. And so it's exciting. Exactly. It's like a puzzle, right? <laughs> yeah, and you know what I, what I love about what you said there is that um, I, for me to like encapsulate it into one word is a focus because like I'm tapping into your faith, um, knowing your purpose, knowing your why all has to, it helps to help you to hone in and focus on that passion, that mission, that vision, you know, the, the purpose that you're here and to fulfill that. And so when you're, when you are focused on something, other things don't distract you. It's like having like a course with blinders on. All they can see is right in front of them, right? Because they're, they're focused on that, that goal or whatever it is. And so you know, having, having that faith, like you, you know, doing your, your processes, you know, every morning, making sure you get up and you do, do your, um, what, is, what was it called? It's called in Hebrew, Modei Ani. By the way, I want to apologize for some more Jewish Orthodox people. They will not buy on Shabbat. But they will, will, will shop after Shabbat, which is like the seventh day when God dressed. But they will shop after. So that's okay, too. So there will be more people shopping later. <laughs> I would say, I would say they'll, they'll buy a lot <laughs> because they waited an extra day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now they will be so convinced because they will see the whole show. <laughs> that's awesome. I love it. Yeah, so that, that's what I'm hearing here is uh, really about focus. And it, when you... When you're in that uh, mindset, you know, of being focused, then it makes it a lot easier, like unapologetically, like you said, you know, I'm on a mission, I got to go, you know, kind of thing. Because it's like, um, I'm, I'm sorry that you're distracting me from my mission, but I got to go. I mean, who, exactly. can argue with, who can argue with you on that? Exactly, Linda, Linda. And the focus, you know, I think what happened is that rather than, I think, focus on ourselves, how we look, what people say, if I'm, you know, pronounce it differently, like with my accent, for example, it's like, no, take your focus away from you and focus it on those people that you need to serve. Hello, you know? So for all the, <laughs> for all the people who, like, apologize or fearful, and that's bring me to the Hanabit, actually. The Hanabit, I said, that is... Uh, to stop, be perfect. Like, don't wait, I mean, to, to be in a perfectionist mode because then you lose tons of opportunity. Listen, if we always grow, if we will feel that we are perfect, we will not grow. 
So it's okay to take, you, you have no excuse. That's it. You have to serve. That's it. <laughs> so, so that's why I said, get rid of this perfectionist thing. And I t- talk about the story there that I went to listen to a lecture and then the, le- the lecturer didn't show up. So the guy who coordinated any, all of this asked me, put me on the spot, and he asked me if I would speak instead. I didn't have power presentation. I didn't have the marker or whatever needed. And I said, sure. You know, before my inner voice will say something else, I said, sure. Because as Linda, as you said, we are on focusing and we are here on a mission. So if you get opportunity, just take it and rock it. Like all of you. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. If you get an opportunity, take it and rock it. Naomi has spoken. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like to say, you know, we see, you see an opportunity, but then you got to seize that opportunity because opportunities are, are bound. I mean, they're all over the place, but if we have a closed mind and we're not open to seeing what is out there, then we're not going to see the opportunity in the first place. But then when you do see it, it, that's why you have to seize it. And that's, again, the women action takers, right? It's all about action. You have to take action to change your life. You have to take action to make a difference. Totally. And think of it, uh, think of it when you say to a child, like hands up, let's say, and then you put your hands down, they would put their hands down, although you said hands up, right? So they do not what you say, they do how you act, they model you. So we are as women, we must model this daring, we must model to the world that we take action as, as you both do. Look at you, uh, Crystal, with your... Uh, broadcasting this all day it's such a devotion and it's like it's modeling it's not just give opportunity to other people but you modeling that you don't stop you're unstoppable and linda you initiate this taking forward this book so that's what i mean that's a modeling it's not just like the people we touch now but it's like they look at us and they say wow you know they dare there's no reason for me not to dare too no reason Well, I really feel that the stories needed to be out. You know, people need to buy the books and they need to get the nitty gritty from the the written word as well. But the women themselves and even the nuggets given in the show was just so much more than even what was in the book. So I I feel that this should go on to be broadcast more and more and, and linked. And once we get everything buttoned up with it where people can just send this to people because there's so many great nuggets. And so I wanted to do something and ask Eve if we could have this today because there's so many phenomenal women and there's a lot of different women's groups. Like you were saying, Naomi, you're a part of some other empowerment groups, but this one right here and how the project came about, um, this is a point in time that we should just never, ever forget. We should never, ever forget this moment. And so um, being able to be connected to women such as yourself is so beautiful in your red, by the way, and the, and the jewel around. <laughs> My husband designed jewelry, so he might be in the book about art. It's so pretty, so That's pretty. That's uh, uh, super, like, uh, you know, like with Gad Gadot, the movie Wonder Woman. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this go. one say hi, which means life. We are all la- got an opportunity to live our life, so we have to get out the best of the out of our life. And about what you say, Crystal, it's so true because think about it. Let's say God is our fr- best friend because we can talk to him anytime, right? Mm-hmm. He's not going to 
hang off the phone or pretend we didn't call or didn't read the text. He's going to listen to us. <laughs> and then the book is our best friend too, like second friend, because anytime we want, we open the book, right? Whatever page, and we get inspired. All the women are right there, right. And now we, and we are friends too. So that's about friendship and uh, definitely buy the book, read it. It's so exciting. And you know what? So many people think they know it all already, and that's a big mistake. Because even if you know something, reinforcing it, it's amazing. Second, you don't know other people's stories. And if you listen to someone else's story, what he went through and how he overcame it, it's bring you so much strength. And you say, how dare I not overcome when people go through so much, right? Right. So, that's like yeah. the same happened to me when I, I give uh, classes in Africa through Zoom and you see what they go through and you say, my goodness, I can't believe there's still people who complain about nonsense. You know what I mean? So this book definitely, definitely will help many, many people. So even if you don't buy it to yourself, buy it to your friends. And you know what? We say if you save one soul, it's like you save the whole world because this person he can touch you too. He has family. He has people that he can touch too. So buy it even to your friends as a gift, you know. It's it's great gift for Christmas, Hanukkah. And you never know if you saved one soul, you saved the whole world. So truly, just go and shop for it and don't feel guilty after that you didn't. Yeah, and it's not just because the book is just out, right? I mean, for years to come, this is this is history that we're making right here. And so the book will be where uh, it can touch lives from, from for years to come because okay. all of the stories, all of the different things that are true that all of, uh, all of us went through um, are things that people are going to go through uh, in the future. Exactly. Um, people in prison. There's going to be people who were raped. There's going to be people who lost their jobs. There's going to be people who lost uh, money and they only had $2 in their account or they, they were, had a fear of failure. They had all these different things going on. That is going to continue to happen until it's the end of time. And so the fact that we were able to be a part of this with Steve uh, Samblas and the One Habit Movement is just phenomenal. And Naomi, I just want to thank you for being our last and final guest. You really brought it yes. home. Strong. You brought it home strong for us, so we really appreciate it. Linda, do you have any last questions for Naomi? Um, no last questions. I do want to thank you so much for being here. You were wrapping it up. The this is the first, you know, one habit international. Wait, what was it? International One Habit for Women Action Takers Day, but this is the first One Habit Thon. So, you know, thank you so much for being here. Everybody who participated, you know, it's been my honor and privilege to, to like, really all it was is like I had an idea and, and Steve, you know, said, let's do it. And that's how it all happened. So, there's so many things that we have in life, things that we come up with ideas, we might say, oh, that's a stupid idea. I'm not going to mention it. So I want to just share that that's when you want to mention it to somebody. Yeah, it might be a silly idea, but guess what? They might bounce off another idea that turns that into you never know what. It's something that's going to change people's lives. This book here, this series, the One Habit series that you can find on onehabit.com. That's the number onehabit.com. This book series literally can change your life and it can change life of other people that you know. So buy the book, you know, Get, get it as gifts for people because this could be the catalyst 
that changes their life. This is going to be an amazing series. Just keep watching for it and seeing what we're doing. Go over to Facebook and like the One Habit page. Again, that's the number one habit. Go like their page because they're posting stuff about there. And if you want to participate in one of the books, go to onehabit.com and find out one of the books that you want to participate in. And you can participate in more than one. So we're looking forward to seeing you there. Crystal, thank you for having me on your show. I was here the whole day, six hours. We made it through the whole six hours. Thon. So it was a lot of fun. Thank you so much, Naomi, for being here. Really, I love what you're doing and, and I love what you shared. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Crystal. Thank you, Linda. You are my new heroes. So. Well, thank you. You're my hero. <laughs> sheroes. We're sheroes. <laughs> well, thank you so, so much, Naomi. Um, and uh, we will be back in touch uh, related to some things related to the book and a couple of the things you said I wanted to touch on later. So thank you so much and I look forward to getting to know you better. Hey, you, me too. Take care. Okay. Thank you. You know, Crystal, one thing I realized that you and I didn't do is we didn't introduce ourselves. <laughs> so, oh, we didn't introduce ourselves. <laughs> we didn't. So okay, let's just, yeah, first, just do, do, you're going to go first or I'm going first? Eeny, meeny, rock, paper, scissors. Uh, well, my name is Linda Sunshine West, and I am the the creator of the Women Action Takers. And I have a mastermind, entre, a mastermind accountability program where I help women entrepreneurs driven women entrepreneurs gain confidence, clarity, and focus so that they can grow their business. So that's kind of like the gist of what I do. I have a podcast, Women Action Takers, a Facebook group, Women Action Takers, a networking group, Women Action Takers. Go to womenactiontakers.com and you can see everything I'm up to. That's me in a nutshell. <laughs> okay. Well, and my name is Crystal Richardson. We're here at the end of our show today. Just an awesome, awesome day. My brain is so full um, and my bladder as well. But uh, I really appreciate being a part of this and, and Steve giving us this opportunity. Uh, this is the Soaring with Eagles show, uh, as well as 2020 will be above your best. And so, and Soaring with Eagles, we interview millionaires and billionaires related to their mindset and how we can also put those mindset principles in place uh, to uh, see the success, uh, not necessarily the way they see it, but how it is supposed to be in our own lives. We also look at Soaring with Eagles with people who are, are doing what they need to do to be the best person that they can be. And so part of that is, has nothing to do with millionaires and billionaires. It has to be with being a person who uh, has success in their lives in certain areas. And so we all have something to give. We all have something to share. And so Soaring with Eagles is about sharing that information. And for all of that, we look at people who have awesome give back models. We don't just interview people just for the sake of getting people on the show. There has to be that you have something that you're doing for someone else. And Martin Luther King has a statement that says, you know, life's most urgent question is what are we doing for others? Life's most urgent question is what are we doing for others? And so we live that model on Soaring with Eagles. We've had a lot of great people. Frank Shankowitz, I met him several years ago and he was my first guest several Octobers ago. Um, and said, well, hey, how about I, I start out the show, uh, launch your show for you? I'm like, well, wow, Frank, how about it? That would be awesome. And we all know him as the founder of the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And he is also uh, has his movie out. And Miss Linda is one of the producers. She's showing her j jacket right now, executive producer. 
Make-A-Wish uh, Foundation and now the Wish Man is all over the place. The, the launch was just this past September and then it's where it's now on Netflix and on all these other platforms and it's being nominated for various awards. We're hoping for like even bigger awards and it's just been just a whirlwind uh, of, of, of activity. I just can't believe, you know, since I first met him, all the different things that have gone on. I was one of the honored people. I was honored to be able to uh, be a red carpet interviewer for the for the launch of that, the red carpet um, for the launch in Hollywood and as well as uh, here in Phoenix. So it's just been great. It's been great. Oh, and I guess another thing that I actually do is buildthatbiz.com, buildthatbiz.com. So I help entrepreneurs to, as well as inventors, to find what it is that they're supposed to be doing it and doing it on a bigger level. So a lot of what I do actually are people who already have businesses established, you know, it's higher level stuff. But if you are a person who's just starting out, we can help you or, or actually refer you to someone else as well from a coaching perspective. So um, we're here today at the Uplift Center. I can't really turn my, my camera around, but uh, if you're looking for a place in the Phoenix area to hold an event, uh, you're welcome to, to have it here. Linda, you need to come and hold an event here. You do. That would be awesome. Yeah. So um, we've had an awesome, awesome day. I'm just so full and I do need to go and listen to the show because there's been so many great people that have been on, so many great tips. And uh, I really thank Steve for putting this together and for allowing me uh, as well as Linda to be on the show today to bring you the authors that are in the women's book. Remember what Linda said, go to onehabit.com. There's a lot of other books coming out, maybe even your book. There were some books that we talked about that might have been inspired today related to the superheroes for the moms. Moms are superheroes. And so we do need to honor them. And I think that would just be an awesome book if we were able to do that. One of the things that we talked about um, all throughout the day, there was a reoccurring theme related to fears. So I just want to, to give a shout out related to that. Linda has shared about fears. I've shared about some of my fears about bullying and about a number of other things. We need to go into 2020 and let all that stuff go. Let go of that mind trash related to fears and go out and really understand what is your purpose, what is your why, what is your mission, and let's start putting those actions into place. We talk a lot on Soaring with Eagles and Above Your Best related to mindset and even leadership. Let's be the leader of ourselves, the leader of our own emotions, and, and put our minds to work doing positive things related to what our, our destiny is. Stop putting our mind to work on the things that are negative and put it to work on the things that are positive that will get us from our dreams to our destiny. So those are my closing comments. Do you have any other closing comments, Miss Linda? No, you rocked it, girl. That's awesome. I love it. We'll, we'll get together, talk about something maybe in Phoenix. Yeah, that would yeah. be fun. That would be yes. fun. Yeah, well, thank you so much, Crystal, for, uh, for inviting me to, you know, co-host with you today. Um, it's been a blast. You know, I've done a lot of interviews, but I never did six hours, so... Wow. That was, uh, that was a long day of amazing, incredible information. And, you know, six hours could seem like a long time, but I feel like it flew. I looked down at my thing. And I was like, oh my gosh, we're almost done. 
mm-hmm. I felt like I wanted it to keep going because, you know, the, the women that we have in this book, the, the passion that they have for what they're doing, the passion they have for, you know, incorporating these habits into their lives and the helping other people to incorporate good, good habits into their lives as well. I just think it was an amazing show and I'm so happy to be part of it. Thank you. Well, thank you. Yeah, it feels like it was probably maybe a couple hours, maybe. Yeah. Actually, to me, it feels like maybe a couple hours. And sometimes it's, you know, things go a long time and you're like, gosh, will it ever be over? Yeah, exactly. I could actually interview more people because there's so much more going on. Now, there were several people. I want to mention this before we go. There were a number of people that said that they couldn't do it today because they had family in town because of the holidays. And they said that they wanted to know when the next one would be. So, uh, Linda, you and I need to get with Steve and see what we're going to do. It may not be a six-hour one, but we do need to continue to have where these uh, women can um, share their stories and uh, we can whatever we can do to spotlight them because they deserve it. There's so much great information. I hope you all enjoyed the show today and not just enjoyed it, but you pick one. Let me see your number one, Linda. Where's your glove finger? There you go. Pick <laughs> one habit. It doesn't one have habit. mine or Linda's, but maybe you could use ours, but pick one and implement it in your life. And we want to hear your success story. So if you can share that, uh, that would be awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Incorporate a new habit into your life. Change your life. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Soaring with Eagles. Please join Crystal Richardson again on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another edition. Let's soar together, give back to our communities, and change the world.